Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. I'll tell you what's an all-new experience is air conditioning in the studio, Doc. Yes, it is nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is really, and I don't even feel like we should be doing the show right now. I want to go out to the back porch where it's 100 degrees and do it there. <laughs> yeah, I walked in from uh, the curb, and it's like, damn, it's hot. I'm not looking forward to being in that hot studio. And, hey, it's pretty nice in here. It's not bad. Turned on the uh, AC, donated by a very generous listener early in the morning, and it's kept it pretty cool in here. Yeah. All of us fat bodies will probably heat it up a few degrees by the <laughs> middle of the show, but yeah. uh, other than that, it's, it's, it's real nice right now. Uh, today's show is going to be the uh, Cheap Bastard Show, as uh, we've dubbed it here at the Brewing Network. Isn't that right, Chris Graham? That's right. <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, help you out. We've got Jamil Zana, Chef Chris Graham, joining us here today to help you uh, figure out how to how to not only uh, start brewing cheaply, we'll, we'll start real basic there, but improve your brewing really cheaply. You want to take the step up to all grain? Chris Graham's got some great ideas for you to do it really cheap. What was it that you said to me today that you got to John the first time doing all grain? You got him upgraded to that for like what, forty bucks? Or I think it cost him thirty nine dollars. It's amazing. So uh, we're going to uh, hand these tips over to you. Uh, another thing that uh, we're going to talk about is even just even simple upgrades like going over to a, a full boil. We'll, yep. we'll try to help you figure out how to do all these things on a home brewer's frugal budget. Uh, not Doc's budget, but my budget <laughs> <laughs> is what this is. Well, no, 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 stealing, no stealing from Beer Beer Morbid. Yeah, I'm not no, going to teach him that. No, we won't give him my tricks. We're here to give him your tricks. <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Scott, you're going to have to put yourself back in college and remember exactly, yeah. remember what it was like when you had the Volkswagen and, and all that. Yep, exactly. Because I, I didn't start out big. I started out cheap, too. The next thing I'm thinking is, how can I build something cheaper so I can make it better? <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. You, too, Jamil. You're going to have to dumb yourself down to the to get through the cheap stuff with us, all right? No problem. I'm right there for you. <laughs> you have to think about plastic all over again. 
We're, we're talking beer mm, stuff still. Wait, wait, no temp controlled stainless conicals? Those aren't part of this yeah. discussion? They weren't even, we're gonna pretend they've not even been invented yet, Chris Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Those things don't even exist. Daniela, this is, uh, yours and I kind of show right here, right? Is it? The cheapy show. The cheapy. Back, the back patio, uh, I think I'll brew right now. What's a female yeah. bastard? They're saying biatch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the way you pronounce it, right? Biatch. With a Y. Yeah, I guess that is it. I'm hungover. Are you? Yeah. Oh, uh, you a little too much fun at the Marin place too last Too much thing? fun yesterday. And we went to Marin, uh, Marin Brewing Company's uh, Beer for Boobs Festival. Uh, well, it was uh, microbreweries battling breast cancer. I guess is the is the, uh, the official term, the proper way to put it. But many people were just it's beer for boobs, you know. And we were there to support healthy boobs, and happy to do it. And lots of beer flowing, huh, Daniela? Great beer. Yeah, they, they, I was talking to people today about it, and they said there was probably twice as many people as they had expected. I think fifteen hundred yeah. was the number I heard flying around there. I, I guess that they sold double yeah. the, the pre-sale that they did the, the year before. Yep, exactly. And uh, that they expected there to be like fifteen hundred people, and it was crowded. It was hot, and it was crowded, and it everyone. It was great, though. Yeah, really. I think like around thirty breweries there, right, represented. Yeah, all of them donating their beers for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vinny was talking about he ran out real early. He oh, did. Yeah. He poured, I think, twenty six gallons or so in a, uh, just a few hours. He couple said of it, hours. it went really quick, and he was really upset. He, he felt bad because <laughs> he was the first one to, you know, run out really early. And, yeah. uh, he's like, I wish I would have brought more at that point because it was so far ahead of everybody else. Right. But you know what? That's he still, he still had a smile on his face. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of Vinny's MO. He goes to a festival and people know, you know. And if you haven't had the beer, you know you have to try it because yeah. he's, he's just done well with the name and people talk about it because it's such good beer. So yeah, he, he de- definitely sold out. He opened up one of his, uh, nine liter that's Damn, what he was saying. Damnation bottles. Yeah. Yeah, he said that uh, they put a sign that said, be here at 3. Because <laughs> he said in six minutes, it was yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. It people was coming at at eight at 3.08, where's the damnation? Gone. We told it's, you. It's gone, man. It's gone. We were lucky enough to get a little taste. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. shared my last. Well, I had a couple of glasses, and I shared my last one. <laughs> Danielle is the one who finished it by 3.06. <laughs> I was sitting right next to Vinny and Natalie. <laughs> That's where you want to be. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so I shared my second glass with a happy boy who was really happy then. That's true. He, he came, fell he on was, his knees. <laughs> he was one of those guys who came over. Is there anything left? And Vin's like, no. And there's Daniela with like half a... Yeah, because we got hooked up, Arnie from Marin Brewing, very nice gentleman. He's been on the show before, a great brewer. And we got there, and uh, he didn't make us go to to stand in line and, and buy the uh, Beer for Boobies tickets or anything. There was visitor glasses, which were shorties, and there were brewer glasses, which were full pints. And Arnie totally hooked us up and gave us the full pint glasses so that we not we didn't walk around tasting. We walked around drinking uh, with the pints. <laughs> so here's Daniela with half a pint of this. Totally hammered anyways. <laughs> he, she, I don't know what happened when Vinny was pouring it. He probably tried to stop, and Daniela gave him that look that she gives. So he, I guess, kept pouring. So then here's this poor guy. You know, he's, he's there at 3.07, the minute yeah. after it finished. And Daniela gave him half of her glass. So, so, he, was really so he got the miracle happy. beer. That's right. He did. Miracle beer. His was better than anybody else's, you can be sure, because he thought he was SOL and, and turned out to be really hey, happy. Daniela the Savior. Yeah. It's all good. So that was really cool. It was and, awesome. And I guess left you hungover. I did the ibuprofen and two bottles of water before bed deal. So I woke up uh, 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 right as rain. 
Yeah, right. I saw you this morning. At the crack of noon. (laughs) At 11.30. Exactly. But I felt good at 11.30. (laughs) Well, I'm not feeling too great today. No. No, and we did shots then afterwards and had a big party here again. Yeah. uh, For our friend who just got back from Australia, so we did a little coming home party for him too after the Marin Fest. Yeah, I was talking to you on the the phone last night late, and it sounded like a ruckus going on over here. (laughs) Yeah. I hardly even remember that conversation, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, let's uh, get into the show. We are going to do the uh, frugal gourmet of beer shows here in a little while. But uh, before we do that, of course, we need to do a little bit of feedback and news. You've got mail. Just a couple of uh, pieces of feedback here. And, Jamil, I'm glad you're here because I got a good one about you this week. Oh, all right. It's not from Jamil? It's not from Jamil. Oh. it's not from any of the anonymous Jamils or angry Jamils or any of the many Jamils that are out there. Dang. Uh, I think next week we need to call for the uh, extra Jamils to come out. We do. We haven't seen him in a while. So here it goes. Uh, first off, uh, great show. Keep up the good work, he says. I know that you dedicate a portion of the show to uh, viewer feedback. Kick ass, he says. Uh, <laughs> thought I would share this with you. I had a dream last night that I was mowing the yard, and for some reason I was drinking a PBR. Uh, pl- Paps Blue, Blue Ribbon, of course. Paps Blue Ribbon. Uh, anyway, I turned the mower off, and all of a sudden, Jamil leans over the fence and comments that this is really not a good example of an American lager, and that it would be better off at 3.3 volumes of CO2 <laughs> rather than the current setting. <laughs> would be too high. He's haunted by Jamil. (laughs) And that's what he said. That's the end of it. He says, just thought I would let you know that the Pope haunts my dreams. (laughs) That's from Mr. Soul in in Indiana. (laughs) I wish I could dream of Jamil, but it never happens. Jamil, uh, haunting the, uh, that's so, and it's such, the, it's the perfect uh, nightmare that you would have about Jamil. How would Freud analyze that one? <laughs> yeah. But you're right, you're drinking a shitty beer and Jamil pops up. You know, that's a terrible example of style. <laughs> if you, if you know, really, it's not somebody I'd be wanting to meet for the first time holding a Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like hide it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, imagine that we should one day when the, the Brewing Network has uh, found its success in the world, we'll send Jamil on tour, and it, what it will be is like surprise Jamil knocking on your door, and you better not have a shit can of beer in your hand <laughs> when Jamil shows up. It'll be like Publishers Clearinghouse. I'll be like Ed McMahon. I'll be all trash like Ed McMahon too. Hey, a freaking beer is that you're drinking? <laughs> Jamil on tour. That would be great. <laughs> All right, so then the only other uh, piece of feedback I got this week, uh, although we did get uh, lots of nice compliments this week and some very good things like that. Just read the ones about me. <laughs> Doc just wants me to get them. I'll just forward them to you, Doc. Oh. This one's interesting, and I've, I have an opinion. The interesting thing is that I've, uh, I've thought about this one before I got this email. Uh, so I had already been thinking about it, and I had passed judgment myself and decided which side of the fence I was on. So I'm going to throw it at you guys. This guy is on the opposite side of the fence as me, and it goes like this. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm a home brewer here in Livermore, California. I haven't caught the show in a few episodes, so not sure if you've gotten wind of Samuel Adams' brewing competition. And it's the homebrew competition he's talking about. He says, get a load of the attached uh, application form, which I'll read to you in a minute, where home and craft brewers are asked to sign away their passion and crowning brewing achievement for $5,000 and then turn over all rights to Sam Adams so they can make millions and maybe ruin the beer, too. 
How about a percent of royalties? How about buy me some microbrew equipment and distribute my beer? How about go back to... Nah, I won't read the rest. Uh, so he says, uh, anyway, what boneheads... Uh, uh, he wants me to rip these guys uh, about what they're doing. No way. Uh, and, and I agree. This Now, like I said, I had thought about this ahead of time. Uh, here's the deal. Samuel Adams has a homebrew competition right now. And if you send in your beer, you could be uh, the winner. And the winner gets their beer brewed by Samuel Adams. Yep. In hearing about this, I had also heard about the part where you have to sign over the beer. And I'll read to you the exact documentation that uh, that, that, that Samuel Adams has put out. I, I had heard about this when I was in Vegas. I was stumbling drunkenly through uh, <laughs> New, York, New York, New York with my Brewing Network t-shirt on. Some guy stopped me. Oh, really? And to tell me about this competition. Okay. And uh, he didn't tell me about that part, but he just told me about Sam Adams and you can have your beer brewed by them and yeah. nationwide. But he didn't tell me this other part. Well, I, which, I'm just and I'm just going to say now, so that, that email I read was just, it was a listener's opinion. And I'm going to give my opinion because I had thought about it before even this email when I caught wind of their disclaimer, which goes like this. I agree that if I am the grand champion winner of the contest, I will fully disclose my recipe to the Boston Beer Company and hereby grant the Boston Beer Company a non-exclusive, irrevocable license to use the recipe, name of the recipe provided no geographical indicator is used in the name of the beer, or any part of the recipe or name of recipe in the production of a product for the account of the Boston Beer Company, subject only to my right as sole entrant to be paid a one-time royalty of $5,000 if the Boston Beer Company brews a product using my recipe. If selected as grand champion, I and my co-brewers agree to assign any intellectual property rights and have my recipe to the Boston Beer Company uh, if requested. The uh, key phrase there is non-exclusive, so it's not like you can't do something else with the recipe. And also, you know, Sam Adams does a huge amount of things. Sorry, Justin, they, yeah. they do a huge amount of things for homebrew, for for craft brew. Mm-hmm. And if you got a problem with Sam Adams, then don't enter. You know, just and, keep your beer to yourself. I'm sure it's great. Well, just you know, don't don't bother. Entering. It's just one recipe. You probably got many other recipes yeah. in there. They're not going to say you can't ever brew your beer again. Well, they said non-exclusive. Right. It's not even exclusive. Well, so I, gave, I gave my Mars and recipe to JJ for nothing. Yeah, exactly. I could have got five fair. grand for this. <laughs> Here's the the bigger picture of that. Um, Homebrewing's had a bad rap for years, as far as I'm concerned. Like people have tried Mr. Beer kits. I'm not putting them down, but <clears throat> and called it homebrewing and said, "Oh, you can't make crap for homebrewing." Right out of the box, the first time, you know. Well, not even out of the box. Just a lot of people just think that. I mean, my dad did homebrewing when he was my age, and you know, bottles exploding in the basement, that kind of stuff. Here's one of the largest craft breweries in America sponsoring a homebrew event, like like. Basically, they're advertising homebrewers for us homebrewers. Talking about homebrewers, uh, homebrewing on the commercial. Yeah. Jim Jim Cook gets there and says, I I homebrewed the first. And, and, you know, I've never really been a huge, you know, Sam Adams fan outside of liking their lager when I was younger, and I always thought it was a good beer. Yeah. When I moved to the West Coast, I thought it was actually a different beer, like flavor-wise. Sure. I think it's it's quite a bit different from each brewery. Um, But anyway, they approached us at uh, Florida. Okay. To be the West Coast um, drop off point. Drop off points. The they're talking to us about judging, and Jamil doesn't know that yet. But uh, <laughs> but, but they have budgets. Yeah. They're talking about putting the judges up at hotels, renting a banquet room at the hotel to do the judging. And I mean, yeah. that's something you us homebrewers just aren't used to. Yeah. Sure. 
and uh, highly involved. It's kind of like classing up a little thing. It's a high yeah. quality company. Yeah. yeah, good ownership, good good company. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see other breweries do it too. I mean, sure. I mean, how many how many recipes have you given away, Jamil? All of them. every yeah. one of them. Yeah. Exactly. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it proves to a point there. Like these guys who think their recipes are actually worth money should do something with them. Yeah. We're in the yeah. greatest country in the world. If you think you got an idea or something that's better than everyone else's, yeah. don't just tell everyone. Do something about it. Yep. And, and that's what I And hopefully too. I don't know that guy in Livermore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like you're not going to get any mileage out of it either. Well, it's going to have right. your name on it, I believe. The bottle, at least when they, this isn't the first time they ran the competition. No, it's not. It's right. just for some reason it's actually getting a lot of publicity this yeah. year, but it's not the first time. So, right. well, no, they haven't run it in 10 years. So that's why it's probably been way off a radar. But what it's going to be is they're going to do, um, a six pack, and it's going to have two of the winning beers with that person's name on it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Two beers that are the Sam Adams employee with the best recipe. They do an internal competition, right? Which I thought's pretty cool. Yeah. And then two, I think the head brewers are going to do a homebrew competition amongst themselves. Beautiful. So it's going to be a pretty sweet six pack. I yeah. bet you could find people that would pay five thousand dollars to get their beer. To get exactly. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I think. In the end here, I think it kind of comes down to this. And by the way, a uh, listener from Livermore, I actually think that you're uh, very much entitled to your opinion sure. about the whole deal. And, yeah. and like I said, it was the first uh, hearing uh, about this disclosure that made me sit down and think about it, too. And I had to develop my own uh, which side of the fence I was on. I end up thinking this. Uh, a... Getting paid $5,000 for your beer recipe actually isn't anything to shake a stick at. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet deal. And if you are a home brewer, there's no other deal like that in home brewing. Uh, as Chris Graham was kind of just saying, if you do have something unique and special and you expect that you don't want to have to sign it away because it is going to do something for you, I would say don't. I would say don't enter the competition and don't sign it away. And certainly go for your dream and open up your, your craft brewery and, and get that beer produced. You certainly have that option. It's or, a much more difficult option. Or work with a brewery. I mean, you don't have yeah. to open your own, but if sure. you really got something unique and, and you think it's the best, yeah. do it. I mean, that's what, yes. that's what America's all about. I also think that the bottom line for Sam Adams is more of a legality issue than anything else. I think that they're stating this on their disclosure deal because, let's face it, there's a lot of douchebags out there who could enter this competition and really kind of want to go back and stick it to Sam Adams and say, well, wow, you guys are doing great now. Uh, You know, give me a piece. Well, look at Sam Adams is doing great anyway. I mean, they're doing fantastic. So uh, by by them brewing your beer, uh, you know, kudos for your recipe. Kudos to Sam Adams for being willing to do it. And I actually think that they're not so concerned about saying, we don't know where this beer came from. It's ours now. F the person that made it. I really don't think, it's my opinion anyway, that that's not the idea behind it. They're actually just covering themselves from douchebags who might call up and go, all right, now you you like my beer, don't you? Well, give me a little something for it. And I think giving you $5,000 and the opportunity to have it produced on a mass scale by a company that distributes as widely as Samuel Adams is a pretty cool reward for a home brewer. That'll buy a pretty nice sculpture, won't it, Chris? Absolutely. You you think of it this way, too. I mean, making up $5,000 in a beer production is is actually takes a long time to do. This long shot competition is going to be a one-time run, I believe, maybe maybe a two-time run. It's not going to be like a normal thing you always see. Um, right. They gotta create labels for it, print all those out, print the six packs out. I'm sure they have cases they're gonna print out, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I bet they're gonna lose 
money yeah. on the concept, gain great appreciation by homebrewers, which yeah. would be yeah. cool. Yeah. But I doubt this is a major mega money maker. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. No, if you and sold so, Budweiser's, you know, secret recipe, then yeah, then you got something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, so Livermore, I, I do apologize. I can't uh, kind of jump on the wagon with you. I will let you know. I, I want to state here. I've uh, Samuel Adams is not one of our sponsors. Uh, they've never been on the show. I've not ever accepted a dime from them or even asked them. So I'm not saying any of this because uh, you know they're a sponsor of ours. I just don't agree with you. I, I think we just have a different opinion. So I do appreciate you sending in the email. Sorry I can't do the rip for you, um, but but thank you for sending it. I, I was happy to read it and have some discussion. I just don't agree. Hopefully it was a slight misunderstanding more than anything else. Yeah. If you could meet some of the guys from Sam Adams and realize they're not quite the mega behemoth most people think they are, right. he might change his mind, too. Yeah, exactly. So that's your feedback for the week. Gave us an interesting topic of discussion. I do appreciate that. And um, if you want to check out the competition yourself, you can find it. Just you know, go to Sam Adams or whatever, and you can read all the details and uh, form your, your own opinion. Uh, okay. Now, speaking of big beer companies, even much, much bigger beer companies than Samuel Adams, a couple of things in the news I got today. Uh, one of them is, and, and we did a uh, the initial story of this on Lunch Meet on Friday, but now the follow-up story, uh, Peter Coors, who is the chief executive of Coors Brewing Company now, uh, lost his license for a DUI arrest this week. Uh, got uh, He blew a .08 was the, orish- uh, the original story that I read. I don't think so. Cops, uh, you don't think it was just a point oh eight? No, <laughs> you think it was well over that. Oh, yeah. They just kind of flubbed on that deal. Yeah, as soon as they saw his Coors and 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 the twelve pack of empty cans in his back seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're that Coors? Yeah. yeah. Do you think he was drinking Coors? <laughs> that, now that was mm, my. Question. That would be the greatest part. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't pack actually. Pack of Miller. That would be uh, he probably has a so tap in his car. It was, if it was Miller in the back, how funny would that be? <laughs> that would be the real story, wouldn't it? The real story is he made a car that runs off beer now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beer Baron Peter uh, Peter Coors' driver's license has been revoked by a hearing officer who ruled the executive had been driving under the influence of alcohol, officials said. Hearing officer Scott Garber ruled Friday that Coors did not stop at a stop sign on May 28th and was driving while intoxicated. Coors, who's 59, said he had consumed a beer about 30, mo- uh, 30 minutes before leaving a wedding. The Rocky Mountain News reported Saturday. He faces a July 20th arraignment and has 30 days to appeal the revocation. I made a mistake. I should have planned ahead for a ride, Coors said in a statement. For years, I've advocated the responsible use of our company's products. Coors spokesman Kabira Hatlin said Coors was charged with uh, driving under the influence. Coors lawyer Steve Higgins did not immediately return a call seeking comment. Uh, Hatlin said that Coors rolled through a stop sign a block from his home in Golden and that an officer stopped him in his driveway. In one breath test, he registered a blood alcohol of .073%. In a second, 20 minutes later, he registered .088. In Colorado, a blood alcohol count of .05% results in driving oh, okay. while impaired uh-huh. charge. Yeah. So ours in California here is 07. It, it, you can oh, be in 07. 08. 08. Well, you can be in 07. If you're 08, you're over the limit. Right. So 07 is our limit. Um, well, the the real question is, 079. With, with all that kind of cash lying around, why is, why is this guy driving That's himself? what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. First off, he had a beer 30 minutes beforehand, but how many more did he have <laughs> before, <laughs> before that, that 30 minutes? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, why is he driving? Yeah, why are you driving yourself, man? What an idiot. <laughs> Limo at this time. Yeah. I should have planned for a ride way ahead. Come on, you can call a cab at any time. <laughs> Yeah. But he should have the limo where he could vomit and have the guy First yell off, at him. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what, what cop pulls you, you over in your car. driveway? You bumped it. Bumped it. 
in that car. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. You know, a lot of uh, we were talking about this a little bit on lunch meet. That uh, a lot of times, if you make it to your driveway, uh, it's different that their limit is 05. In California, it would definitely be at the cop's discretion. He could certainly pull you over even after you get out of your car in the driveway. Had he been following you, I think that more often than not, if you weren't belligerent and you blew a point oh eight parked in your driveway unless the cop really had some sort of quotas to meet that night he could make he could make the decision to let you off the bat or, and, or and give, give you the, a stern warning and or, you do that again or just give you the ticket for running the stop sign yeah exactly. yeah yeah uh, but it is at their discretion and and for that matter if you're over the limit whether you're in your driveway or not you're over the limit we'll, you know? we'll also think of what Don't kind of neighborhood he lives in you know he doesn't live like in downtown suburbia he lives way out in like some nice neighborhood I mean, some cop had it out for oh, I'm, I'm surprised it was yeah. real, well, co- real cops and not sign, security though. guys. Right. Uh, Their own private security guys. Yeah. If he was that close in that kind of neighborhood, yeah. the security guys just, you know. The, the guy who got him was, I heard, he drank Budweiser. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the deal. 888-401-BEER. 888-401-BEER is the number if you want to call up and, and uh, chime in. And, on and even so, the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. He has to have somebody driving around. That's right. How <laughs> terrible is that? Worst things could happen. Yeah. yeah. Now, I knew somebody. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll be honest. So I met her in my DUI class uh, where I had to go, get, you know, <laughs> when I got busted. And uh, everyone shared their stories of how they got in trouble. And, and that was a long time ago. Everybody knows that story. I, I now advocate not doing it. I don't. Daniela can vouch for me. I don't go anywhere near my vehicle, even after one beer, even if I'm under the limit nowadays. You make me drive. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this woman was also at a wedding and had too much to drink, and she her car was parked across the street, and she went out to her car and called her husband. Uh, you know, she had her cell phone. Uh, called her husband to come pick her up. While she was waiting, she sat down in her car and turned on the radio. But her husband was on the way to come get her. Cop pulled up. And asked her what she was doing there. Smelt alcohol on her breath, yep. and gave her a DUI because her keys were in the ignition. Keys were in the ignition, uh, and yep. she pleaded with the cop. She's like, "Listen, I, I'm, I'm actually of all these people at the wedding that you see leaving. I'm actually doing the right thing. I'm waiting for my husband to come pick me up. I just was waiting in the car, you know." And he said, ah, keys in the ignition? I don't know that. I think intent to drive, DUI. That's I just think wrong. the cop should be shot. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's I don't ridiculous. know about that. <laughs> Chris is like, put, her on, put him on the firing line. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That, someone's, got, someone's got to stick up his ass in that one. Of all of us that were in that room that were totally guilty, she was not one of us, and we that, felt real bad. That's abuse of power. Yeah, yeah. Shoot yeah. him. So, I, like I said, man, you either got something up your... Uh, Took us about uh, busting people, or or maybe had a quota to meet. Who knows, man? I know that Walnut Creek, our little town next year, there's only one crime. There's two crimes left. I'm sorry. There's two crimes left: urinating in public and drunk driving. And they are just they're sticklers about both. They'll lock you up for both things: <laughs> pissing on the curb and driving your car. I think they're equally uh, punished. Urinating in public is a crime. So you yeah. can murder somebody, just don't piss on them. Don't piss on them. Right. <laughs> don't drive and don't drive away. There's literally no crime cut. left in the city, and uh, that's the two things they have to uh, bust people for. So there are other instances like that where people actually aren't drunk driving they're just uh, keys in their hand or anything you can get a dui for intent to drive you know mm-hmm. even if your uh, keys just in, in the hand. so face down on the sidewalk keys in your hand you're dead <laughs> you're you're busted man would you rather have a woman standing outside next to her car in the middle of the night that's just retarded you know yeah. well i wouldn't do that either yeah just don't put the keys in the ignition and that's the deal you can sit in your car but uh, don't listen to the radio turn on your ipod turn on the brewing network <laughs> <laughs> oh, pluck yourself well you guys should all do it like i did it in san francisco the other week i just went up to three cops and asked them if I still was good to drink. That's it. Daniel was out drinking wine. She leaves the restaurant and goes to the cops. They're like, how can we help you, ma'am? Am I drunk? 
<laughs> and they're like, we'll give you a ride. No, <laughs> no they actually advised me to drive. To, but I told them that I had like six glasses of wine over the course of four hours yeah. and that I was German and they said, ah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they meant to drive. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Now they wanted to pull you over, you know. See, if body search, all that no. stuff. If me or Doc had uh, had gone up to the same people, they would have locked us up without even thinking twice. Oh, you so. would have gotten nightstick to the head. That was, yeah. a, yeah. that was yeah. an intent to drive, if you're going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, we would have yeah. got, got a wood shampoo. Yeah. yeah. Take them down. <laughs> yeah, a little cavity search. <laughs> was that girl in your class real ugly? Or? Uh, I don't remember. I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last bit of news. I'll go through this one quick. Research Institute is developing a menopause beer. It's the Czechs. The Czechs, uh, listen to this, Daniela, they drink an average of 161 liters of beer annually, about 30% more than their German neighbors. I know, the Czechs are heavy drinkers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, surveys suggest, though, that the number of women partaking of liquid bread is slowly decreasing. And that's because they aren't aware that beer is actually good for them, says the Czech Research Institute of Brewing and Malting. The hops that beer is made of are rich in phytoestrogens, which are forms of the estrogen hormone in women that maintain bone density and reduce risk of various health problems. The Institute is therefore developing a new beer that contains ten times the normal amount of phytoestrogens. Lady beer, as it's called, will be uh, for an unusual target group, women going through the menopause as estrogen levels then are significantly lower than usual. So if you drink really hoppy beers, do you get man boobs? <laughs> no, that's JP. Right <laughs> I was going to yeah. say. Well, we D-cup. Check yeah. with uh, JP and see what's happening there. So you get up the estrogen and the beers? Well, they're gonna, uh, they're gonna, I guess, choose, they're either going to develop hops that have increased phytoestrogens or choose hops that have larger amounts of phytoestrogens. I like, I like to follow how much, uh, uterine cancer and things are gonna be. Cause they're right. On the up, yeah. That's a good point. A lot of times when you try to overkill on something because it's good for one thing, yep. you're upsetting the natural balance, right? Exactly. Doc has to ruin everything. Yeah, damn you, Doc. <laughs> hey, as long as it calms them down. See, all those drying vaginas everywhere were hoping for a little help, and here you, uh, you just <laughs> hey, ruined it. That's not the place to get your help. <laughs> the lubery. <Here>? The lubery. <laughs> Speaking of health and help, I had to go to I had to go to the dentist the other day. I went to old Doc. Yes, you did. Finally, he did a whole side of my mouth worth of work. And uh, look, I'm usually pretty cool. Uh, when I was a kid, I was all freaked out about the pain of dentistry. Now it doesn't bother me too much. I was all right, and I don't really have anxiety issues either. I don't you know, in crowds. I'm fine. All that sort of thing. Something was going on in that chair though the yeah, other day. A couple of times. I was freaking out for a second. Doc was doing fine. It did. Uh, there was a couple of moments of pain, but nothing uh, that, <laughs> out, of, out of out of the ordinary. That didn't bother me so much. And he gave me a little more Novocaine. Was what was he, bothering was he me? Naked? I, he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> naked. <laughs> Although I don't know what you had for lunch, Doc, but your stomach was uh, working it overtime. Was, it was growling. <laughs> I, I get him growling. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's got to let something go. But uh, uh, the, I don't know what it was. I, re- I was really, it was a long procedure. We were there for a while. You had a lot of work to do. And I got real claustrophobic, and w- I almost jumped right out of the chair. Yeah, I was freaking. And, and not only once, but yeah. it was at least three times. Yeah. Uh, so then I go, well, I, I can take a break, and I'll give you a break. I, got, I had to go do something else with a couple other people. And, yeah. And uh, you calm down. We get working back in there. And I don't know about 15, 20 minutes into it, and you get the, uh, your eyes are just, just glazed over. Yeah. All right, we better let him up again. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because that doesn't happen to me. Our first visit, I was fine, Doc, the yeah. whole time. I was chill. Yeah, it was kind of hot in the office because it's been in the triple digits lately. Yeah. And that that does have a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, everybody's hot. Everybody's, you know, getting a little sweaty in there. And uh, it doesn't help with 
with with all the anxiety going on. But yeah, you get you had to get up three times. I did. I was Th- freaking out, man. Doc's scary. Doc's <laughs> freaky though. He's scary. I mean, you should see how like white knuckling I am doing oh. when he pulls the needle yeah. out. Oh yeah, I'm freaking, freaking out. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris, 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 white knuckles it pretty bad too. Uh, so, I'm uh, very happy about you being all knocked out there all day because I called Justin up and tell him we're going to the symphony tonight. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so I dragged him in the symphony even after his. I awful. took two. I took two Vicodins later at night, Doc. <laughs> Excellent. I was feeling good, man. Oh yeah. I got high as a kite. <laughs> I'm laying there in bed watching television, and I'm just I, I'm glazed over again. I'm just staring. Danielle's talking, talking, talking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear a fucking word she's saying. And finally, she's like. Are you high? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I am really high. Uh, I just, yeah, I figured, hey, if I'm gonna take one, I might as well take two. And, yeah, it's uh, pretty safe. It was good. Yeah, why not? My liver's uh, good. So at did, did the other side clear up? Yeah. Since I adjusted that? Yeah, my, no, my jaw's good. I'll tell you what, uh, for the first time in years, uh, literally, I can eat on both sides of my mouth. It's an amazing thing. To, I was I was eating good foods yesterday and felt like I was tasting things more. I could I could chew on either side. I, I put bigger mouthfuls in my mouth. I I chewed with my mouth open. <laughs> so now you're eating things. like a pig. Yeah. 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 What, what right. were you on yesterday? <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> no, I mean you are one. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that was classic. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Uh, that's a new soundbite. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Hey, speaking of soundbites, check Ooh. it out. Uh, we got a new song sent to us, guys. Mm. Uh, How cool is that? Where's Push? Push needs to call us up. I'm going to play the song. Give us a call afterward. This song is awesome. It is at the top of all the songs that we've ever been sent, Doc. It's a, it's another good one. This, you, you guys are gonna like this. And he said he just threw it together. Him and, him and Sven. I think both four amusers, uh, they just threw this song together for us. So I'll, I'll, let me play it for you guys. You can check it out. Uh, it's Neither re- one is here, unfortunately. Oh, right that's too bad. But still played. It's awesome. I guess it's still a work in progress. So we might, it's gonna get even better than this. But, uh, a new Brewing Network song, uh, made by our listeners, Push and Sven. Check it out. <laughs> Sunday night, five o'clock rolls around. What's that sound? The voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the habitat stream? God damn, it's almost time. Why don't you work? Fucking day at 502. I read through. Ass hat, high tunes. I hope just to make the free of them commute. I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't crack, motherfucker, when you do your risk. And oh, two, I'll hail the fuck of JC. Do like I told you, do what they say. Well, okay, at least mostly. And hit that fucking wall. We'll buy the most I'm a don't and I won't bitch More than a little bitch Why? I love that sweet shit That lights like an arrow bitch Damn, my ears will not move The fucking booth being rude Boom, that goes to blow off Dude, and fuck this whole chat room I want out Justin Chess That goes my chocolate stout And I never wanna hear The word run high Skip out I give up 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when G pushes me off the screen. Jamil, JP, Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. How awesome is that? (laughs) Isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, the best is the end. I hear Doc's voice in the background saying, drink, motherfucker, drink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. Uh, I'll play it for you again at the break. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into uh, the frugal brewer, and we'll teach you all about how to uh, start brewing and advance your brewing process uh, on a very tight shoestring budget. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. San Francisco's historic Haight-Ashbury isn't just a neighborhood. It's a beacon of progressive thought and social responsibility. At Magnolia Pub and Brewery, that beacon shines as strong as ever. Proprietor and brewmaster Dave McLean is dedicated to sustainable agriculture and handcrafted quality. At Magnolia, you'll find a different kind of pub menu that celebrates local gourmet food, honors tradition, and embraces seasonality. Dave's English-inspired cask-conditioned ales complement every dish and showcase the myriad of ways beer and food can be paired to make both more enjoyable. Visit Magnolia at 1398 Hate Street in San Francisco and see for yourself. Really, you won't be disappointed. For a taste of what's ahead and to sign up for Magnolia's newsletter that'll keep you up to the minute on Magnolia's ever-changing ale selection and gourmet menu, go to magnoliapub.com. Magnolia is not just another brew pub. It's a passionate expression of excellence, sustainability, quality food made from scratch, and of course, exceptional handcrafted beer that'll wow the most discerning beer lover. Visit Magnolia on the corner of Hate and Masonic. For almost 13 years, the Bistro in Hayward has been providing East Bay its premier spot for top-notch microbrew, wine, and live entertainment. They have an intimate bar setting rotating 12 of the best microbrews available on tap, over 40 Belgian beers by the bottle, and a large outdoor beer garden. Add a great selection of wines, port, and champagne, as well as a full lunch menu all day, appetizers by night, and no cover charge ever, and you've truly got a great time out. The Bistro is holding their ninth annual IPA Festival Saturday, August 12th from noon till 7. They'll be closing Main Street to capture summer street party desires, serving 50 different IPAs on tap, accompanied by live music and a huge barbecue all day long. Your $20 admission proceeds go to the East Bay Bat Ray Swim Team and the Hayward Friends of Animals and get you five tastes and commemorative glassware for you to keep. The Bistro is located at the corner of B and Main Street in Hayward, two blocks from Hayward Park at 1001 B Street. To learn more about the Bistro, go to d-bistro.com. Sunday night, 5 o'clock rolls around. What's that sound? The voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the Abacast string? God damn, it's almost time. Why don't you work fucking day at 5.02? I reboot. Ass-hat iTunes. I hope Justin made the free FM commute. I'm on. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't crack, motherfucker, when you do your risk in 02. I'll hail the local JC. Do like we told you. Do what it say. Well, okay, at least mostly. And hit that fucking wall. and now back to the Brewcaster Brewcaster on the Brewing Network. Eight 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 four zero one beer. If you want to chime in, maybe give Push Eject and spend some props on that cool tune that they wrote and recorded. Sweet for us. tune, isn't it good? Yeah. Did you hear your mention in there, Pope? Uh, I was drinking. I don't know. <laughs> and they get to. They I get like to, the end though. 
They get to a little bit of everything in there. It's really an awesome tune. So I'm looking forward to hear more out of uh, MC Push there. Uh, Charlie. 401Beers. I usually number. don't like rap, but hey, it's got my name in it. <laughs> it's all like good. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, you're tuned into the Brewcasters. Drink, motherfucker, drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sound just like you, too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard you say that to me many a time. <laughs> yes, because you're not. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris Graham, of course, from, uh, from uh, I heard it called uh, Bizzle for Shizzle today, uh, which is beer, no. beer, and more beer uh, <laughs> right here in Concord. And uh, he's here to uh, help us figure out how to brew for cheap. Let's take a call here real quick first. Bub, what's happening, brother? Not much, first hey, of all. Yeah. Hey, Bub. Boob. Hey, I miss, I miss you, Doc. Hey, man, you too. Did you just kiss him? Yeah, I don't like it. All right. What else? There's no tongue that time. <laughs> What's happening, man? But uh, Charlie's bringing it strong. Isn't that great? I, although, with as much fun as he makes in, of me in the uh, of the forums, I'm yeah. surprised I wasn't mentioned. Yeah, I that's feel, true. I feel a little disappointed there. Uh-oh. Like, but, hey, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. He said it's a work in progress to me. I actually don't even know if he was ready for me to play it yet. I just loved it so much I couldn't resist. Oh, dude, that was the sweetest, man. Cool. That beats that beats any of uh, John's, Viddy G's song. Yeah, Viddy G just got knocked off of his rap pedestal. Well, and the thing is... <laughs> well, the difference between angry and smooth. <laughs> well, and Viddy G's singing about, like, a skunk and a... What the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> seriously. Admittedly, uh, Viddy G even said to me, he's like, I really don't know what's happening here. I just like it. <laughs> That's how John lives hey, life. It yeah. rhymes, man. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to brewing on the cheap here. Uh, okay. You know, it sounds like a an actual. You know, if you've seen any of the pictures of my setup in the, the uh, forum, yeah. But, but you are you the that? one with the block and tackle? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Beauty. He's on the cheap. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's hoisting it from the rafters, man. Oh, that's you, boob. Oh yeah, you got the rafter hoist. Oh, so so ghetto. <laughs> it don't get no more ghetto than that. I remember Doc saying to me the first time he saw that we were looking on the forum, and he's like, "Oh man, somebody is gonna die." <laughs> he was really concerned for you. <laughs> I, 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 it's it's actually much more sturdy than it looks. I've I've literally hung from it from for several months. Well, then it's okay. Uh, yeah, Bub's it's a fat bastard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay then. <laughs> I, I've strung up some neighbor kids on there. We're good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just learn how to do it as cheap as possible. Isn't that what we're all about? That's what we're about. So that's what we're going to try to good. do here. Yeah. Yeah, cheap quality beer. That's right. Che- yes, that's we right. still want quality. We just want to make it. We want to make quality cheap. So that's what we're going to do. Right. They were better than beautiful women. They were cheap women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. What the hell is that? <laughs> Doc splashing back. I I feel a little dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me too. It's true. All right, thanks, Boob. All right, cool. See you, brother. And there you go. I love you calling Boob, too. Gold medalist Boob. You got to. Everyone yeah. gets their names around here, right? Uh, 888-401-BEER. You can Skype us at the Brewing Network. Uh, Skype. Let's get into business here. Chris Graham, let's start with, uh, you know, I know that there are listeners out there. It actually, it always, it's always, I always find it strange when uh, listeners email me and say, hey, I've been listening to your show for a long time. Haven't brewed yet. Not one single batch, but I love the show, and I'm just prepping up to it. I'm getting ready. Wow. So there are some people out there who, who listen to us, and, and their friends uh, turn them onto the show, and they have not yet maybe got their equipment. 
So let's do a quick rundown uh, before getting to the uh, how do we advance about how we can start brewing cheap. And I'll be honest, uh, you get a free plug out of this. Uh, I did start with a B3 kit. Daniela got it for me for a gift. And you can, uh, and, and all the, the, the homebrew shops have them. A good way to go where you get everything at once is to get one of these kits. Uh, but they do tend to be, they're, they're between 100, 100 and, and more. Kind of goes up from there, no, no, right? What, what's, what's the bottom line? What can I get in to brew? Be leery of a package kit, in my mind, that's under $100. Okay. And the reason I say that, and I sell kits that are under $100, they're usually not complete. Okay. You know, our complete kit, meaning kettle, bottles, everything you need to brew except the kitchen sink, yeah. starts at about 199 Okay. And the reason being is, I mean, but a lot of people will say, well, I don't need bottles, and maybe I already have a kettle, and I, you know, you can start going down that list and chopping them off. Yes. I got started, a girlfriend bought me a kit when I first started, and, and literally within the first two months, I'd paid twice as much to improve <laughs> what they bought me. Right. And, and that can happen real quick. So it, it, the the flip side of the coin is, and Jamil was, and I were talking about it at break, you want to make sure what you're buying is important. Yeah. You know, certain things to get started homebrewing, Jamil mentioned, and I think he's totally right. To get started brewing, you really don't need a hydrometer. Okay. Right? You don't need certain things to really get going. I mean, you need something to boil in. Yeah. Something to ferment in. Something to get it out of there and into bottles. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, really, you don't need a whole lot of stuff yeah, you, to get going. You need a capper. So you're talking about that's three about vessels there. You're just talking about a boil kettle, mm-hmm. a, a fermenting, and then, and then something to put your beer in, and like well, some bottles. And if you, yeah. and if you want to really do it on the cheap, you can boil and ferment in the same vessel. And, and a lot yeah, of, no a lot of times, uh, you got that big spaghetti Pot, pot that's huge. You, you maybe you bought it for something else. It's huge. You don't use it that much. You can you can use something in the yeah. kitchen that's already there. And a lot of a lot of brewers, we all go nuts. We love a gadgets. Yeah. I mean, that's we're all gadget heads. Sure. And because uh, most people are engineers at heart, you know who brew. So that's the hard part of it. We don't want to give up, you know, refractometers and all this crazy stuff that you really don't need at all. Okay. Um, but. Uh, Aluminum. I think a lot of people fear aluminum in brewing, and all the metallurgists say, no, no it's problem fine. at all. Yeah. And, and you can get a, a like a full-size kettle at a, um, a cooking place for 50 bucks, 60 bucks. Okay. H- huge aluminum for yeah. 50 bucks. Oh, even, even cheaper than that. Sometimes you can get them at, like, McFrugal's and places like that. You'll find them or, you know. Uh, Try any of the places, yeah. especially um, uh, who had it for a while. Kmart had a yeah. outdoor burner. Stainless steel kettle with a spigot. It was a turkey fryer, technically, mm-hmm. but it was a seven-gallon kettle with spigot. Beautiful. And burner for $99. Oh, now that's yeah. a great deal. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they only carry it for like a month. Okay. But still, if you yeah. could find that kind of deal, those are awesome. And actually, that's coming up because Thanksgiving's coming up. Yep. Yeah. That, that's usually when they yep. do it. And don't be afraid of getting the aluminum kettle at okay. that point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a key point because, uh, like Chris said, there's a, the people tend to uh, get freaked out about the aluminum, but it's... It's really turning uh, out to be it, uh, it, sort of without merit. Yeah. yeah. All the, all the exactly Alzheimer's uh, research. It won't show up for have. years and years. <laughs> they, 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 see, see how Doc, Doc's they, fine. They don't I mean. think there's any <laughs> yeah. connection whatsoever. And exactly. let's face it, the alcohol you consume afterward is going to do a lot more damage yeah. than the uh, than whatever the yeah. aluminum is going to do to you. Yeah. So don't worry so much about it. Like, if you want, go online, go to howtobrew.com, read John Palmer's stuff. He's a metallurgist for a living. I mean, the guy knows his stuff. Okay. I mean, or you can get yeah. those enamel canning... Uh, Oh, Pots. like like the beautiful one you had yeah, when the, I first met you. Yeah, yeah with the, the rust, 
rusty where, where hole the, in the bottom. Where they chipped apart and yeah, it was rust chipped, growing. Chipped, rusted, and I was brewing award-winning beer with it. Mm. Oh, I don't know about award-winning. Something about <laughs> a, a rusty hole that uh, just doesn't make beer sound very appealing, you know? It's kind of like the rusty trombone. Yes. <laughs> okay, so three receptacles. You need a kettle of any kind. You can do a partial boil. So, so mm-hmm. that, like Doc said, that spaghetti pot you got is probably going to work for you. Uh, you can get started with that. Uh, something to ferment in. Maybe um, a plastic bucket. Which are, are what, $7, I think, for Plast- plastic bucket? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get a food, get a food grade. Yeah, do, sure. do, do yourself a favor and don't try to reuse something that was food grade. Okay. For a fermenting bucket. Right. You know, old pickle jars, things like that. I mean, not jars. Glass is fine, but, but plastic. Plastic. Don't, don't yeah. re- renew that. Unless, uh, of course, you want a pickle beer. But, but we, again, you want beer quality. Yeah, it goes. We, we've been talking to a lot of military personnel lately because, let's face it, they're all over the place now trying to, you know, a little bit of free time, trying to have fun. But getting a glass carboy to them is nearly impossible. Yeah. Well, it turns out they're all drinking bottled water. So ah. all those sparklets, Arrowhead, all of those are perfect fermenters. Use them once, throw them away. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, why not? It's cheap. Yeah. It's and, free. And that kind of plastic works works great. It doesn't breathe. It's, it's, oh, okay. It's a really nice it, kind of plastic. It's a coated PET usually, which yeah. it does breathe over time, so it's not great for like well, six months storage, but for two, three yeah. weeks, it's totally fine. It's very low. It's, it's nearly impossible to clean out after. Yeah. They have, if you've ever looked inside one, they have huge ridges from the plastic injection molding. Okay. But for one time use, they're perfect. Now, what are you, uh, so what are they looking for you? Cause you still need then a stopper with an airlock. Is no, that what not, not no, at all. Like, uh. Piece it, of aluminum foil. Over yeah. The top. Yeah. If you brew oh, with, let, a, let it be free. If okay. you brew with any scientist, anyone who works in a lab for a living, they all brew with aluminum foil. Really? That's it. Yeah. No airlocks. Yeah. It, well, they'll put an airlock on usually if they're going to go anytime after fermentation subsides. For a long period but of yeah. time. As after. long as there's positive okay. pressure and it's coming out. They they really want to have the yeast to have no head pressure on it. The okay. Ye- the yeast like it a lot better. Gotcha. So just with some aluminum foil over the top, which is the way I do all my starters anyway. Yeah. And a couple couple little points. One is, um, you know, put b- big enough piece of foil on there so it extends like two three inches down the sides. Right. Okay. Yep. And don't put it in an area where there's crawling bugs. Uh, actual insects. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, bacteria and yeast won't get their way in, but a crawling bug could get in. Yeah, gotcha. put, put it in your bioreactor right. that you everybody might, has in their or house. Or you might, you know, again, extend it down like three inches on the side. Maybe put a rubber band around there loosely. Yeah. And that'll discourage any crawling uh, insects, ants, or... But as long as it's fermenting, all, all the pressure's coming out. Yeah, so you're not going to have any problems. And as long as you made sure your glass carboy was clean, chances are things aren't going to crawl up there as much as if you had let, you know, a, a foam over or go over, or right. when you're transferring it in, you got wart on the side. Right. Okay. So using using that uh, acrylic sparklets bottle is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. And you can throw them away when you're yep. done. No big deal there. Right. Or again, like a bucket. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, buckets are very cheap. Um, and, and buckets, you're probably better off. I mean, you don't need to throw away every you time. You get more uses yeah. out of it. You, want, yeah. you do want to be smart. If you make a bad beer in a bucket, toss it. Okay. Because chances are you're not going to get that. Right. If you got an infection, you're not going to get it out of the plastic. Okay. And again, if you if you can't afford a bucket, you know you're really desperate. Yeah. You can ferment in the boil kettle. So you boil, you chill it in the kettle. Don't take the lid off, and then uh, throw your yeast in there. Cover it back up. So I know, with just I know the loose-fitting lid, you just leave it That's sitting right, right on there. That guy, again, it's uh, positive pressure. Oh, yeah. Okay. A friend of mine brewed uh, second-round metal in the NHC in light lagers. Really? He, he ferments in his kettle all the time. Wow. And uh, works out just fine. And he doesn't have to rack it to another vessel or anything like that. So it is possible okay. to make a, make a good beer that way. But, 
If you can get a bucket, it's it's a nice way to go. Okay. All right, beautiful. That's a piece of cake. And then maybe just some some regular plastic tubing that you can get almost anywhere uh, if you need to transfer, it, you, you know, to get it from the fermenter to wherever you want to put it. Yeah, you don't need a official racking cane and tubing from a homebrew store. Like pretty much any hardware store is going to have three ace tubing or something equivalent mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fine. It's not going for long periods of time in that tubing, so you're not worried too much about what that tubing's made of. Right. Just don't you know siphon your gasoline and then go right to the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, couple couple shit. things not to cheap out on if possible. Yeah. I, you know, you could use bleach, which is ultra cheap, but usually you got to rinse it out. And if we're going for the idea of making good beer right away, you might want to invest the whole dollar ninety five in sanitizer. I forget it. And you're going to get a lot of batches out of a dollar ninety five. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, don't cheap out on your ingredients. You yeah. know, uh, malt extract, hops. They're, they're not that expensive. Yeah, yeah. I buy fresh ingredients from a good, reputable supplier. Yeah, and, and dry yeast has come a long way, at least. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we actually usually recommend that for people's first couple batches, yeah. just to you know take one bit of mystery out of the whole game and and just go with. I, I personally love the fermentous uh, strains they have now now because you can actually get a few strains instead yeah. of ale. Okay. Yeah, now, I, I, I think a way to get uh, fresh ingredients that I've heard about, too, uh, from people who don't live anywhere near a homebrew shop and kind of want a steady supply of certain things, uh, a downfall is that they have to go by whatever their local microbrew is using. But uh, I've heard of a lot of our listeners uh, are, are out in the middle of nowhere, but they go to their local brewery, whatever it might be. I've even heard of some people going to Coors, and Coors has, has been pretty cool uh, to, to homebrewers. And ask them if they, hey, when you when you purchase your next order, could you could you th- buy an extra bag of grain for me? You yeah. know? Usually you don't even have to ask that. Usually they already have it. Okay. Usually they'll sell you a bag out of their grain room or whatever. They were home brewers too at one point. Very few people go into professional brewers before they were ever a home brewer. Right. And they're getting a good price on it because they're buying so much of it. Exactly. So you're going to get a a cheap price on it that way too. They get get the really best stuff too. Especially if you're going to go to Coors. Although I I would, uh, I would, if, if, uh, if you can, I would recommend supporting your local homebrew shop because sure. if you have a they, local homebrew shop, yeah, I think he's talking about what right. you don't. If you don't, uh, I could see that. But otherwise, you really need to support those guys because that's where you're going to get a a lot of the things that are very difficult to get. And when you grow in your in your hobby, you're going to need those people around. So you need to support those local homebrew shops and be um, careful how much you push your brewery. Because, I mean, right. a, a little bit of ingredients here or there is never going to bother them. But if you're there every week, yeah. you know, bugging they, them, hey, can I get some slurry off of Tank 3? They, can got, I, a, they got a business to run as yeah, well. And, but but uh, if you bring them a six-pack of beer, sure, it yeah, all makes yeah, it good. Yeah, yeah like right. they don't have beer? You know? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, they want to try it's, something. It's, it's, the yeah. thought, it's the thought of it all. You know, here, sure, here's my sure. beer. And Be nice if you're going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, your it's not just give, give, give. you got to give something back. Yeah, I agree. Daniela with it. Daniela, it's always give, give, give. <laughs> I give, give, and give. Uh, a message from, uh, what's this all about, Daniela? The, That's just a few. Some more tips from our few listeners. Tips from the listeners. In the what chat room. 888 beer if you want to ask us questions or, or contribute your tips to other brewers or join Daniela in the chat room. Uh, just click chat now right on our main page. You can do that. Uh, this person says, uh, are these all different people? It's different people. All different people. Uh, don't buy a pump. Uh, which is just a good thing to throw in there. I think we're going to talk about going to all grain and stuff later, so we'll get into that. That maybe you don't necessarily need a pump. Uh, big orders, they say. I think they're talking about the more you, you the order. more you order, it can cut it in sure. half. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're getting charged for shipping. And things exactly, like that, the kind shipping of is an issue. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you belong to a homebrew club and you need some special malt, something or other, that maybe they don't. 
don't stock, something like that. Yeah. You can always uh, pull it in and you know, get four or five guys together and buy a whole sack of grain. Yeah. Well, and let's also talk extract. Uh, I think if you're starting out, you want to start out with extract, not all grain. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a little a little more expensive in the materials, the, the yeah. ingredients, but it is so much simpler and requires uh, far less equipment. Yeah. That uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a better time with that. You'll so. save money in the long run if you're not doing the extra equipment, right? So. right. And, and you might spend a little more money, but if you can go with actual just pure extract, no grains, no other grains, no food coloring, right. no hops added, and add your own specialty grains and your own hops. Hops and grains are cheap. The, the quality yeah. of the beer is going to be much exactly. higher. So you you want to start with a, a high quality pale malt extract, ultra pale, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then add some some grains and steep it. So you might need a, a bag. Uh, you, you really don't it. need a bag. Yeah. I mean, there are ways to get around right. that. If you underwear want. works great, yeah, use right. your so, Doxo dirty underwear, nylon stockings, nylon stockings, like yeah. yeah. Or, or if you have a, a stainless colander, like a stainless screen one, those right. work great. That's or what even I first plastic. started with. Yeah, uh, but yeah, something like that will work. And and I think Chris is absolutely right. You know, extract with specialty grains, mm. you can make an awfully great beer doing just that. Now, while we're talking ingredients and things like that, too, uh, let's go the, the real cheap route. You can obviously grow your own hops as well. If you want to hop your own beer, uh, you know, uh, once a year, the rhizomes become available to everybody. You can go to your local homebrew shop or get them online, freshhops.com, Beer Beer, More Beer, any of these places. I'll warn you about that one, though. Yeah, yeah? Exactly. I mean, yeah. That, that's you're opening up a can of worms right there. Okay. I mean, use them once a year. That's awesome. Okay. Get that fresh hop out of there. Yeah. Um, Every, that, everybody has problems with kilning. And, and and drying them enough to keep them, but not over drying them. Yeah. Uh, not cooking them too while you're trying to. Not dry. cooking them and, and killing everything off because you got to you got to be able to store them too. And hops are cheap. Hops yeah, are pretty I was, was going to say grains and hops are your cheap part, yeah. and, and even yeast, if if handled right, is not the right. expensive part. It's usually or if you go dry yeast, it's really very oh, inexpensive. Oh, dry yeast is extremely inexpensive. And there's good quality there. But you could still go spend 50 bucks on a 10 gallon. Like if, if I'm going to get the, an all grain for 10 gallons, I'm spending, you know, close to 50 bucks on a Well, you, you go, but, nuts but hop, on the hops, hops but are going to be, you know, yeah. buy, buy yourself eight bucks a, of that. Buy, buy yourself a uh, high alpha hop that can be used uh, for bittering and for uh, aroma flavor. So you get yourself like a centennial that uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to bitter your beer, and it, it has a nice uh, flavor profile yeah. as well. Take, take most American hops. You're usually going to pay about 9 bucks a pound. Okay. Most of your common one, Cascade and those guys. I mean, 9, do- nine or pounds going to last you a long time. Quite a few yeah. batches. Yeah. Unless it's my beer. <laughs> I and like, that's I one, like a nice one pound. batch. That's one bad, yeah. nice, nice IPA. <laughs> one two gallon batch. <laughs> one one gallon <laughs> yeah, batch. <two> <laughs> uh, uh, a tip from uh, one of our listeners here in the chat room uh, has found the cheapest boil kettle they can find. They says is an enameled canning pot from Kmart. It's a three. Cheap. It's a three gallon pot for eight dollars. Yeah, I don't. Think oh, you're gonna, awesome. I don't think you're going to beat that price. You, know, you, you can, <laughs> no. can get a how eight, many quart? You can get an eight gallon. Three gallon. You can get an eight gallon one pretty cheap and it's, and it's maybe twice that price. And then, so but then you can do a like nice full bucks. boil. 16 yeah. full boil. Full boil, six, eight gallons? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's yeah. under 20 bucks usually. And, and full Can't boil makes a big difference. Oh yeah, your full boil is going to make a big difference just in quality. Yeah. And, and a big and, step up. And right there, you're, you're going to work with a kettle that's actually ideal. It's super thin. It's yeah. materials that transfer heat real well. That's one thing homebrewers get like a little, overzealous about having a thickest stainless 
popped yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah, that Polarware thing is not better. Well, Polarware is really not that thick. Volrath. Now, that's a hunk of stainless. But, I mean, it, it's really not going to conduct temperature any faster. In fact, the opposite. And, and where those enamel ones, actually, they have steel lining mm-hmm. inside. So that actually right. transfer the heat, the and faster. then they're also nice and wide and shallow. So, so you so can you still do them on your stove. Yeah, I so know a lot of guys who brew with uh, two coils if they have an electric stove. Put them over two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did that for a while too. But yeah, if you can, I I would almost go to the point of saying instead of getting a smaller boil pot and a fermenting bucket, you know, if if the eight dollars means that much then um and for some people it certainly does and i don't mean to make light of that because sure you know everybody's got their own uh, financial uh, yeah. cross to bear Ask but us. uh <laughs> you know you could you know, i would i would say go with the larger pot and ferment in the pot at least for the sure. first few yeah, sure. until you can afford I mean, it, it is a hobby and it's it's one of those hobbies that grows yeah. and yeah. you want to get something that you're not going to just have to throw away later yeah, yeah. that yeah. that that's a good point that the size is. of the so if you, if you can afford to get the bigger pot first, yeah. you probably use that on and on. I always used to say, uh, the more pot you can afford, the better. <laughs> and, uh, and that philosophy got me through college, I'll tell you that. I, you know, it's still working for you now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, I have one question about the pots, though. If you buy such an inexpensive pot, doesn't that mean that you're going to be replacing it all the time because it breaks easy? No. or Not, you, not the necessarily. Stuff off if you take care of it and you don't try to scour it, mm-hmm. like those yeah. enamel pots are the perfect example. If don't, you don't bang them around. Yeah, if you don't use something to actually scrape debris off the bottom, mm-hmm. if you take care of them properly, they should last a long time. Time. Okay, but yeah. if you buy a three-gallon kettle, probably chances are you're going to upgrade that in X amount of time. Who knows? It's all based off of budgets and how much you sure. like. Sure. And, and right. then what are you going to use that three-gallon for again? Probably nothing. Yeah, mine's just sitting around now. You know. Yeah, our spaghetti possibly. It's a five gallon of ours, right? Yeah. But it's like, I know that this pot we're going to have for 50 years, it's not going to break. You know? Yeah, it's a good it's stainless a, steel kettle. It's a, it's a kettle. great pot. Yeah. And but you, but, but you I need like a minimum seven gallon to do a full, full I, I agree with yeah, Jamil yeah, there. A lot yeah, of people nice. buy like a three gallon kettle and that's great, but especially because we're going to talk extract here. You couldn't do an all grain in that size kettle anyway. Right. Unless you're doing a two gallon batch. But when you, when you think about it, if you're doing an, uh, let's just say an IPA, that's nine pounds of extract. That's three quarters of a gallon of a three gallon kettle, and let's face it, you can't fill the kettle to the brim. Right. So one gallon is extract, pretty much close to it, and one gallon's water. Yeah. You're going to have kettle caramelization like crazy. Yeah. I'd much rather see you double the cost of that boil kettle, get that full volume thing going. Yeah. And what's caramelization? Well, just describe that. What is it that happens? Take sugar and put it over high heat. Yeah. It's just it, the it just, sugar. It gives that that. Extract twang to it. You know you're drinking an extract beer. We've advocated here for a long time on uh, Brewing Network is going full wart boil is going to make your beer so much better. Yeah. If you're going to buy a pot and you can afford something, and Jamil says, you know, it's only if you can find it at an eight gallon thing. What else am I going to use this eight gallon thing for? Who cares at sixteen twenty bucks? Yeah. I uh, well, I I think the extract twang thing is more from uh, stale ingredients. I can definitely taste a partial boil versus a full volume, yeah, but I know I exactly what Jamil's saying right, right there. Older, cheaper. I used to brew with cans. I mean, that's what we had yeah, when I don't. started, and it's not worth it. You know, it don't don't get a pre-hopped extract. Don't get a pre. You know, don't get one of those. You know, stout kits or whatever. Get you know plain extract with the specialty grains. It's really worth it, and that's you know that's we want you to to be able to do the the cheapest. 
you know, good, excellent, you know, a beer that you'd be proud of and that you really enjoy. So your your time and your money was worth it. Well, so, not only that, you're going to keep doing it. Yeah, and I, and I think so. It sounds to to me like we've all come to the consensus that you really want to try and get a kettle that's seven to eight gallons that will allow you to do a full boil if at all possible. Yeah, and it's and it's better instead of looking at stainless. You know, if if you money concerns, get yourself an enamel canning yep. pot or get yourself an aluminum pot. That's that's really the way to go, and and you can save some money that way. And the and bonus be just of fine. bonus of aluminum over uh, enamel is that later on you could put a valve on it. Right. It's tough to drill out enamel, enamel because no, it's going to chip. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whereas an aluminum pot, you could drill out later and put right. a spigot on the bottom. Right. That's what I really liked about the the turkey fry you were talking about. That actually, you know, it was ninety nine dollars, uh-huh. but you got the the burner, which we'll talk about here in a little bit too. But also had the spigot on the bottom. That's really a good deal because yep. a lot of the turkey fryers, you, you're still having to pick it up and pour it, and it's dangerous, and, and it gets and you need help. Uh, piece of tubing and a, a turkey baster, so you can get it started without sucking on the end of the tube. Yep. Okay. Most people. Have have a turkey baster, or you can pick them up for a ninety-nine cent store. Sure, or even yeah, they, they make these weird-looking syringes. They're not for your body, but they're huge. Mm. But they're great ways to start siphons. So you're or not if you're injecting a lot those. of crack, <laughs> yeah, a lot of crack, <laughs> Yeah. That's just, what I use them for, but I said they're not made for that. Not made for that. I just want to point out that the uh, the dentist in the room was just opening his <laughs> bottle of beer with his teeth. Yeah. You were really just ripping on that because uh, well, he's going to replace well, it any time. He's yeah. trying to drum up business here. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that was really fake. I, I do that all the time for people to go. Oh no! Don't do that. Let me give you something to open your beer with yeah. because. I want something to open my beer with, and that's the fastest way I get it. <laughs> All right, so we've got the pot, right? Yeah. That and and if you want to uh, transfer from the pot to the fermenter, you're going to need a piece of tubing, which you can get pretty cheap at uh, a home improvement well, store. Well, let's talk first. You got a middle step there before you get it from the pot to the cool it. to the fermenter. You got to cool it, and, right. and there are a number of different ways to cool it. But most people rule out the simplest, and that's blocks of ice. Right. And not, not the kind you buy, but pre-make them the night before. Just Freeze yourself. Uh, I love those little, uh, new Ziploc bags that have the little carriage rider on yeah. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're relatively cheap and they're a great way to make a block of ice. Right. Oh, it's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. I was going out and buying bags of ice. Uh, all the time and keep, and put them in the freezer so that, so that when I do my ice bath, that's what we're talking about to cool the mm-hmm. word here. But, uh, no, if I'm you've got room in right, your freezer, make yeah. your own ice. He's, 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 we'll put it right He's talking about put it right in the wart. Uh, so you didn't know you okay, could make okay, ice okay. in the, in I the freezer? I had no idea <laughs> that the freezer made ice. I what thought, is this thing? I was like, why? I thought you had to go to the ice why, store. Why would you use that? <laughs> what is this thing that holds my beer? In the desert, that's what they taught us. You go to the ice store. You don't make your own ice. They had a monopoly on with that commodity. Yeah, you do need to cool the wort. Where do they get this? Ice. You can cool it with, uh, you know, if you live in a cold area where there's snow, you can put oh, it in the that's snow. The best or you can way to do it, yeah. Put it in a sink full of water with some ice cubes. Isn't that or, illegal or something? It's yeah. snow. You can't treat it like that. And I would say, if anything, avoid putting it, in my opinion, avoid putting it in the kitchen sink or in the bathtub if possible. Just because those are the two highest bacteria, bacteria populations. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to back up here, though. I make a bunch of jokes about that. But what, put the, the block of ice into 
The kettle. As long as it's clean ice. It, it's got to be decent water that you're doing. Okay. But we're taking the plastic wrap off first off. Well, and if, if you're doing a, a partial boil. Well, even though I've seen people do it on a full volume. Yeah, that's but what account, I was But accounting at. for that amount of ice mm-hmm. they're going to use. You will be adding uh, water. And that's what I'm getting at here. So I'm thinking partial boil, brilliant, great idea. Full boil, now you got to calculate. Yeah, well, and you I know worry few, about I know a few people who well. start with five yeah. gallons. They'll pre-boil their water if they want. I mean, if yeah. you're really worried about the contamination, pre-boil yeah, you, it. You pre-boil the water, then you want to make uh, the ice off of that one. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 And then and then they're using a gallon's worth, so two of those bags worth of water. You, you have to fill them, too. Don't fill the bag of water. It's going to expand, yeah. expand and, and rip the bag open, so half fill it. That way you can also get it out easier and reuse the bag over and over again. Okay. But th- I know two guys who do that and love it because really? they can usually cool down from a boil to... With, uh, I don't know, about 78, 75. Yeah. With one gallon worth of ice. Wow. So, so Justin, you could probably make you know, a bag of star sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and put that <laughs> and in the it's then clean. freeze it and it's but, clean. Yeah. It's just pure star sand. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you don't open the kettle and you put it in uh, some cold water sure. and let it sit or let it sit overnight, um, you can build up like DMS and stuff like that. But it's going to be sanitary, and you're not going to have a problem. Okay. Sure. You know, just put the lid on, and uh, at, 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 at this point, or we avoided yeah. making a simple wart chiller. But but again, right. I think at this point, uh, like Jamil was saying about DMS forming and stuff, I think uh, we want to really, really no, we really want to worry about sanitation. Yeah. Yeah. And putting More ice in there and things, but you know, you're getting it cooled down. It's it's decent. I like to cool faster because you can get the yeast going faster. That's my. You got to go to bed, man. Well, no, yeah, that's you, what I'm thinking. I want to too. avoid bacteria. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's really if I can get the yeast healthy and active faster, I'm a happier man. I don't yeah. care how. I mean, unless you're clamping that lid down, I just worry about it. Yeah, he I does. can. They won't. They he's won't a, crawl in. He's a germ phobic. Unless, unless yeah. they're. He really uh, is. So am I. I have Alpit next to my desk at work. And <laughs> use it frequently. All the time. Yeah. Now, now, do you, when you're using the urinal. When when the handle is six feet above the ground, yeah. Do you, you, do you flush it with your foot? I'm I do. six foot four. I, 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 that's I, easy. I just put yeah. my foot right up there. And I, I look like a freaking rocket flushing the toilet. You know. <laughs> I, I lift my children up and teach them how to kick, <laughs> kick that handle. Good idea. Like, okay, one, two, three, and they're up. Kick. And a lo- lot of they're, times they're I don't even it. flush. It's just that's easier. what I was going to say. If I can't kick it, it's not getting flushed. If it's yellow, let it mellow. Well, that's first what I off, say. who right. doesn't have one of those automated eyes anymore? I mean, come on. There you go. <laughs> Avoid any place that doesn't have What about when you go to... Now, do you guys only do that in public restaurants? What about when you go to your friend's house and you use their bathroom? Oh, do you I'm not going to trust any of my friends. So you kick that toilet uh, switch, too? And you see I all the footprints all, all over. Yeah. Well, fine, you should. You know, you're, you're really good. Okay, the, the front flush, you hit it and it flushes down. But you're really good if you can catch your toe and catch the back the back <laughs> handle. Where yeah. it goes, plus it's counterclockwise. What about those ones that have the button <laughs> right on top that, of that's the, the heel back kick? You got a heel. Yeah, that's, that's the heel. heel. Kick. That's the heel. Yeah. Do you guys really all do that when you go to when you're a guest at somebody's house? Do oh you, yeah. You foot the toilet. Well, it depends if I'm peeing and it's white and clear. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> then you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might I might use my knee, but generally here I use my hand. Yeah. I, I, but, I've seen him but, use his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, you, it's a, it's a toss up because you don't really, really want to trust the towel that's there next to the sink no. to dry your hands. Everybody's so. touching, no, and, exactly. I don't trust you know. Let's talk about that towel. Everybody uses the, <laughs> he's got his hands in people's mouths. Right, I don't want to really trust anything he's touched. Let's talk about the front fold of the towel. Everybody teaches that. You grab the back, oh, half, oh, the, one, yeah. the one near the wall, and that's the one you dry your hands. I use or toilet you, paper. Or you carry your <laughs> own, you carry your own towels. No, it's yeah. a mess. It gets all, it rips uh, you, apart. You learn the right way to roll it. It doesn't leave anything. Well, that you, op- you open the door with clean. it. You are a germ freak if you're using toilet <laughs> oh, paper, man. He is oh, yeah. such a germ freak. It's insane. But I don't, I mean, I rarely end up with colds or any of that crap. I watch yeah. my, well, you work at my place for a month. Yeah. You'll be a germphobe yourself. Well, yeah. You're working with, like, JP around. I yeah, mean, that's well, for God's like, sakes. And he has like, no children. That guy's got his hands down his pants more often than... <laughs> All right. It's either on his man boobs or somewhere else. <laughs> Mr. Dika, yes. <laughs> All right. While we're doing sanitation, when we come back, we'll talk about how to stretch your star sand uh, and your PBW as well. And uh, then we'll get into uh, a little more about uh, getting yourself a burner so you can do full boils and more frugal brewing right here on the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Pretentious, friendly, and fun. Downtown Joe's American Grill and Brew House in Napa Valley is your neighborhood pub, even when it's not your neighborhood. At Downtown Joe's, you'll find relaxed outdoor riverside seating with a menu that features traditional American dishes combined with the freshness of California and cooked with a flair that is true Napa Valley. They're family friendly and even welcome your pets to join you while dining on the patio. At night, you'll find the Napa Valley's best live music and dancing and a truly great place to meet new people while enjoying Downtown Joe's handcrafted ales. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky has developed a reputation for quality, tradition, and taste, and it shows in every beer poured. All of Downtown Joe's house-brewed ales are brewed with the highest quality British malts using traditional British methods, accented by hop selections reflecting the regional flair of the Napa Valley. Downtown Joe's is located at 902 Main Street on the Napa River at 2nd and Main Street in downtown Napa. At Downtown Joe's, they welcome all species, including canine, migratory, and indigenous to the Napa Valley. Their mission is your satisfaction. Visit them at downtownjoes.com. You're listening to Three Guys. Excuse me, what about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right. And then I pour the acid on my hands. Whoa. Yeah. And that and that is really what makes it sanitary. I lose a couple layers of skin. But I'm I feel I feel happy I, at that I, point. I understand that. <laughs> You're tuned in to the frugal cheap brewing show right here on the Brewing Network. And how to handle a public bathroom. And how to uh, help yourself in a public bathroom. we got Chris Graham here from Beer, Beer, and More Beer, and uh, Jamil Zanishev helping us out today. Uh, what I do want to do here, uh, we're going to move on to another topic, but before we do that, since we were uh, jokingly talking about sanitation and clean things, I just want to hearken back to our five-star show that we did with Charlie Talley, uh, who's the maker of all those five-star products, who came in here, and I was concerned about uh, that, that P- PBW, for the amount I was using, I actually think 
think was kind of expensive. And and the same with Star Sand. Although I, I I love both of the products because of how convenient they are. Especially the PBW is just beautiful. Uh, gone are my days of scrubbing, and I'll tell you why. I don't even I haven't even uh, in uh, because built. I, I said I wouldn't clean your no, car anymore. Doc wouldn't do it, but I haven't even built the uh, the washer that Doc has, and I'll explain how this works. And it was after our five star show. Go back to our archives and check it out. It turns out the products aren't so expensive if you use them properly right. uh, because it, they are pricey to buy the batch. But but the batch really lasts for a long time. And this is where I was wrong. And, and Charlie Talley kind of pointed this out for us. Your star sand can be reused indefinitely until the pH has changed on it. And I forget what... It becomes what, cloudy. It's yeah. bit, uh, well, even at cloudy... Yeah, three it's a, range. Above three. Above three. That's yeah, a, it's it, a three it, range. Not until it gets to there is it, is it a bad product. You can still use it. It's I all about your water. And, and Remind and it, them of that. It's about it, the water you use to make it. Well, and, and it all the junk. Cloudy. And, and all the junk that you put in there. Is that what he said, too? Well, but... You know, uh, your average home brewer isn't going to be measuring pH. Yeah, so yeah. if it's cloudy, it, if we're doing it on cloudy. the cheap, buddy, yeah. you can also goose it a little bit mm-hmm. and give a little more star sand in it and, and recharge the solution that you had for two days. There you and, go. And, and, but if you're if you're going to be you know brewing a long time between, you don't have a, a method to store it. Iota Four is a pretty good option as well. Yeah. And I, I I I use star sand. I use PBW. I love those products. Sure, but. Instead of PBW, if you can get a generic um, dishwasher, okay, uh, or uh, trisodium phosphate, or trisodium TSP, yep. or TSP substitute, uh, a lot of places, um, that'll do a pretty darn good job. Very similar to PBW. I I would prefer PBW. It doesn't have all those. Uh, non-sheen coatings and all that crap in it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can you, you have to do some heavy rinsing if you use uh, dishwasher soap. But, right. Uh, it, it, it'll do a, an awfully good job very, very cheap. Good, good cleaners and good sanitizers will save your equipment, too. Right. Because yeah. you're not scouring on them. And exactly. that's what you want to avoid, especially that expensive one, which is your boil kettle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid the scouring. Well, for me, the PB now, now the Star Sand we just talked about, you know, being able to use the, reuse that uh, Iota Four is real cheap, so you don't necessarily need to stretch out your sanitizer. But your PBW type of product, you do, unless you're using uh, what Jamil's just talking about. My PBW, since talking to Charlie, uh, I was making a new batch every time I did something, and I was going through a lot of PBW, and it was actually getting a little more expensive than I wanted it to be. Well, since talking to Charlie, I reuse PBW for weeks. I mean, literally, because you're not sanitizing with PBW, you're cleaning. So basically, what I'll do is when I wrap. Uh, a beer like we're going to rack Daniela's beer uh, either tomorrow or later tonight. Nice. Uh, we'll fill the uh, we'll fill one. Uh, there's two carboys. We'll fill one carboy with the PBW solution and leave it there for a day or two. Just leave it, and I don't even have to use my scrub brushes in there after that. I mean, occasionally there's a little bit left, and I get in there, no elbow grease whatsoever. A quick wipe, and it all comes clean. I'll then you know, so two days later, I'll it's transfer a, that in, into the uh, into the other carboy, and then I'll let that sit there, and then usually right about that time I'm finishing a keg out of my kegerator which needs to be clean. I'll take the same PBW solution that I've done two carboys with and I'll throw it in my keg and leave that sit there for two days. So I've not touched my jar of PBW now for a week well, and Mr. I've cleaned three uh, v- uh, 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 Mr. vessels Multi-carboy with it. Multi-carboy kegerator guy. <laughs> hey, we're talking all parts of saving money here. And this, uh, yeah. I have literally not bought PBW in a really long time because I've learned how to stretch it out. 
well, the Charlie other, appreciates your encouraging people not to yeah. buy. BMW. He did. He did it on our show himself. Yes. He said, "I'm sorry to do this to my company, but uh, right. keep it around." We also said it cured athletes' foot. <laughs> That's right. You just <laughs> he was building it. new markets. <laughs> so I was afraid to do that before because I didn't think it would work, and it looks re- it starts to look real disgusting. But uh, no big deal. It keeps doing its job over and over. Uh, Doc, see, you're the only one. These guys are, yeah. are giving me a hard time, but you're shaking your head with me no, the whole time. I, I, it, it's. My uh, keg cleaner's in a bucket yeah. with the pump, and that stuff gets looking really nasty. <laughs> but all you, you get yeah. rid of it. All and you're, that, do, all you're fine, doing is cleaning. I mean, that's, that's right. All I'm doing is cleaning. That's as long right. as they, those kegs are coming out clean, that's right. Stuff's okay. When it starts looking really nasty, yeah. then yeah. I, then I'll change it. The other yeah. thing to think about too is is they tell you. I mean, recommended usages of sanitizers you want to follow. You right. want sanitizers Absolutely. to be at the level they yes. need to be at. And contact time. But not cleaners, more, not less. You do less. I mean, they literally talk about two ounces of star, uh, um, PBW per five gallons of water. That's a huge that's, concentration. Oh, not needed I, at I, all for your typical job. Yeah, I used to do that, and much. I think I'm wasting so much. So I started, and it, it would foam so much that... It would it would just foam out of out of the everything. So, so I, what do you do now for five uh, gallons? Uh, pretty much, maybe. Maybe a tablespoon. Maybe a tablespoon in there, mm. because I don't. It, it just it would foam and foam and foam till it really wasn't doing what I wanted. Well, it to and, do. and contact time will help. That's exactly it. The longer you're willing to wait, the less yeah. you need to use. I put in I put in uh, a quarter as much as I used to. I used to use a two ounce scoop, and uh, in five gallons, in a carboy, and I could never get it back out. I was rinsing, 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 and it would still uh, flake up on me when I added an acid. And now. I use just a fraction of that, let it sit overnight or a couple of days, and it's just as clean. And yeah, I watch Morgan use a five-gallon bucket next door. You'd think they'd go through a five-gallon bucket like once a week. Yeah, they go through a five-gallon bucket maybe uh, two months, yeah. three months. See? Yeah. I mean, they're doing well. Morgan doesn't clean. <laughs> well, if, if, if I've got a really, <laughs> not nice. if I've got a really stubborn keg, yeah. I'll fill three, four inches of it and put just a sprinkling yeah. uh, PBW in the bottom and I'll let it sit. It sits and then it, then I got another one. I just dump it into that one. Right. Sure. And then I you know, put the other one on the pump and, and yeah. it cleans it out really well. But it's it's not, I'm not pumping in, you know, two tablespoons into six six inches of water in the bottom okay. of that. And See, so I know it's sort of a petty thing here, but when I said it's the cheap bastard show, I meant it. I'm talking about all areas of brewing um, here. As long as it gets it clean. As long as it gets it clean. Cleaners are fine. Sanitizers don't chintz out. Right. Right. Agreed. Exactly. I, agreed. Use the, the recommended amount. Mix it properly. Yeah. Measure what you're doing. Usually you can get a free little measuring cup to go with it. Don't go by color mm. uh, if you're using iota four. Okay. Or colorblind. Either one. Yeah. Exactly. Wichita, you're on the phone with the brewcasters. What's happening, brother? Oh, not much. I, I wanted to call in because uh, Daniela said that uh, she's sick of you talking about germs. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it, it, go ahead. It, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I got a f- interesting story about uh, trying to build a uh, sight gauge for my uh, kettle. Okay. I. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't want to spend the money on a sight gauge, and I had seen a an idea for building one, basically using some PVC pipe on the side of the keg, and I modified that so that I didn't even have to drill another hole into my kettle. I just have it set up to my uh, my valve on my kettle for yeah. taking it out, uh, and then on the other side, I have a uh, uh, quick connect so that 
you know, I just have it unconnected and nothing flows, obviously, past the quick connect with it unconnected. And so it reads on the sight gauge really nice. Anyway, Beautiful. the story of that is, and this is my little rant, All right. is, you know, I, I go to Lowe's trying to get the supplies for this. Talk to a guy over there. Oh, I need a little bit of PVC uh, pipe, a couple couplings, and a T, uh, a uh, little tea so that I can get the uh, sight gauge on there because I'm, I, you know, I'm building the sight gauge for my kettle. He says, oh, yeah, well, you just buy the damn uh, sight gauge. I was like, screw you, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want it? And his comment was, do you want to do it right or do you want to do it cheap? It's like, I want to do it cheap, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, on top of that, you want to do it cheap and right. Well, look, right. At, look, he asked the question. He better be an- ready for both answers. That's right. Wait, 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 why does the guy at Lowe's know how to put a sight gauge on a boil exactly. kettle? That's my real question. And, and that was what I was wondering, too. It was like he worked previously for some restaurant supply store, and that's why he was saying that. Right. Or, or a brewery or something, because... Oh. What a jerk-off. That's, that's right. What Here's, I'm, I'm going to give you props here real quick, Chris. Here's what I like about Chris Graham. Like, the guy's livelihood is buying stuff from his shop. Let's, let's, let's face that, right? But he still is honest about it. And here's what I think that Chris... Uh, this is what I like. Uh, I think here's what you've come to terms with. And, uh, and a lot of companies do this. Um, Chris here is on the show advocating doing it yourself, saying that you don't need this product that I sell and you don't need that product that I sell. And he's confident that those of us who want to save the money and want to do it ourselves are going to do it ourselves, and he's happy to help us do it. The part of his business that he knows he'll retain is that a lot of us like me are too stupid to do it, and uh, and we also maybe don't have the skills to do it. So he's sort of taken the work and the effort and all those things out of it. He knows that there are people that are still going to buy all those products because B three's done it for you. It's, you, you bring it home and you put it to work. Think of it, Justin. Justin, that's called the price of convenience. That's right, and that's what I mean. Well, that's think exactly of it this way: the two types of people: people who want to brew, yeah, and people who want to build stuff. Yeah, I want to them both yeah right. i mean i love to build stuff right but uh, you know there's certain people who have no interest in trying to figure out how to build a site class onto that's the right boil kettle. that's right yeah, and, and why are you putting a site class on your boil kettle yeah what's up with that uh, I, 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 t- I had one I, on I, mine and yeah, I, yeah. I took it off yes yeah. doc i yelled at you for it i i, I, I could build a lot of this stuff but again I, the, the the value is getting those those batches of beer out yeah. and high quality batches of beer sure. and you know not screwing with it i, I own a 1550 yeah. And the reason I do, I can brew a lot more beer, a lot faster, and not have kid. to stick around with I, I something got, I built myself. I, got, I made a copper stick that I dipped down in there, and I have graduations on it, and that tells me how much is in my brew kettle. Yeah. When I had the brew, uh, the sight glass in it, it kept foaming up and out of the top, and okay. it was just wreaking havoc. So you havoc prefer to have me. marks on your stick. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I'll teach, I'll I teach you how to do it. it. I just disagree with it. All right, Wichita, what's up with your sight glass? Tell us that. Oh, it, it works great. I haven't had a problem with anything foaming up and out of it. Okay. Now, granted, I haven't tried a real big glass. I have a converted keg, and I've only done five-gallon batches. So if I went for for more of a 10-gallon, yeah, I'd probably run into some of that problem. Yeah, this, this, this is on my 20-gallon system. And you're never going to okay. see someone sell PVC for a sight glass? Only because PVC isn't a food-grade material out of boil. What's the point, though, so that you just make sure you have the proper volume? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I always advocate, make sure you hit your numbers. Yeah. And if you can, once you pump it into your boil kettle, you can hit your numbers. Yeah. You see what the volume is, and you can take a quick gravity reading, and how much you're going to have to boil off, mm-hmm. you're going to hit your numbers. Well, okay. You know, uh, when Chris came and taught me how to all-grain brew, he said, uh, do you have a yardstick? Sure enough, you know, every house has a yardstick. You get them for free a lot of, a lot of places. And yeah. That's what I use. I stick the yardstick in there. It tells me how many inches. Multiply by 1.4, that's how many gallons. I haven't seen a yard Didn't since, cost me since, since my mom hit me in the ass. <laughs> I'm about 12 years old. Some I'll, people I'll fear it. Some next people. Time. I just saw a yardstick when I took a pee at the break. <laughs> it you was know hanging on the wall? You know what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> it was hanging on the wall. you met your boil? <laughs> you felt inadequate, yes. <laughs> How are you laughing? Wait, so, <laughs> not that funny. That's, that's the most damning uh, thing that could be said. Yeah, not talking uh, about your manhood, but <laughs> did you measure up? <laughs> I did. All, All right. right, hey Wichita, thanks, brother. So, hey, no problem. So right. we've Appreciate we've gotten the boil, we've gotten the chill, we've gotten sanitizers, uh, transferring, we you know, a piece of tubing. Don't need a racking cane. I still don't use one after all these years. Ever and ever. Cause I, uh, well, you have conicals. No, I use I use carboys and I use a piece of tubing. Just a loose wrap tubing. I, yeah, okay. and and I could because right. because then I don't have to worry about the the bubble that forms sure. on the racking cane. And then uh, does, does, does that really bother you? Yes, it does. When the racking cane, he's getting that where, oxidized. Where the, where, the metal, where the metal stops and yes. and the. The vinyl starts. Yes. Is there oxygen in that? Well, that just shows how cheap. That just showed how cheap Doc was. That he's talking about the metal stops. How many people have stainless racking canes? I do. Half well, I, yeah. Half you stole, stole it. it. He has the money for it. I mean, I, I have one. I don't use it. It's a half inch stainless steel racking. It, you know, for me, I I I can just uh, use my hand to. Poke the tube where it needs to go. Yeah, I use my hand. Is that what you've been doing most of your life? Say say that again. You can usually get it going. I just just use my hand hand to poke the tube where it needs to go. I get it going by using my hand. (laughs) Yes. All right. Yeah, isolate that for lunch meat. All right. So, so, but uh, so we we got the tubing. We got uh, Mm -hmm. now uh, you fermented it. Uh, dry yeast is is probably the best way to start. Well, let's talk about fermentation for 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. easy ways to handle. One of the most important things you can do is temp control your yes, ferment. I mean, absolutely. above and beyond anything else you're yes. doing. Fresh ingredients are yes. hugely important. And yes. then second to that, temp control and mm, fermentation. I'd go the opposite, but that's okay. Uh, either way. I agree. Either way. Chris knows what he's talking uh, about. I'm actually. with temp control, too. Yeah. All right. So, so if you're going to buy a thermometer, I would say, and you want to be on the cheap, just get a thermometer, just one that you stick onto, whether it's plastic, the fish tank, deal whatever. You're the fish yep. tank, LED, sticky not thing, LED, the, the, but, the uh, LCD, LCD. Yeah, put one of those on there, and now you want. Now you got to control your ferment. I've I've loved to play with this one. Oh, I've, nice one. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Sorry, I oh. built some super. Justin, you pig. So if you need to keep, let's say you want to keep around sixty-eight, and it's seventy-five in your room. Well, you're pretty better off than most of us. Um, is there's a depth finder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's nice sound effects. Um, uh, wet t-shirt on the carboy works ah, great. Wet the, t-shirt. Wi- the wicking. Like wet t-shirts the wet are t-shirt. the best thing around. But, uh, second to that is taking two t-shirts, wetting yeah. them both, putting one in the freezer, 
putting yeah. one in the carboy, then switch them about every eight hours or so. And putting a fan on it if you got one. The fan acts, acts better for the uh, wicking effect and yeah. osculates if you can. That that works even better. Ozzy just taught me this when he was out here. He's like, I said, we can use, because uh, I use the garbage pail method where you put it in a garbage pail full of water. And he's like, screw all that. It's late. We don't need to do it. We're going to put a couple wet t-shirts on it and a fan. I thought he was a, comp- I thought he was an Australian idiot. <laughs> I, was, I was positive. He was totally right. It kept the temperature down yeah. really nice. Just yep. some wet, we use wet towels. Um, at which are just hold anything water that's going to allow the like evaporative cooling. Yeah. You just wrap it right around your carboy. If you do have a fan, because uh, you don't have to, but if you do have a fan, it'll help uh, obviously keep it cooler by blowing um, air onto just it. Also. An old t-shirt works great for that. Yeah. Yeah. You got a wife beater, throw it on there. What about humid locations? Somebody is saying that wet t-shirts don't work in no, humid yeah. I, I got one for humid locations, Florida. Florida brewers, essentially. Okay. You take a terracotta base um, for a planter. They're usually made of plastic, actually, the base form. Yeah. Very bottom. Plenty big to put a carboy in. Usually costs $1.39 at Home Depot. Just the water catcher you're talking about. So the water catcher. Yeah. It's usually okay. two inches tall, plenty plenty big in diameter. <clears throat> put the carboy in there, put ice around the edges, put water in there. That helps a lot. But if you want to make it even better, get a uh, $9 little pump. Submersible palm pump you can stick in there. Nine dollars. I don't know. I know. I, I'm sorry that it's nine dollars, but that's the there, cheapest yeah. I've found. Mm-hmm. But that's super cheap. Put uh, tubing off of that up to the neck. Um, I put a simple little T on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, punctured holes in there, so it just a uh, little fountain over the carboy the whole time. Well, okay. what about what about the uh, just freezing bags of ice and uh, dropping them in? Uh like, that, like the Justin bucket does. of water that, deal. That works great too. Yeah, but this most is, people already have that yeah. equipment. It, it's having the right size bucket to put it in. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's the that key. Star. Cost you as yeah. much as the pump. And the pump true. and a dollar thirty nine yeah. little thing. And I changed the ice. I mean, it didn't take much ice. I mean, it was like a couple pints worth out of my uh, little ice maker. Um, you don't have to have an ice maker. <laughs> no, you can go to the ice store. <laughs> you go down to the ice store. <laughs> the desert ice store. <laughs> and ask yeah. the nice people for some ice. Hey, if Push Eject were here from Lancaster, he knows about the ice store. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I was able to hold 20 degrees off ambient using that method easily. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was working nine, 12-hour days, yeah. coming home, feeding it with ice, going to bed, so waking up, feeding it with ice. Temperature control is really important. Even if you're a frugal brewer, you really need to control temps. If you want to make and great beer, I don't care if yeah. you're frugal or if you want to spend as much yeah, money you, as you, you want. You temp better, be, you better be doing it. And then probably the the thing to buy is a thermometer, a stick-on thermometer for your fermenter, because yeah. that's the critical temperature. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's various methods you can use that uh, a frugal brewer could do. Yeah. Uh, uh, putting ice in a bucket or t-shirts in a fan or you know a various amount of things or if you you just happen to have the right temperature somewhere in your house in the basement or whatever or then outside that's your way to yeah. go that's your way to go and you just want to be able to control it and 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 what i did what i did have to go out and buy cuz cuz chris is right about the having the proper size garbage pails uh, you, you know i want it to fit right i did have to go and buy the couple of garbage pails so uh, and it probably was then the maybe the equivalent of the cost of, of what chris is doing but either way Bathtub. either way is cheaper than going and buying a fridge absolutely and a temp control and running one okay so let's take a call right now. Captain Kangabrew's on the line. He wants to give us a fermentation tip. What's happening, Kangabrew? Hey, Justin. How's it going? It's going real well. How are you, brother? Good. Uh, hey, I got a great uh, tip to keep to keep your beer cool. Okay, when beautiful. You're let's do it. It's um, you know, I've, I've tried the fan with the wet T-shirt in the in the in the tub and all that, and I'm in Texas, so you know, I can't get it below seventy two, seventy four. So I got one of those ice cube coolers. Yeah. 
Like and that makes like ice cubes, you mean? No, yeah. uh, no, no, it blows, like a, blows, blows wind across the night. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like a, uh, that or, or uh, other people have talked about getting uh, ice chests. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an it's a ice chest. It's, the, yeah. it's the, kind of the, the taller ones with the wheels. Okay. Does, does really good insulating. I've yeah, they're great. I put a couple two-liter frozen jugs in there, and I keep it at 68, 66, 68, even without the lid on. I mean, so you're it. saying you put your carboy inside that? I put the carboy inside that. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, okay. Ken, Ken Swartz was a big guy on the HBD probably eight years ago, six years ago. Yep. Exactly. And he's got some drawings. If you can find his website, it's getting tougher because it used to be one of those like forward slash backslash till day, yeah, you know, to get to it. Whatever. Yeah. But he used to have some um, plans on building little fermentation boxes like he's talking yeah. about. Little, and little cold boxes with... Yeah. Uh, Cheap little fans that I know people still using those and swearing up and down by those things. Yeah, that's no, but this, I mean, I, I've even I did a um, I did a logger with the, I, did, I put the lid on with two frozen two liters and it kept it around fifty. Oh, beautiful, I mean, nice. It, it's great. I mean, it, it works. You know, there's no fan, no nothing. I mean, it's great. Okay. So I'm being told by the chat room that there are free refrigerators on Craigslist, Desert Boy. That's what they're yeah. telling me, and that's <laughs> true. It's uh, free refrigerator. And you know what? Not free to run those it's old, free to run old, right. old refrigerators. They take a lot of energy. Yeah. I'll bet so they make ice, and that's <laughs> quite a few dollars. I'll see why you'd be making ice when there's an ice store. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to twenty five cubic foot uh, chest freezer, so I'm, I'm set there. Uh, so now you're good, but uh, but a lot of us have to you know start. So that's a great idea. A, an ice cooler, like a like a commercial grade ones, are, are beautiful that they just dump the ice into and keep it there. Uh, anything yeah. you can find like that. Uh, These are great because you can you can roll your carboy around. You don't you don't you don't have to worry about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a so, good deal. So what would yeah, like? And the, and the difference between that and like a fridge with a controller is you know convenience. Yeah. I use controllers that I got from More Beer and uh, a nice glass door fridge I got from More Beer. Did you steal them? Uh, no, Chris brought them to me. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> See, happily gave them to If him. you brought and me I mean, stuff, I, put, I wouldn't have to steal it. Well, if you could learn to program. And I put, great. I put, <laughs> yeah. you know, I put my, my, my stuff in there and just, you know, dial in a temperature and it's convenience and I can go off and do other things and, yeah. uh, and, you know, it really is wonderful. If you have the money, just buy this stuff and, and, and be done with it. Uh, yeah. but if you don't, you can do the same quality of brewing that, that I can buy. Yeah. Uh, messing with blocks of ice and all that stuff. It'll right. take more of your time, but... Uh, An inexpensive uh, refrigeration option is what the caller just talked about, and that's a chest freezer. Right. They are, they're very efficient because they have a lid that opens. The cold air never spills out because you're opening them up. You could put a $50 uh, temp controller on them. They usually cost, what, about 167 to $300, depending on what size you get. Yeah. They don't take up as much room as an upright one in terms of height. But with they do, and they're more they're more efficient. They're way more efficient because yeah. they're designed to freeze. I, I've left mine open, the lid open on mine. With, That's because you're a moron. Because well, I'm he was drunk, drinking. I was drunk doing other things. <laughs> I come back in the morning. Oh damn! it, let that open. You know what? Worrying about it's, other it's, lids. It's still 37 degrees in there. Yeah. So. Hey, Captain. Thanks for the call, brother. It's all good. All right. So so we got it fermenting at at a reasonable temperature. And now we need to, it's all done fermenting, right? And we need to get it into some sort of container to carbonate and get ready to drink. So we're looking at bottles. And by the way, if you have your own tips, just like Captain did, 888-401-BEER. Love to hear homebrewers' tips of how they did it cheap. All right, go ahead. So now we're getting it into our uh, uh, vessels for uh, consumption. And we're going to go as cheap as we can start with. All right. And that's, uh, we both agree, two-liter bottles of soda. Soda bottles. Really? And if you can, you wait for the Safeway, whatever you have local to you special. 
The yep. ten for one seltzer water deal. It yeah. always happens. Yeah. Ten bottles for one dollar. Yeah. And, and I whenever I see that, I still go buy them. Uh, God knows yeah. what reason. I still just buy them. Well, well, most I, people I, are drinking I, soda, or you you know somebody who does. And you can get the bottles for free. Did, but, I, did, did I get you, you started on that one? Because uh, no, I've been doing because that because it was like oh, I need something to transfer my beer from here to here. And it's cheap. It's a pet bottle. It doesn't have root beer in it. Yeah, that's why you don't. If you yeah. can get the seltzer water, you don't have to worry about the sugar of whatever was in it before <laughs> to taint the character. Right. But uh, if you rinse those out, I tell you, those pet bottles do not pick up flavors. I agree. The, you know, they're, they're it's usually clean. the line cap that actually yes. picks up more yes. of the character than right. anything else. Okay, that's a, that's good to know. And you can get new caps uh, fairly cheap if you're sure. really concerned, but okay. it's not too bad. And okay. so, so bottling is anything that can hold carbonated beverages. Okay, so Jamil, I got something, a question for you. Okay, you said About, we can we, uh, well, we, we, we can boil in a kettle. And ferment in the same kettle. Yeah. Can we throw sugar into that kettle and then bottle from that well, kettle? Well, that's what Chris and I were talking about. And the the issue is being able to stir up that sugar into the kettle without stirring up the crud in the bottom. Right. Now, I you have your solution. If you don't want to buy a bottling bucket, you, but you want a yeah. keg right out of that, that same vessel you boiled and f- fermented in, yeah. the carbonation drops. Right. The but, pre-measured but, out sugar. Are ideal. Trying to measure out your own sugar is nearly impossible. Are you talking about on a per bottle basis? Per bottle. Oh, okay. So say you're right. doing 12 ounce bottles, you just put one in each right. one, and it's almost perfect. Every and again, time. It, if you can afford Love it. the bucket to ferment in, uh, you know, go that route. If you can't, if it's really that tight for you, and, and for some people it is, you know, you can ferment in the, in the boil kettle. Yeah. And, and so for bottling, if you have that boil kettle, yet you ferment it in another vessel, yeah. you can go back into that bottle, boil that kettle boil kettle to your, add your sugar back yeah, in. Yeah. Or, you know, if you, you don't really want to get extravagant, bucket. you could have a fermentation bucket and a bottling bucket. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, no, sorry, I broke the budget there. That's right. What we should have done was, you know what? We were up to $16. It's not the $10 brewery we we had promised. I know. In in planning the show, we really should have set ourselves. Maybe next time we do the frugal show, we're actually going to set ourselves a dollar limit. A budget. And say, I like that. For each type of brewery, we'll go, uh, we'll go partial boil extract. And then we'll move up to uh, full boil extract, full boil all grain, right? No, I think we have a contest. And Who can brew the best beer at the cheapest and amount of setup and ingredients? And well, you got to start new. You can't use any of your existing equipment. Ooh. And, and, and I, want, I, want, I want to I want to say this, you know, if uh, you know if if you are one of those brewers that needs to uh, watch your pennies, yeah. don't be embarrassed about that because I've I been agree. there myself. And, d- and, and don't I've, I've yeah. had to do horrible things to to afford to live. Yeah. And uh, do not do not be embarrassed about that. And we're we're not uh, making light of that as well. the corner. And when you g- <laughs> that's terrible. Well, <laughs> you're my yeast. best customer. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to and a homebrew shop or call cheap. one, I mean, we're I mean, talking from the homebrew shop perspective, we're used to it. We yeah. started that way. Trust me, I I'm I'm not rich now, yeah. and I wasn't rich then. You know, and and my first all grain setup. We'll talk about that as we get into all grain. My first one was ridiculous. Yeah, Sc- a little scary on the uh, the dangerous side, but. I get guys calling me every day. Yeah. And I'm building a, a system and they're, they're afraid to tell you that they want to do it on their own as opposed to buy your pre-made one. Right. And that just ruins the day 
instead of just being honest right up front and say, listen, I'm trying to save a few bucks and make my own thing. Right. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Yeah. It's just so much easier if you're that honest. It's, it's sure. just easier to talk it out. And I, and I agree. In fact, it even takes me by surprise, Jamil, that you've, it's, it's great that you brought it up by saying not, not being embarrassed about it, but I'm so comfortable with being poor that it doesn't even, it right. doesn't even, uh, I can't even fathom that you're embarrassed about it. I'm totally not. Well, I'm, just, I'm walking around with holes in my socks going, that's weak. I, some, some, some people, you know, it bothers them sure. a lot, but uh, sure. I'll tell you one thing that's great about, uh, about the guys at Warbeer. And I'll say this over and over again. I know it, it is fact is that their, their, their biggest focus is, uh, helping you make great beer. Yeah. And then, however, if, possible. If, if somehow that turns into profit for them later on, yeah. they're, they're cool with that, but they'll, they'll help you with, uh, whatever that, uh, you we, know, we learned just, to just tap into the guy who's willing to buy a $15,000 system. Right. So we learned to tap yeah. that market. Uh, now the market is like for every, <clears throat> 50,000 brewers, there's that one guy. Yeah. Dr. Scott. You know, <laughs> Dr. There, Scott. There's a guy who went to med school hey, for hey, every hey, 50,000. We, we live off of that guy or we get our teeth done by that guy. <laughs> one or the other. It's the guy who Free wants to brew great or... beer. Yes. That has great equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's Doc's reason. Really, he just loves all those cool gadgets because I guarantee Doc was brewing some pretty damn great beer before oh. he got all oh, that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I knew, I've known stock for a long time and his nine percent wheats will always knock you out whether it was 10 years ago or now have i ever even asked you? i must have on the first show or something how long have you been brewing doc um six weeks yeah <laughs> how long has the show been going on yeah. uh 15 years 15 years you have yeah. no kidding how long have you been a dentist 20 oh okay <laughs> I say, yeah, like I don't know when was your first visit. <laughs> Six weeks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it was fifteen years ago. Brewing for yeah. fifteen. Years. How long have you had? Uh, I think this is good for people to know who are kind of moving up in the brewing world. How long have you had all the fancy equipment in your fifteen years? Uh, let's, let's work backwards. Uh, right now, you've all seen my system that's on the website. Yeah, I've had that two years. Two years. Now. Okay, and before that, I had uh, pretty much the igloo system. Okay. Uh, Two igloos and uh, two bullrath, and 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 I, w- I still would research off of that one. Before that, yeah, it was uh, saw horses, okay. and and buckets and buckets, and I would lift the things up and I would do all gravity yeah. off of that one. And before that, I just had uh, the cooker outside, yeah, um, you know the turkey cooker. And before that, I was <laughs> ruining my wife's kitchen. Yeah. So you've been brewing longer on the frugal budget that we're talking about oh, yeah. than you have on Definitely. the super system. Definitely. More of your career has been spent on the... Right. I've, yeah. had, I've had to pull everything out and piece everything together yeah. and uh, really do it on the frugal after that. My, well, my wife was so happy when I moved outside. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, that, that's why we built what we call systems. I mean, the system has nothing to do, in my mind, with the brewing process. Yeah. As much with the idea of not having to go find three vessels that are hidden somewhere deep in the garage. Yeah. And having to find, like, a camp chef cooker that might have right. been used by ten buddies who went camping last week. Yeah, and this, exactly. that, and the other. Um, Frugal oh. for me is when Doc remembers that he has something he doesn't use anymore <laughs> and shows up on Sundays with it. He's like, hey, yeah. I forgot well, I had this for well, you. Well, there adding, you go. Adding <laughs> to the fruit experience, which we'll talk more about all grain as we go we further need to get into that, yeah. We'll get into that, but one great thing is utilize people. Um, your local homebrew use club. Use people? Yes, use people. Use I, people. I use people all the all time. time. Yeah. But uh, your local homebrew club is full of people who started where you're at now, and they don't need the stuff that you... 
need now. So right. I know people who give away bottles all the time. Yeah. Carboys because they just got something better. Um, kettles because they moved up to all grain or, you know, full vo- volume boil or just didn't like that kettle anymore. Um, sure. Uh, I've, I've got a Phil, uh, Phil sparging arm that I don't use anymore. It was great when I u- was using it. It was awesome. Okay, don't don't make me go on a rampage on that. Uh, but, but still, it was, it was just the things that I don't use sure. anymore that are not going to go to re- going to go to waste. They're, they're not they're not ruined. They're not spent. They can um, do the same right. job. You just don't use them anymore. When I moved up to this system, my old system is not sitting somewhere gathering dust. I sold it to somebody else. Again, it's convenience and, and well, my my old and brewing partner really liked all the beers that me and him did on that old system, and he really liked it. He was comfortable with that old system. And he said, well, why don't I just buy it from you? So and okay. then I never have to see you again. Well, and he, he left. And, and, I, and I know he's brewed at least two times since he's... No, actually, actually, the last one he brewed on it uh, made it through the second round of oh, nice. NHC. So. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Because I know who it is. So. Yes, you do. So. And, and he made it... He, and I go, no, dude, this... This is going, and it, and it made it. It made it first or something, and second, first round, and it made it into the second round. So okay, so so we we were getting to uh, bottling up, right? Yeah, we're, we're there at bottling. So that, now, now you have this are... finished fermented wort. Mm-hmm. Now we want to bottle it, and yeah, we can beer do at that point. Yes, Non-carbonated. Sir, that's beer. true. Actually, beer. Yep. Shame on you, Siebel uh, Institute okay. professor. And God. If, you, if you were Justin, you could drink it right then. <laughs> yeah, you don't even forget. Yeah, let, let's talk frugal here for a second. Just, just pour a directly into your own receptacle, which is your mouth. <laughs> some people call it a racking cane. Some people call it a straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you do need to bottle it, here's how you can. All do the that. alcohol's already there. <laughs> so so the point about the carbonation drops was was a good one. Uh, you know, they're a little more expensive than just plain old su- table sugar. Short run inexpensive, long run more expensive. Right, right. I think it depends on how you're gonna like amortize that cost. Again, if you have that second vessel, the bottling or the the fermenting bucket, you could go back into your brewing kettle exactly uh, to mix up your your bottling sugar at the same and we're time. Gonna, we're gonna use about three or uh, four ounces. Yeah. So three quarter cup of sugar, super cheap right. per five gallon. You want to make sure that's well mixed, but don't get in there and st- there's no need to stir it, blend right. it, whip it, any of that kind of stuff in there. You mix it with a little water, whip uh, it, boil while, it on the stove, and then put it in there. Yeah. And, and while you're siphoning it, because that's the best way to get it from your fermenter into the bottling bucket mm-hmm. or whatever it is, Versus is the pouring. siphon. That will stir it. That will be plenty of stir. You've, you've seen that. It, yeah. it swirls around yeah. for you. And just let the sugar sit in there and just swirl itself up. Yeah. yeah the piece of tubing you, you buy, it's worth it. You sure. Know, in order to be able to siphon. And, and, and tubing that to do that should probably be about 20 to 40 cents a foot at the most. Yeah. Okay. Still and pretty then, cheap here. Yeah. And, if it, and if it gets kind of funky or you end up with infected batch, Throw it and away. toss it. Yeah. Buy yourself a new one. It's well worth it. It's not uh, not an expense. It's a problem, All right? So even for the most frugal brewer, you would replace that tubing as you need. We're trying to pay attention here, and Danielle is walking around with Travis, the uh, the Dave. pink penis alien. I, I had forgotten about this from uh, Orlando. There's I forgot pictures. about a lot of things from Orlando. Everyone's trying to focus on Jamil and keep a straight face. Am I the only one that's trying to keep this show on track? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. You're just do, you're you're the more of a like on track Nazi than I am today. We're doing fine. She's, <laughs> Danielle is blowing the <laughs> alien. Oh over. man, look at that! Wow. Holy she's she's getting up. stiffer she's as we speak. Where's the webcam when you need it? Oh. <laughs> it's like oh airplane where the, where the air nozzle is down yeah, on yeah. the uh, autopilot. Justin, uh, 
Let her know that that's not the air nozzle. <laughs> as hard as you blow on that, he's not getting any, any more air in him. All right. What I want to know is, and you're talking about these uh, using uh, soda bottles. Uh, are you telling me that they're not going to explode under the pressure of carbonation? Uh, no. As Never? Long as, as long as they held uh, a carbonated beverage. Yeah. Uh, and Pepsi, Coke, all those guys, they engineer those things to hold an extreme amount of heat. Yeah. Because you're the average moron driving in your car in yes, 105 degrees mm-hmm. temperature, and you go up and over a mountain pass. Yeah. They those need things, those yeah. things to handle okay. extreme amounts of pressure. They don't want somebody to put yeah. out an eye. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. In, in theory, you could explode them, but it's gonna, we, you, we, you would have to be a total We've actually hooked up carbonator caps yeah. to see what the explosion yeah. point is. It's roughly between 120 and 125 PSI. I was going to say it's well above 100. Yeah, and they don't even explode. They so tear. Even a, even a gusher isn't going to blow this thing no. up. No. no, and they don't explode. They actually just tear along the edge, it's, which it's is great. Sa- it's safer than bottles. That's so. what I was just going to say. Then. Yeah, far gla- safer than bottles. Okay. Glass hand grenades are a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've had a few of those it, in but, my closet. You know, I, I tell you, there is something nice just like, uh, you know the the place that you drink your beer, uh, the way that you serve your beer, uh, can have an effect on flavor. You know, okay. as far as a perception. Sure. So if if you can afford uh, getting bottles or reusing bottles, getting them clean with uh, PBW or, or dishwashing soap, getting mm-hmm. them sanitized, you can buy caps fairly cheap. You can get a quarter pound of caps for what two dollars, a buck twenty five, or and whatever. a quarter pound of caps will do a fifty couple, bottles, uh, a full five gallon batch. Okay, and then a capper is usually nine dollars to twelve dollars. Right. Okay, and, that, and then of course work for a lot of lot of bottles. Of dollars. course, if you're buying beer that is that you that it isn't twist off, now you don't have to buy the plastic bottles or the regular bottles because you right. can reuse bottles. You want to make sure they're clean and sanitized, like Jamil's talking about. But now we're talking about a zero budget. It, it, it's it's within your regular beer budget. Sure. <laughs> However long it takes you to come up right. with twenty four beers, if two you days, talk to your friends, uh, <laughs> then you uh, have a, a, a bunch of free bottles. There. I know guys who bottles go to, are reusable. Yeah, yeah. So I know guys who go to bars. Yeah. yeah, and just say, hey, what do you got from last night? Right. Like okay. if they serve Corona, Sam Adams, um, you look for those style right. places that serve that kind of beer. Yeah. Those places really never turn it in for the um, no. glass value or anything like they that. They don't. Care. Or talk to your friends or yeah. raid the. Well, uh, the worst thing is you don't want them with cigarette butts in them. Mm. Um, or, or actually, I will say this against Sam Adams. Even though I endorsed them earlier, uh-huh. they have the strongest glue that's out there. Right, they're the labels, worst though. label to peel off a damn bottle. But you know, if you're frugal, who cares? Yeah. You know, it, it, well, you it, can right. leave the label on, yeah. but most people want to take it, it, it off. You know, it, part of that is you know you want it to look nice and you want to have a nice presentation if you're serving it to somebody else. And yeah. Sometimes uh, the little extra expense of those bottles is is worth it. What's this question, Danielle? I don't understand. Pet. Pet bottles, you know, plastic bottles. P-E-T. Yeah. Pet, number two. P-E-T is a um, uh, a rating of oxygen barrier, essentially. Okay. It's, it's what Type Pepsi bottles, Coke bottles. It has oh, to okay. do with how many drams of oxygen will get into whatever you have inside of them in a day. And P, uh, coded P-E-T is usually one dram per day per square inch. Okay. I only know this because my dad worked for Pepsi bottling, so okay. this isn't something the average geek <laughs> needs to know. Okay. Um, but that means, like, you know, the people who made the better bottle. I think it's a great idea. Plastic uh, fermenter, a cool idea. Can't really clean it. But my problem with it is, is they claim it has better oxygen barrier qualities, but really that's a lot of surface area. And and being that you're getting one dram through on an ale, it's fine. Loggers, or mm. we deal a lot with winemakers too. It's not as good of a solution as glass would be. Okay. Plus, the cost is almost the same, so right. it, it gets in the same ballpark. I would just go with the plastic bottle. Yeah, 
plastic bucket's great, or or if you have access to those Arrowhead bottles, that's yeah, that's okay. genius because it's free. A listener in the chat room is coming through talking about using Grolsch bottles, which uh, everybody knows they're sure, the, the sure. so now you don't even need to buy caps. Nope. Do be concerned though; you, uh, eventually, uh, you know, you, you're going to want to put those gaskets. That's ultra cheap. Those yeah. are re- right, really yeah. cheap. But and, the and bottles that a beer that you buy them in are usually way more expensive. expensive a little more than, expensive, right? Yeah. Now. But you can sort of like I've accumulated a bunch of them just over time. People uh, have come in here and brought it in their own, and they leave the bottle and say, right. "I stole them." Okay, Chris, let's face it, uh, and. <laughs> I was going to say, are you drinking French beer these days? (laughs) And so you end up with a bunch of them. Uh, And I actually, uh, along with with Jamil, not talking about the presentation, and you want to have a cool thing, I really like Grosch bottles for that. It's kind of a cool way to serve a beer. It appears to be very traditional and and just kind of cool like that. And uh, and if you're talking presentation and you are going on the cheap and you're doing it in something cheap, like a plastic bottle, the best thing you could do is have your friends. Doing it cheap. Yeah, where uh, yeah, <laughs> don't. Yes, if you're doing it, you don't want to do it cheap. But it, on the bottling, <laughs> want to be doing it. Yeah. Um, if your friends are say outside or not in the same room as you, you're better off <laughs> grabbing that two liter bottle, decanting them into glasses, which yeah. is the smart way to do homebrew anyway. Go. That's yes, that hasn't true. been, um, you know, force carbonated and then uh, bottled that the way. Yeast and everything in the bottle. Yeah, so that way it it, it makes the presentation value go way up because they never saw the old Pepsi bottle. <laughs> that right. That's true. That's scraped away and whatnot. Okay. So we've been pretty basic so far, and we've got you all the way through doing your your smaller batches, your extract, your partial boil, even up to to getting to to full boil, Uh, though we will probably make a couple more recommendations about where to find burners and things like that. But let's get into the more advanced part now. Uh, We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking about how do we move on to all green. And this is a thing that I think a lot of – now, this is more along the frugal notes because uh, people who want to get into brewing, um, they'll find a way to overcome sort of the cost limits, and, and they'll find a way to do it. But it is sort of more of a restraint, at least people think so, in moving to all grain. A lot of people think that, uh, okay, they got into it on the cheap. And they're going to do extract, cheap, cheap, cheap. They've got the minimum amount of equipment, whatever they're going to do. Yes. Uh, and then that, that it's a big step, they think, to go to all grain. But we're going to tell you how to do it real cheap. And in essence, it's probably cheaper in the long run. Yeah. So stay yeah. tuned. The, the long run versus short run. Exactly. Long run versus short run. Absolutely. 888-401-BEER. We'd love to hear listeners' uh, 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 solutions to making cheap beer, too. So call us up when we come back, and we're going to teach you how to go all green for next to nothing right here on the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. It was a really a long line at the uh, the pee bathroom. So no, really, uh, the thing to apologize nasty. for was that music selection. What's that? Yanni, tubular <laughs> bells, Zenya. What, no. what kind of? You hey. got to thank Doc for that. I was actually going to do a contest if anybody uh, wants to call in eight 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 four zero one beer 
and name uh, what that song was, who it was by, uh, will work, but uh, better yet would be who it was by. It's going to be uh, Gay or, Banjo or, something or other. Originally, <laughs> and what actual track it was yeah. uh, would, would, would be cool. It's a Doc selection. Doc's been bringing me in banjo music every week. He's forcing me to play for you. So like it or not, it's in the it's in the lineup. It's at least blue, bluegrass. A little bluegrassy. Yeah. 888 beer is the number if you want to call and chime in on what that uh, song was. If you're listening on the archives, you have no idea what we're talking about anyway. So because, uh, you know, pretty much I don't want to hear about anything bad. So, <laughs> hey, just, just yeah. sit there and shut up. <laughs> also, give us a call uh, with your own frugal uh, brewing equipment techniques. We'd love to hear it and how you guys uh, made it happen cheap, too. That will help all brewers yeah. out if we give Exactly. If you're brewing in the washing machine, hey, what the hell? Yeah. Now, we're, we're going to get into all grain, uh, but I want to, I guess, make an announcement first. I wasn't going to do this. Uh, Danielle and I were just talking about it and trying to figure this out. We've been, we've been holding off on it, and we knew it was happening. I told you all at the, at the um, not just the beginning of the year, but sort of throughout things happening, I told you that we're, we've got some really big events coming up, and we're working on lots of stuff. And, and part of those were the NHC and the anniversary party. But we have more things lined up, too. And I was going to hold off on this one, but it actually appears to be the perfect show to at least give you a teaser about it. And I'm going to tell you right now, all the details aren't aren't final anyway, but we at least know that it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so we can we can tell you this. It goes perfect with the frugal show, and this is this and is. And I why just we're can't hold it. back anymore. Danielle, you just can't <laughs> no. can't hold it in I've anymore. She's bursting. bursting yeah. <laughs> She's been squirming over there the whole time. Would you like to make the announcement, Danielle? No, you go ahead. Are you sure? I am sure. <laughs> You're cheaper than I am, so go ahead. So I can do. <laughs> well, it does go perfect with the frugal show. Uh, we we just got done sort of talking about uh, fermentation techniques and things like that, and uh, let's face it. Everybody out there, myself included, everybody uh, wants a conical fermenter. And we all know that they're an expensive deal, and it's kind of a down. Everyone says, oh, w- you know, down the road, I'm going to get myself a conical. And uh, down the road, I can't No matter how cool that. they are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We all say down the road, because it it's a pricey uh, thing. So uh, the Brewing Network, as always, trying to help out our fellow home brewers and, and really kind of put it out there. Uh, beer, beer, and more beer has been kind enough, as they have since the beginning of our show, to donate uh, not only their time, but their resources as well, uh, and they understand the the passion for the conical. We're giving away a conical fermenter no. from beer, beer, and more beer. Sweet, yeah, absolutely. We wow. are going to give away, and and you can all. I don't even have to tell you. Go ahead to the websites. You've done it before. I know you've all drooled over them. Jamil's conical. <laughs> We're giving away Jamil's conical. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Man. Excellent. Can you believe it? With, with, with beer, beer in it. it. Yeah. With beer in it. Yeah. Told you how kind this guy mm, is. Awesome. <laughs> You know what a value this is, actually, and it's going to be a brand new five gallon uh, beer, beer, and more beer conical fermenter. Seven and, and a half. Here, what we'll do, it will do a Not seven or twelve. A seven or twelve. So the winner can designate which ones because they're only twenty Ooh. bucks difference. Oh, okay, perfect. So a seven or That's twelve, excellent. because you need the room for the uh, the corrosion yeah. and all yep. that. And if you're already doing ten. You, you need the 12. If you're only going to ever do five, you might as well get just yeah, seven. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go big because yeah. okay. you can. Yeah. So there you go. Beer, beer, and more beer uh, to the Brewing Network and to our listeners has donated a conical fermenter. Uh, wow. Details will follow. We don't have the whole thing set up yet, and that's why I really wasn't going to announce it uh, during this show. We're still working about how we can... Uh, what, ma- what are you going to have to do to get It'll involve <laughs> nudity. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, what, what are we going to have to do vulgar. to get that? Yeah. All of those details to come, because we're not uh, too sure. We have a lot of ideas, and we've just been putting them together, mm. and that's why I've not... I wanted the whole thing sort of wrapped up in a package and ready to go, and 
we announced it. But really, doing the frugal show got to, got us just kind of excited. We've been stoked about it since since yeah. they agreed. We made the phone call one day and we and we were like, hey, you know, we've done the uh, keg system giveaway, and we we're always giving away some cool things. Um, and we actually, I, I don't, I don't even know if it was our idea. We were thinking it in the back of our head, and we just kind of said, like, and John, of course, was instrumental in sort of putting this out there too. I uh, kind of said, you know, wh- what else could we give away that was kind of real cool that people what, what really like? Belongs to more beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and both Chris and Olin were like, well, you know, everyone likes conicals, and we were like. Huh. I guess you're right. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> you get us drunk enough, we'll give away a system. I mean, it's easy. <laughs> ready to go. Hey, give us another couple of years, right? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, and we were actually, to be really honest, we were blown away because we, we do know the value of the conical and, and just thought it was awesome and really a cool way to, to help some people out. So... Uh, we are, courtesy of Beer, Beer, and Morber, giving away a conical fermenter. So stay tuned to the PN as usual. We're going to plan the whole thing out and, and let you know. It's going to happen in the next couple of months, uh, not before August. Uh, but, but oh, we might, no. but we're, we're going to start to, we're going to do the same, same way we did the last giveaway where it's going to be a run of a couple of weeks that you have to qualify to do some certain things. And, uh, hey, that's as frugal as it gets, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you have to qualify. Yeah. <laughs> you got to qualify. And, and one lucky listener out there. You have to be seen outside naked. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. With photos. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you the rules. Of course, the Brewer's Code will apply if you already got a conical. You're excluded from the competition. That's what the guys are saying already. Well, and no, no, saying no. Here's, here's the real deal. If you work or have sat in this room before, <laughs> you can't have the conical. You can't have one. Yeah. I mean, even I haven't figured out how to steal a conical yet. <laughs> we'll get through there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still in other things from B3. So right, well, I took the one out of the showroom yesterday. <laughs> It's going to be tougher for you. Well, people are very excited and are saying B3 cool. is the bomb. No, they really are cool, and you guys have always been awesome. We've been stoked about this. for Danielle and I have known about this for a couple of months and couldn't do any, because like, we're waiting to put it all together. So it did end up being the perfect time on the frugal brew so show. So this is glycol jacketed. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yours, glycol yeah, okay, good. Look at Doc stepping it up for you folks at home. He's trying to get you the real So I'm going to be giving away like 20 weeks of free dental work. <laughs> <laughs> for you and all your friends. <laughs> yeah, all your tooth. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm uh, a, a big more beer supporter, which I am. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I've mentioned this elsewhere o- online is that uh, of all the homebrew suppliers, all the homebrew manufacturers, the most uh, generous in terms of contributions to gifts to homebrewers for conferences and competitions and supporting things like this. Yeah. More beer by far, yeah. by a factor, by a huge. Here, here's my factor. request of all you people: okay. do not email me directly. <laughs> I do yeah. not do that for the company. <laughs> it but, angers uh, me. You know, <laughs> ex- extremely generous yeah. uh, to a you fault. Put it to jp at J- morebeer.com. No, I'm dead serious. That's who I yeah. have do it yeah. for me. Right, yeah. you're, you're, to a fault. Right. Your giveaways. Yeah. yeah, JP does all that. Well, I monitor it, but right. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what kind of guy JP is? He's the like, man in the shorts. Don't bother me here. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. No, he's great about it, though. I mean, he follows up with them and all yeah. that good jazz. So. He's, he's it's, the man it's, in the shorts. I, I, I got to say, Chris, it's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I rarely have seen any company in any industry. Uh, be as generous. We'll, we'll look at Olin and I's background. I mean, that's what it comes from is, is people who took care of us. That's what makes us take care of other people. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, I dig nice that thing. about this whole the the, uh, the whole industry, and and uh, we do the same thing here. Uh, try to do as much as we can help people, but more more so people help us, right? But uh, but it's certainly this philosophy of if I can help, I'll help, and it, and it really goes around the whole deal. And you guys are cool about it. Hey, that. I know you don't think you're helping, but uh, I've got a success story. A brewer who uh, he happens to be a programmer, good friend of mine. Okay, he actually took over my programming for us. Um, never brewed before. Would fly out to Indianapolis where he lives and he drank Budweiser all the time, Bud Light. Okay. And, uh, I gave him a brew kit for his birthday. Oh, beautiful. He said, uh, actually through the help of Jamil. Oh, right. has no idea. <laughs> he, uh, listened to every one of Jamil's shows. Yeah. Podcasted. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. He is brewed his third batch, fourth batch now. Yeah. And he knows more about brewing than the average Joe. I mean, just Beautiful. from the idea he started in January. Yeah. First batch. Is this who I think it is? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to mention cool. his name, but okay. he's a pretty sourpuss kind of guy, but yet uh, brews great beer. I had a sample of it, and yeah. I was uh, blown away, and he was intimidated by stouts. Well, and, it's, and he listened it's to Jamil's show. That he really, listened to Jamil's show like three or four times. Tune in Mondays, ten o'clock. <laughs> he got it, <laughs> and he said, "Like if I can even come close to Jamil, I'll be a happy man." Yeah, and well, who wouldn't? I, but I mean, let's face it. My fourth beer. I'm close to Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> That's proximity. <laughs> my fourth batch of beer was so undrinkable; it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Actually, you still, you still drank it though. <laughs> no, my friends did. Okay. That's what. I drank all about his good friends. Mine was unbearable, and I drank it too. Surprise, surprise! But, but what did you do? With it? <laughs> it wasn't until I met Olin that my beer started to really improve. Oh, I was just beautiful. persistent. <laughs> all right, so stay tuned. We're giving it away, and B three is just awesome for that. Uh, on the note of of the Jamil show, I, this is funny. Jamil was just telling me this today. Uh, there are actually, because of the Brewing Network and because of the Jamil show on the Brewing Network, there are now podcasts popping up. Their entire podcast is about our shows. Like, they podcast based on what we do. So what? this uh, this new podcast come out, and his first episode that he does is everything he took from the Jamil shows put into his own sort of technique. Like, he dedicated Jamil's technique. He, we- he basically took out all the fluff, got down Jamil's techniques and his tips, and did an entire... So now there are podcast spawning from our podcasts. Wow. <laughs> Does this guy that. admit that? After the, he, the pod of the pod. I don't think he gave uh, the BN props necessarily, although, although he certainly gave yeah, Jamil props. He, he, let oh, me he know. did? Okay. He's a real nice guy. Yeah. His name's John. He's... Uh, John? Uh, brew, brew, case, brew Crazy. Or Crate, please say. Yeah, brewcrazy.com, yeah. <laughs> it was John, yeah. Oh, good guy. So, so whole other podcasts wow. uh, coming out from our... Po- I was like, did he use sound bites? Yeah. Where's my royalties, man? Can't use my. You use sound bites. <laughs> you use sound bites from our show. I've decided that uh, I can't really own Jamil, but I think the Brewing Network should own sort of the whole Pope Jamil, like his character, because come on, that happened here, right? We can we can take some stake in that. I think it's public property. At this point. You can't I think at this point you need anywhere. to make sure it's like, Damn are you it. are you ordained? That's right. Wow. <laughs> Jamil just, is public property, yeah, I guess. I guess. So. No, Pope Jamil. But Pope Jamil belongs to us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I don't. Care what you say he's our pope he's the brewing network's pope damn it <laughs> okay so back to all green <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can do this real cheap by getting justin mad that's right yeah let's get on to business so we've done the sort of uh the, the very basics and now you've been a brewer for a long time and you, you've you've uh held off from going to all green you don't even have to be a brewer a long time all green has this mystique hanging over its head for most people and it's really i mean all of us do it 
It's not that complicated. Yeah. You're converting starches to sugars, yeah. rinsing it out, and the same thing after that. Uh, it, well, it, yeah. it's cheaper, so it goes along with the the frugal thing. Okay. Sure. Uh, it's it's it is it's a lot cheaper, uh, and you got a lot more control well, over. It's what a you're lot doing. cheaper per batch. Per batch. Let's justify. Uh, it. You have you're, equipment expenses. You're going to have yeah. to like incur incur a, a couple more things that are going to be uh, a little more expensive. Well, uh, let's talk about what do you need to do all grain? Uh, you, you need, need two vessels. You need a mash tun. Yep. And a boil kettle and a uh, hot liquor tank. Exactly. Well, and, and, and let's and back you can, up, you, you can, you can push that into two. I I I was uh, you know interested in going all grain, but I was afraid of all grain. I, and I'm somebody who reads and can figure things out and have no problem. He reads, but <laughs> problem in life. <laughs> but but I, I read all this all grain stuff that's out there, and it was just it, it seemed too confusing. pHs and all sorts of stuff. Until Chris came and showed me how to brew all grain. Yeah. I, I was stuck. And, if this moron can teach that moron how to do it, <laughs> second, he made it really easy. Right. And and essentially, we're not even talking starches to sugars. All right, the extract that you start with, that coagulated, thick, gooey syrup that you start with when you're extract brewing. Yep. Once you add water to it, you just made it. That's 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 what, that's you're, what you're that's what you're making. You're making that. And all the rest of the process is exactly the same. So you just are going to that point of sugar in water. And yeah. that comes from a bunch of grains. You add water to it basically at a certain temperature. You wait. And then you rinse the sugar out. That's Let's, all you're doing. The, the two really most easy. important things of an all-grain batch, hydration level and temperature. Two things that are critical to make sure it happens. The ranges are broad. So, amount of water. Amount of water is usually anywhere and from 0.9 quarts of water to 1.3 quarts of water per pound of grain. Or more. Or more. You can yeah. go more you or less. You can go to two. But if you could stay in that range, you'd if be a happier man. Yeah, if you're anywhere from one to two, one to two. You're, it'll yeah. work. It'll work. And, and if you're in Don't between 148 and 158, yeah. you're again a happier person. Fahrenheit mash temperature. Yep. I did it. Enough said. You're right. You're right. Basically, you're making. If you can breathe, if you, you can, can make oatmeal, you make oatmeal. You rinse the oatmeal. Hey, oatmeal is tough. All right. And then you mm-hmm. take it from that point on. Yeah. And you're doing extract brew. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's pretty much the same. You need yes. a couple of little different things. Uh, you need a thermometer and a couple of different kettles. And you're good. You know, well, let's talk, really, let's really talk, and you don't even need yeah. that. Wait, Scott, I really loved your example of uh, making cookies. I've been using it over and over and over again. You can you can make cookies from the tube of dough at the store. That's extract brewing. Mm. Right. You can make cookies with flour yeah, and uh, shortening and uh, mixing it up yourself, and that's all grain brewing. Yeah. It's the same cookies, you know, same kind of thing, and you have a little more control over it, and it's maybe cheaper to make it yourself, but it's not uh, worlds more complex. Right. No. Uh, to, to go from one to the other. But you're, you're kind of trying to reach that same dough on the, but on you the generally sheet. need a couple more things to right. do exactly. it from but scratch. If you've never ever used an un, uh, oven before. You're screwed. Yeah, well. It, well, you need It's all, it's both. all intimidating. Yeah. Um, but once you make that first tube of cookies. Yeah. Hey, that, that oven's a friendly guy. Right. So. Yeah. It's just one more thing. The boil's the easy part. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. you've learned, you've learned the fermentation, the temperature control, the bottling, the, you know, you've learned all the hard stuff, really. Right. The, the mash is pretty easy. It's, it's grinding up grain, 
which your homebrew shop will do for you. Mm-hmm. It's putting it in a container of water at a certain temperature. So you want the mash temperature to be 152 Fahrenheit, and, and you're going to Let's talk about that. A the, the temperature is important, but it's only important for about seven minutes. Yeah. If you look at anybody's, go on to uh, Brees right now, right. hop on their website, look for the two-row. The average conversion time is five to seven right. minutes. Right. So you don't have to have an insulated really vessel. You don't have to have or a way not, to stop it. 90-minute mash. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. yeah. You can you can use plastic uh, well, well, pockets. But don't, use, don't, uh, don't think you're going to sparge at seven minutes. Let's clarify that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, not soluble sugars, but they are sugars. It, it might take longer to, right. so, to sparge. Well, let, let, let's, let's... We do have full go. archives about the all-grain process, too, so I don't want us oh, to go okay. through oh, gotcha. the whole thing. All right. We have all-grain shows. All right, so uh, let's go into the equipment that you need. What, yeah, what do you need to do this? Exactly. That's what I want to talk yeah. about. You need a mash vessel. The simplest mash vessel. The idea is you're going to suspend grain above the true bottom of a vessel. I mean, that's all you're really going to do, and you're going to draw the liquid through. Why are you keeping it above the true bottom? Well, the, well, it doesn't have to actually be above the true bottom, but it's easiest if it's above the true bottom because then um, you can just collect the wart runnings off of that. And it's, it comes out, it's a better flow to it's, come out of there. It's just usually you can collect the sugars without the solids below a, right. a bottom. So you can, you can get... Uh, False bottoms for more beer or other suppliers, or you can make a manifold out of copper pipe. Well, the easiest one Dave Miller right. taught me was, and he didn't personally teach me, I read his book. But you stole it. <laughs> you take a bucket, and you got a couple buckets. Usually by this point in your career, you may have three or four buckets sitting around. They're all food drill, grade. Drill they're a million all, holes. And you just sit there with a drill, and you just drill them through. And that was or my very first p- false bottom. Papazian zap pap. So yeah, you drill right. a bunch of holes in the bottom of one and set that inside the other. And set that inside the other. The other should have a way of draining the liquid out. And you know, you know how when you nest two buckets, there's like an inch or two at the bottom that, yeah. that it doesn't fit. You have a gap, and that's your gap. false bottom. Perfect. Dead space. So that's one way to do it. Another is we sell little false bottoms that are a lot easier in terms of just they're stainless, they're domed. They sit right down on the bottom. They have a little yeah. pickup tube from the center. Well, and I have one of those. those. It worked beautifully. I have no idea how much it was. They're about 16 bucks. Don't ask so. me why. I don't know how much it was, Chris. It just, but, appear, uh, it just appears. It's a shocker that you don't know that. I mean, really. <laughs> I've looked through your invoice history, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how much you've brewed. $12 <laughs> over the course of six years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But they do, uh, it's actually, your little false bottom, and it's a very simple thing, uh, it works beautifully. Yeah. So check that out on the website, and probably other places have no, them, too. No, other places have them. They're made out of plastic, stainless, whatever. It does I don't care. I mean, really, Something. I don't care if you ever go to our website. I mean, that's not really the point of the show. The idea is you build something that the grains can sit on, but the liquid can flow through. That's all you care about. That's your mash tun. You're, strain, okay. you're straining everything to come out, and uh, you want to get the solids yeah. and the liquid separated. And and with that's the cost it. of uh, copper nowadays, you're probably better off buying True. a false bottom than you are making yeah. your own it, copper that, that, That's a side story, but amazing yeah. that copper has actually over doubled in the last year. Yeah, it's about four times higher in the uh, past couple of years. Yeah, for us, we're about to do price raises, so if you want a uh, wart chiller, order it now, now. because it's going up on Tuesday. Because copper's going up. Oh, Oh, copper over doubled. Okay, interesting. Good to know. Now, can you... Wart wart chillers Monday. Get in there now, because Tuesday they're going up. So let's keep talking false bottoms, or or mash tons. So you have your idea of your double bucket, then you have a cooler system. All right, wait, wait, wait. With the double bucket. 
Yeah. Can you? So you got it's a five gallon uh, double bucket thing. Take mm-hmm. those. Can you buckets. do a five gallon all grain batch with can, just a five gallon? You bucket? You can do up to about seventeen and a half pounds easily in a five gallon vessel because I've done this with a cooler before to measure it out. Yeah. Five gallon buckets are usually actually about six and a half mm-hmm. to six to point top. eight. You, you to can the easily top. make a, a good five gallon okay. batch. No yeah. problem. That's all I want to know. Okay. Fair enough. But and you, so but you have to nest them. Like well, that, that's one, one over the. You know, yeah, that's, oh, that's nesting. Your false nesting is drilling out one. You don't have to nest if you're using a false bottom. Okay. But then you can go to a cooler and use a false bottom. You can go to a cooler and use a manifold system, which is another John Palmer. Go yeah. to howtobrew.com. But again, with the price of copper. Uh, yeah. Well, God, that's or, or, that's like two feet of copper. I mean, that's yeah, not a real yeah. expensive one. Or the cost of On a the false bottom, ones. or you have to buy a whole nother bucket. You're going to drill holes. In. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Well, the idea of the, the the round coolers with the false round false bottom that you sell that's pretty price effective and really yeah. a, a quality yeah. uh, mashing and, vessel. And, and, the and, nice thing about that too is with the false bottom. The idea is this. You have a whole, think of it as a room. You have a whole room with a false bottom, a false floor, as opposed to a whole room with like three or two, uh, one foot tubes that go through that are slotted. Think of your surface area. Your surface area is greatly reduced by having, um, manifolds. So manifolds are great, but your efficiency drops considerably yeah. because you don't have the whole surface it, area. It, it channels. Yeah. So and it, I, I love it for the cheap factor. I had one for years wrapped. I had copper wrapped in stainless. It was a ridiculous amount of money I finally put into that thing to get it to where I wanted it to. I, I thought if you uh, if you if you ran it uh, at a proper rate, I thought John had uh, uh, proof of uh, the efficiency was was about the same between a false bottom and the. And a the little bit lower, as his last results showed. But actually, he's buying a fifteen fifty right now, right. and we're setting it up so he can run manifolds, false bottoms, whatever mm-hmm. he wants to run on there. So at this point. Apples to apples, is, I don't think it's 100% right. proven yet. Uh, yeah, I would think where with, you the, with pr- the cost where, is... Where you pull from, right. he says, is equal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter if you pull from the center, the side, whatever. Right. But uh, manifold versus false bottom, I don't think he's running in the exact same um, uh, vessel yet. Okay. All right. And I might be totally wrong, John. Sorry about that. <laughs> Our apologies. But John's yeah. not here. <laughs> but, but again, either way, I would think the cost per batch is pennies. Either either way, you're talking if you go full blown and you are going to waste money and buy it from more beer, mm. you're going to get a, a mash ton for under ninety nine dollars. Okay, you know, and have a full stainless dome, right. false bottom, and all that good jazz. That's and, the most expensive you're going to get. And that would be the way I'd recommend. And other than if if you happen to have something cheap, you happen to have manifold, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, whatever's going to, or the buckets, you have the buckets and you have a lot of time and a little drill bit and you want to do that, that's fine. And let's dumb it down. This vessel, you're going to put your you. water, your grain in. You're going to put your water at one to two quarts of water per pound of grain. Right. You're going to start that water so that after you stir it into the grains, it's going to sit between 148 and 158. That's okay. all you care about. It doesn't have right. to finish at those temperatures. It has to start there once you're done stirring mm-hmm. it in. Okay. Right. And then now you got to rinse those sugars out. And that's the last and final vessel, which is usually called a sparge tank. Or a hot liquor tank. Hot too. liquor yeah. tank, either okay. way. And now that could be the simplest of vessels. It right. could be another plastic bucket. could be another cooler. Coolers are more popular because they hold their heat longer. The best ones I've seen on the real cheap is a corny keg wrapped in insulation. 
And then you can sparge based off of uh, PSI on a cheap yeah, CO2 system. but again, I know it's, I'm just saying if you have a CO2 system, right, that's right. a real cheap way to right. do it. If you don't have one, no, don't yeah. go buy one to do that. Uh, and again, vessels-wise, if you, you have your boil kettle, you could heat up your sparge water in the boil kettle. And you could uh, sure. sparge Transfer. out in, into a uh, a bucket, your fermenting bucket or whatever. And then uh, once you're done with that, dump it into the boil kettle to boil. Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's my, a lot more effort. My first my first system work. was a couple coolers, uh, a cooler, a kettle, and a um, not even a cooler. It was just a bucket with a spigot, and I used mm-hmm. to have to lift it about seven feet high up in the air right, on top right. of a fridge to get it to go down. Then I bought a second camshaft because I liked having the the water on demand and heat. Mm-hmm. So now I was a moron with a refrigerator with a camshaft on top of a refrigerator. Don't ever do that, by the way. <laughs> who is that? Who is that? <laughs> Someone's doing some serious mic breathing. Now I know who it is. Okay, go ahead. Is it me? Come on. No, it wasn't you. Although I thought it was you for a second. I was like, what's wrong with Chris? I'm, I'm having even, heart failure. Damn it. I'm not even breathing. <laughs> Okay. No, it's not. It was phone calls. I got phone calls coming in. That's what's happening. Uh, Danny W., you're on the line. What's happening, brother? Oh, am I the heavy breather? You're the heavy breather. Dang. We're looking at each other going, damn, who's doing that? Yeah, pull your pants up when you call the Brewing Network, man. (laughs) Darth Vader calling you to tell you about uh, mash tons. All right. You got a a mash ton story, brother? No, I want to make sure you don't forget about the braided tubing based inside of the cooler that you already have in your garage. Remember, this is uh, frugal brewing, and the most frugal thing you can use is the thing you've already got. Of course. So what's Before you go out and grab a stainless steel false bottom, go to the garage, grab the cooler that you've already got there. Wife won't even notice you've used it because you can put the, uh, uh, the braided steel line that you cut off of a toilet supply valve that you got for, uh, I don't know, about four bucks at Home Depot. Yeah. Put that in there. Ash your... Uh, brains, run them off, and then put the cooler back. She'll never know it was there. <laughs> nice. Free. Nice. The, 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 of course, uh, the cooler mash tun. Do I have to reassemble the toilet again after that? No, no, no. He bought the extra piece, but it's all stealth. It's good. <laughs> it's all very stealth. No, absolutely. In fact, I think uh, Chris had uh, briefly mentioned, and then we were going to come back to the the old cooler version. Yeah. And I do want to recommend now going to crotrot.com. I know that sounds like I'm guiding you somewhere uh, off the beaten path. <laughs> Pornography. But, uh, you yeah, might want to yeah. spell that for them. But crotrot dot com uh, with a K to begin with is a is a great uh, resource. He has a good uh, all green video, and in that he shows you the cooler uh, mash tun vessel with a sparge unit attached, and you can see the whole deal about how he constructed it uh, to be able to do your sparge and everything from it from just your cooler mash tun. And I, I believe he's using exactly what the caller is talking about: the yeah. braided reinforced. You can yes. slip the sleeve out and yes. have just that reinforcement. So Danny uh, is absolutely correct. Uh, if you have a cooler in your garage, you can you you have a mash tun. You have it right there. Is that right, my friend? That is absolutely right. All right. You're correct. <laughs> you mentioned about uh, uh, manifolds and channeling and such as that. Uh-huh. If you're barging, you don't care. Right. You're st- between each patch anyway. So the, uh, yeah. What's a pounder to a grain? Nothing. Well, when you're batch barging, is what he's saying. Is is you're getting all the sugars out. Oh, anyways. sure. It's sure. even. So. When you're batch barging and you stir between each batch, I, I haven't done an experiment. I'm tempted to, uh, to see if the efficiency really changes that much, because when you're when you're st- between batches, you're making sure you're you're eliminating any channeling issue you might have when you're fly sparging. So your efficiency, I don't think it suffers as much as people think. 
Yeah. Right. I agree. I, I agree, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Good day, gentlemen. All right, brother. And lady. <laughs> very good. Thanks, brother. That's the very good. The hungover cool. lady. I do have another caller on the on the line. Uh, Tom also has some ideas about a mash ton. Tom, how are you, brother? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing real good. Thanks for calling the Brewing Network. What do you got for mash ton? Uh, uh, awesome. Well, uh, Danny W., I guess, stole my idea about the braided hose. Oh, okay. Got in there for me. But I was going to mention that uh, if you don't already have a cooler, uh, a good way, a good uh, cheap buy is... Um, it's a 48-quart uh, ice cube mash tun. You can get those at Walmart for about $13. Okay. And uh, it makes a great mash tun. It's square. It'll fit on your, on your you know, brew stand maybe that you already have or, or whatever equipment you have set up. Yeah. Uh, it's really cheap. Um, you can uh, put a, fit a bulkhead on it. Uh, you could also use a mini keg bung and uh, put some tubing right through there. Yeah. Uh, put a braided hose in there and you're Tube good to go. It's your a bung. cheap cooler. It, you can mash 30 pounds of grain in you it. May, you may not want to say bung. even. Yeah. Yeah, careful with your use of tubing and bung on this network, Tom. But, uh, <laughs> hey, and, and that's, you know, I'm actually glad that you brought up how much you can mash in that because that is interesting. You can do 30 pounds in one, in the cooler that he's talking wow. about. Which and that's, I know, I know that's what cooler 10 you're gallons of about. barley wine. Almost. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a 12-gallon cooler. You can find it at any Walmart. Okay. Yeah. For 12 bucks? In my other system, yeah. my first system, it, it was, um, I could do a really strong Belgian. And that was close to 32 pounds. Wow. Wait, 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 Doc. Name me a beer you've ever brewed under 5% alcohol. <laughs> ever. <laughs> See, you're awfully quiet He's over thinking. That. Yeah, yeah. It, no. No, so that is, that's a factor. You definitely want to be able to, you know, once you have your mash tun. And I've even thought about, I've got those great igloos out there. And when Daniela just did her last batch, which, by the way, was huge <laughs> in, in malt, uh, we had that, we had a concern about whether or not we could put all that grain into the vessel, and that is uh, that's something you want to think about. The five-gallon bucket uh, is a bit of a smaller vessel. I think what would you say, seventeen pounds? You can easily get into a five. That's gallon actually bucket. a five-gallon cooler. The yeah. great thing about a bucket over a cooler is coolers are pretty much limited almost up to the line. They're about five and a half to six gallons okay. inside of the lid. Right. The bucket itself actually usually goes to about six, six and a half. half. Yeah. But you're now the one that you're talking about, Tom. You're saying it's a twelve-gallon cooler. Yeah, it's a 12-gallon cooler. It costs $13. Okay. Now, what's it made of? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a standard plastic. cooler, you know, white PVC inside, uh, blue outside. Uh, oh, cool. You know, yeah, Walmart has a lot of coolers around 10, yeah. 10 to I, 15 bucks. I just bucks. can't ever compete with that damn Walmart. Yeah, man. no, nobody can. Uh, you've <laughs> got to get over that. You need to hire more slave children. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been working on that. You know, <laughs> Justin, especially in the summertime when they have to go to the ice store to get ice. They need yeah. a place to put that. You need a big cooler at the ice store. I know that. Do, yeah. do they sell ice? Coolers at the ice store? Of course not. That's <laughs> you have to go to the ice cooler store for that <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> right, hey, thanks for the the tip, Tom. Appreciate it. All right, thank you guys. So Enjoying the show. All right, Justin, Justin have you ever bought a squeaker? <laughs> a squeaker? That's this white neoprene uh, <laughs> ice chest squeakers. No, you put the lid on, they squeak. No, I don't know what you're talking about. They don't sell those. In it's the like desert. fifty cents. <laughs> Styrofoam. Yeah. Styrofoam. 
Oh, that was squeaky. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ne- isn't that like, that's the Brit? What are you, a Brit now? It's neoprene. <laughs> it's a styrofoam, man. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but it's like 50 cents. Yeah, of course so. Uh, those that you actually can get at the ice I store. I think yeah. neoprene is <laughs> what you have your uh, Super Doc suit made out of. <laughs> <laughs> I am Super Doc. Okay, so let's move on then. Uh, these are the couple different ways that you can have a mash tun. Uh, I do have to ask you about a specific mash tun people want to know about, and then we can we can use that to segue into kettle too, because people have been asking the entire show about the converted uh, the converted keg method, sure, uh, which uh, which is my brew kettle. So we'll talk about that as a kettle. Uh, the question specifically about mash tun is: uh, Is there any ideas about what is the best false bottom for a converted keg as your mash tun? Converted kegs are a tough one. Uh, first off. I'll slip into my legality issue, and that is make sure that you're not stealing it from some poor damn home brewer or a craft Craft brewer who spent well over $100 for this thing you paid $15 for a deposit for. Mine says Budweiser. Yeah. 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 Don't don't (laughs) steal. Yeah. Don't steal. Don't steal. They're rarely legal. If you're buying them, make sure you get your paperwork for them. Um, And and if you paid a deposit for them, you don't own it. Just that. I'm going to get that out of the way. Now we'll talk about it. Now we're dealing with the vessel. So I'm they have glad a, you mentioned that. Yeah, Shut they have a concave Jamil. bottom. Shame on, them. on you. Jamil's a sissy. Nah, do the right thing. Come yeah, on. I actually know of a homebrew shop who went out of business because of selling those. Oh, really? And that's oh, yeah. the, now you don't go like mass selling them, do you? Well, no, but if Budweiser, Miller, Coors found out you were selling them, they would take you down in a heart. There's no yeah. such thing. I've heard this, sure. and I don't know if it's to be true, and I'm going to ask Mitch Steele now that he's the brewer for Stone, Yeah, which I think we should get on the air because he's a great guy. He used to be a Budweiser brewer. Uh, we're working on it. They're, uh, they're, I, I think they're not ready to have him uh, on he's the air. He's new. Yeah. We're, not, we're not ready. Yeah. He's new. Yeah. He's got to convert over. I mean, it's a long process. <laughs> That's right. He, we got to get him to our team. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's not ready for us. <laughs> yeah. For the likes of us <laughs> but anyway uh i have heard that budweiser actually doesn't allow legal kegs they actually salvage them themselves they okay. actually are very vertically integrated they take care of their own growing of barley they own the company that makes the kegs for them right. they own all this and when a keg goes bad they actually send it back and have it scrapped by themselves so there's no such thing right supposedly as a legal budweiser keg gotcha so Mine just showed up. I you're, swear you're to God, you're going to jail. No, boy. I mean it. It, it totally. I didn't take it. It showed up at my house, and it's been here. It was here for six months before I finally converted it. No, but anyway, so then it's good. I wasn't going to send it back. Come on, look at. I'm honest. I'm not stupid. <laughs> anyway, let's let's go to the root of the issue here. So you have this vessel and has a concave bottom. That makes life really weird. No matter what size the opening on the top, which varies amongst people. I owned a keg for years and brewed in one. Um, I'd say the most common size false bottom is a 10-inch false bottom. Reason being is it'll fit in anything without collapsing. You don't have to half it or anything like that to get it in the hole. It's still plenty of surface area across the top. It's still going to hold it up off the bottom enough that you can easily set up a pickup tube underneath that to draw it out. Okay. And that's the most common setup is to actually have a pickup tube that comes in from the side from a ball valve. That goes through, goes straight down to the bottom, underneath the false bottom. Okay. And picks the the liquid up and out. Okay. All right. So there you go. Good false bottom for the converted keg. And now I think we're probably ready to... Yeah, that false bottom should cost you about $19. Okay. All right. 
Fair enough. Uh, so now I think we're probably ready, ready to move on to, uh, I guess we should just at least cover uh, briefly. We did sort of talk about full boils, but if you're going to do all grain, you're going to want to do a full boil. Um, so you have, have to. to. You don't have a choice. Okay. So we're going to go to kettle then. And how, and, and again, a, a converted keg is a great way to come up with a kettle. Converted mm-hmm. kegs are super inexpensive. Mm-hmm. From that perspective, yeah. they're great. They're I love also, mine. They're I also think you strong. could use the enamel. Uh, canning kettle still yeah. that you bought as an extract brewer. Yeah. And if you stole I one, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you should. Uh, I don't think anybody should be using converted kegs. Okay. Here, here's my. Problem. I love I'm, my converted kegs. I'm keg. totally I'm stoked about it. it. Here's my problem with converted kegs. First off, I have a lot of scars right about here. Okay. Those are all from my from kegs. what? From my kegs cleaning them. I uh, hate okay. those things. Yeah. All right. Uh, from the the opening you get from the, the top well, lip. Yeah. Okay. Um, I plasma cutted mine and grinded it out for hours, and still it's just pretty sharp little edge. Yeah. That's probably not the reason not to use them. The reason I don't like them is you can't volumetrically measure them out. Okay. And I hate that. They have a, a false bottom or a dome bottom, so it stops you from being able to do, use pi r squared and figure out volume. Yeah. And that gets tough when you're doing different size batches. If you're doing the same size batch, no big deal. Right. But if you're varying that up and you want to measure your pre-boil and your post-boil, that gets harder to do. Second off, they have chimes on the bottom. Those chimes tend to hold the heat in. So if you're trying to cook with a outdoor burner, the heat can't spill off. And and excess fire is, is I think, a problem for a lot of brewers. Mm-hmm. They tend to get too much thermal load on their boil and evaporate off like 20, 25% of their boil during the boiling process. Okay. Which Jamil could expand on more about what that does to the beer itself. Right. Um, where wh- what do you think it should be in terms of boil off? Ten to fifteen? Yeah, twelve uh, percent would probably be my ideal. Uh, you need eight percent to to drive off DMS, and uh, once you exceed fifteen percent, you're really kind of getting into bad territory. And the idea with the chimes are the chimes are the part. Just if anyone's wondering what that is, it's where you pick up the handle. Or, you know, you have two handles inside of a keg, you have this big metal skirt around that side. If you flip a keg over, you have the same exact thing. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a collar. Yeah. What happens on a, on an outdoor burner, cause if you're using a keg, you're probably not using that on the kitchen stove. Right. Is that's trapping all that flame in. So the flame comes in, hits, go, tries to go out to the sides, and gets trapped in there. And okay. I've, I've seen people's kegs, first off, the fur is usually loaded, but second off, the bottom is glowing red hot. Yeah. Because all the flames trapped in there and there's no exhaust going anywhere until it finally goes below the chime and up and around. But can't you just turn down the flame to compensate for that as long as you're boiling to where you want your boil? Well, that would be logical, but (laughs) most of us go more more flame better. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are all the little inherent things that are not the best about a keg. I'm also trying to draw off from the bottom. I get a lot of people trying the uh, Whirlpool uh, immersion chiller. Yeah. And they're having problems because of the false bottom that they're required to use with those uh, converted kegs. And they need to draw from the bottom, and the false bottom gets uh, clogged up with uh, trube and hot mass. Well, the other other problem is with those uh, as a boil kettle is to to maximize them, you're going to put a dip tube that goes down to the bottom. Yes. We don't want all that crap, no pun intended, (laughs) into the fermenter. We don't want 100% true transferring over. So if you have a dip tube that goes all the way to the bottom, that's what it's going to do. Well, and they use that false bottom to try and filter that out, but it's you and, still and, get and plenty, proteins plenty never going to be filtered by right. any false bottom. I don't care right. what it is. It I could agree. be fine mesh green. Proteins going right through it. Yeah. A hop matter as a whole hop might be held back, but pellet hops 
which is what most of us prefer, mm-hmm. are going to go right through it, too. Well, if you could draw from the side and not use the false bottom, That's not what, use the du- dip tube, and then tilt it, you can let it all settle to the bottom. But well, even a dip tube, but if you do a dip tube, just run a shorty. Just yeah. go in about a half an inch and go mm-hmm. straight down to the dip to the edge there. You're still about a gallon or so below the true bottom, but you're going to leave behind most of that crap. Dip tube. This is not frugal. Chris likes a at all. No, 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 no. We're no, no, trying no, no, to go no, frugal. I'm, I'm going to give you an idea that's not frugal. I use the hop stopper, uh, which is not a frugal uh, brewing thing the because it's, big, it's expensive. Like and I love it. Thing? Yeah, because did uh, you get it from the guys in Orlando? Or? Uh, they, uh, I don't know. Hop stopper, uh, whatever. Uh, IHomebrewSolutions.com. Uh, they did a they did a whole segment with us where they wanted us to try their hop stopper, so we tried it, and uh, one of our listeners tried it actually, and then later when I got the converted keg, I started using it. It's sweet. It, the, the dip two goes to the bottom of the kettle, plus it leaves behind all the junk. But well, it's not frugal, so I'm not saying that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're still going to get some uh, break material through but, but there. Break, yeah, yeah, I got some breakthrough, but, the I, idea but is tons bre- of the tube that you're talking about totally got left out. Sure, ahead. break can go through anything. I mean, protein yeah. strains Which is what go. Chris was yeah. Yeah. That's why you want that conical. Yeah. yeah. The conical I mean, ideally, beautiful. yeah, a fermentation vessel that you can drop out the sediment from is your most ideal situation. Yeah. But again, we're really talking about lagers that mm-hmm. that's an important thing yeah. on. Ales so we're still talking budget. Yeah. We're still talking if you have a keg, great. Yeah. But the things to avoid are a dip two that goes to the center. Okay. In your boil kettle. So the frugal well, way is to use the same uh, the kettles you guys were talking about. Whatever, earlier. yeah. For, yeah. For, Enamel but, on steel, uh, for, for, aluminum. Right. But but, yeah, but you, frugal frugal only for for some people includes but, stealing. But you, you don't need the yeah. big thing to go all yeah. frugal. Frugal should never be stealing. Yeah. I mean, Jamil's honestly, theft I am. It is. It, I mean, you know, but Jamil, it's hurting a lot of the people that Jamil not everybody who's us. using a. Uh, I, I'm actually going to stand up yeah. and say not everybody who's using a converted keg has stolen the keg. But so I think that you're automatically assuming. But if you buy the keg Here, was stolen. Here's the argument: If you yeah. buy a stolen car, but you didn't know it was stolen, is that not sure. wrong? No, but I even mean, but but you can still purchase a keg. Like people purchase kegs. Sure. <laughs> so I think you're did automatically. You, did you pay a hundred dollars for the keg? I no. think that actually the person I got it from paid a hundred dollars for the keg. If then you, you pay a hundred dollars, hundred and ten dollars yeah. for the yeah. keg, and you yeah. buy them in volume, yeah. you're you're around a hundred dollars a keg, buying thousands. Yeah. Then uh, you probably did. And no. I, I'm not I jumping say, on the "it's okay to steal" thing. I'm just saying you're assuming that everybody saying, who has a keg. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not. No. Oh, I'm, I'm not Sab- saying that Sabco, either. Uh, handles uh, kegs and they, yeah. they refurbish them. And, and I'm going to say most people who legal. have kegs yeah. don't know the reason, right? And that's what exactly. all I want to explain to people sure. is that, especially if it says your favorite microbrewery or a local microbrewery, yeah. and, and you have a aspirations to be there someday. Just They're missing a keg. Put yeah. yourself in their shoes once in a while. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Captain English Language in the chat room wants us to know that it's chimes, not chimes, on the side of the keg. He is actually 100% correct. <laughs> so and if I could pronounce my own name, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard S., you're on the air with the Brewcasters. What's happening, man? Supposedly. Rich, shut up, Doc. <laughs> I've had that problem since birth. <laughs> Rich, are you there, brother? Library. No. Nope. Spaghetti. All right. Work on your Skype. Uh, you might have a little audio thing happening there. Call us back if you if you get that going. Okay. So if you're using then your regular keg that you got that we talked about earlier, you can use any of your seven gallon uh, kettles rather that we're talking about. There's also some before. Yeah. There's also a whole new world coming on, and okay. it's been coming on for about three years. We're, and we're starting to get on that bandwagon too. We got kettles nowadays that are coming from China. And they have, the ones we have right now are beautiful. They have a aluminum wedge bottom on them. 
So you can do decoction brewing in them a lot easier and oh, yeah. transfer the heat around. I mean, copper clad ones were the ideal situation, but those were three, four hundred dollars for an eight gallon. Yeah. yeah. Now you can get a, a what is it? A eight gallon probably costs you about ninety nine dollars. Um, ten gallon costs you one hundred twenty four dollars. I mean, we're talking relatively, and that's what it has to come down to is relatively very inexpensive. Okay. For yeah, well, crate material. One of the big problems with stainless steel is it doesn't convect heat very well. So you got a lot of hot spots. You're putting heat on the bottom of it. You're trying to do uh, direct heat to your mash, trying to do direct heat to do a decoction. It scorches things on okay. the bottom. So if you've got a copper-clad bottom or an aluminum-clad bottom, it, it dissipates the heat so much more over the whole thing yeah. that it, you're going to get a better production out of the whole thing you're not gonna have to stir every five seconds get caramelization a lot of things that are bad with just all stainless steel yeah and what chris was saying before about these big uh kettles what, what was the big not polarware what's the other one Volrath, Volrath. my favorite it's, it's so thick of uh stainless and I've welded stainless. Stainless does not suck heat very well. Okay. And so it just puts it all in one spot, and you get a lot of little scorch spots on it. If you can get anything that can dissipate the heat, which is what he was talking about, aluminum-clad bottom, uh, copper-clad bottom, something uh, metal that really does the heat better. Okay. Well, well Scott's watched me do... Uh Double, triple decoctions before. And yep. I'm so anal about it that I hate browning. I hate browning a wort. I think it's the worst goddamn thing we could do to beer. So I actually double boil when okay. I do that. And I don't know, I'm, do, did you ever do a talk that talks about decoction? Uh, a little bit, yeah. We've cool. done so some they brief speak, yeah. Has to do with the boiling of actual mash, or mm-hmm. of grains. Yep. Yes. And, uh, I do it in a double boil. I use a 28 gallon kettle with a 14 gallon kettle inside of it takes forever to get it to actual boil. Yes, it does. But it avoids all those problems. Okay. Uh, you almost want to give up on that boil. Okay. What's well, yeah, 14 to 16 hour brew days. Ouch. Someone was asking earlier uh they say doesn't ABT make a false bottom for a Sankey keg. You guys know about yes, that? Yes, they, do. they it, do. It looks like a pie. Okay. Pie pan. So go to ABT whatever I, Google not or something. Not 100% sure they're still in business, but uh, okay. y- you won't find a, you don't ABT doesn't sell direct. So you uh, actually go to northernbrewer.com. I'm pretty sure if they're still around, they carry them. Okay. ABT makes uh, so that's a, for your Sankey Cake false bottom. All right. Now, since we were talking about heat and, and, and the convection of kettles, let's talk about a heat source here because now that you, you have uh, very often, if you're doing a full boil, uh, unless it stretches over two burners on your stove, you're, you're going to need an outside heat source, a, a standalone yep. burner. Not always, but if you do, then... It uh, makes life so much easier. It does make it easy. I loved moving out of the kitchen. You guys have all talked about moving out of the kitchen and how happy your wives were. If, yeah, if uh, you have a wife or yeah. a significant other, <laughs> they're going to love you yeah. for getting out of the kitchen. And there are now there are expensive burners and there are cheap burners. I actually, uh, and this I, I didn't steal, Chris, honest, I, uh, 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 from B3, I had my eyeball on this standalone burner that the was, one that was, that sitting was outside used. The door. And it had been sitting at B3 for just months and months. I saw it out there. Now, your average uh, brewer would assume then there must be something wrong with it, but not me. I was just thinking, sweet. So I finally, <laughs> uh, I waited until I saw a price tag on it and got, just got a great deal. It was used, and it's worked awesome aside from that time I almost blew up the porch. Uh, but that was my fault, not the burner's fault. Uh, you can, you, th- there are ways that you can wait around. We have, we have not mentioned the entire show. I want to mention this for all of the equipment and, and certainly burners, what we're about to talk about. 
eBay, guys. eBay is, everybody knows, I, I, I know it sounds obvious, eBay is an awesome place to find used equipment, he, so check it out. I will, I will actually counter that, because I'm an eBay guy. Okay. I buy tons of technology off eBay. Okay. Sometimes what I hate is what you don't know. Mm. I mean, that's usually what people don't tell you on eBay, is, is how used this, that, and the other. Yeah. Outdoor burners have come... They're in all directions right now, but the number one thing that regulates you is the regulator. Uh, U.S. government is hammering down on everyone to lower the amount of PSI that propane can go through it. Okay. So meaning a Camp Chef burner, which I think is still the best. I can stand on top of one and do jumping jacks, and I'm 200 and something pounds. Okay. And that thing doesn't even flex. I get on some of the cheap ones, and I've, I've actually broken two of them. Proving to people how strong they were, and then I stopped selling that brand. Okay. Because my $200 got on top, I jumped up and down, and it cracked. So uh, be careful what you get. Okay. Be leery of what the BTU output is on those burners. What do you uh, need? What's the minimum BTU? You really don't need much. You okay. need above 45,000 BTUs, I'd say, on a good average. Okay. If you really go nuts, I mean, I've done 28-gallon boils on a uh, Camp Chef. Yeah. So that was using a 30-some-odd-gallon ves- uh Vessel, putting it on there, got up to a boil in about an hour and a half, two hours. So not that long a time to get there from cold water temperatures. But you need something strong enough to hold what you're boiling. Okay. And don't cheat yourself there. Make sure it's strong enough to hold that. Because if that falls over and it's a kid running by or it's something like that, I mean, that's a nasty situation. Bad news. Make sure it can get you to a boil. But that's easy. Any of them out there can. Head down to your local hardware store. Head down to the... Walmart, Kmart, Costco. If you're against that yeah. and you want to do the right thing, go to your homebrew shop and say, Hey, do you guys ever get returns? Do you get the, can I get on a list? Can I, you know, do you have a used one around here that you do classes on that you want to sell off once in a while? I mean, that's how you got yours. That's what we were doing is just yeah, selling right. off our demo one. So, right. you know, eBay or call John at the shop. You know, yeah. John's John's the uh, floor manager. Yep. He's got things that are seconds. Some things we have free. dented kettles. We have that. It's yeah. not free shipping, so that's the part you got to remember. Yeah, those never dented dings. All those we can't do as free shipping, but you're usually paying twenty percent less than what we pay for them. Gotcha. That's our usual price point that we put them out for sale for. Okay. So you're you're gonna get a good deal any way you look at it, but uh, it's the things that come up once in a while, and yeah. we're gonna guarantee they work. That's the difference, I guess. Where from I, your eBay, I, I yeah. just got burned on eBay, so I'm a little bit pissed about it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe that's my own fault. Sure. I like GPS, and now my GPS thing doesn't work, and I'm right. a little bit pissed off about it. Well, but, that's the nature of buying anything secondhand. Sure. But but like you're saying, and a lot. But like if you buy a, it from someone you know, yeah, and, and you, I mean, I don't even care if you know us or not. You, Ask around. Ask if we take care of you. Yeah. But ask that about eBay people, too. If sure. you see a 1,000 stars, they're great. Yeah. But if you see four stars, be careful. Exactly. Hey, Steve, you're on the phone with the Brewcasters. What's happening, brother? Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. You got a question about a brew kettle? Yeah, I know. Well, I know you guys are talking about the burners now, but That's I all right. I'm looking for a brew pot. You know, I I was looking actually for... Maybe a converted keg, but now I'm hearing all the negative comments about that. So sure. I'm, you know, I've got like a six and a half gallon brew pot right now, and I'm doing all grain. It's not enough. I need to step it up, and I'm just not really sure where to go. Okay. Where where you live? I am in southern Orange County. Okay. 
Wow, I didn't know they designated Orange County as different areas. It's a big county. <laughs> there is, actually. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> okay, so you need yourself a good kettle. You want to be above six and a half gallons. You're doing five-gallon batches, I assume. What do you? What What is your burner source? What is my what? Your burner. What are you using for a burner? Where do you get flame? Oh, I have uh, one of those, like, Cajun cookers things. That's what I got. High okay. Okay. Same thing as I do then. All right. And uh, one thing you want to avoid, if you have a real high output bor- burner, you don't want a little tiny kettle. You can actually run into problems doing that. So I, I'd recommend getting yourself probably something seven and a half gallons or bigger. Okay. Um, the highest you should pay for seven and a half gallons is $80. Um, if not, start looking around more because you'll find it for less, including myself. Um, the other source okay. for you is you have uh, Woodland Hills shouldn't be very far from you, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is? Yeah, it is. It's like 80 I, miles. That shows you my source of uh, knowledge <laughs> about the uh, OC down there. <laughs> it's 80 miles. Well, uh, well, more beer in Riverside's not too far anyway. All okay. Right. Well, even better, because those guys are yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you call Adam. See if he has a dinger dent. We actually are about to get a couple... Um, containers in, and we'll have more dings and dents. That's what happens when you get containers of kettles in. Okay. Chris, so, Chris okay. said, "Ding something up." No, no, no. Don't not do it, Doctor Scott. Yeah. Ding it up. Don't bring your kids in to wreck your shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this is the deal. Not only with what you guys are doing, I actually think, and it's the same with eBay, uh, and especially to solve the problems you're talking about and waiting for somebody who has all the stars that you need to know they're a reliable source. Sure. Just you got to be patient, and it's the same with everything. When you're on Craigslist and you're waiting for a cheap fridge, be patient because eventually a free one's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're, I guess, waiting for some dented kettles to come in for B3, wait till they get a new container shipment in, and, and then a- see what happens. Ask them if they can take a picture. I yeah. mean, really, no matter where you're getting it from, most human beings now have a, a phone that they can take a simple picture with yeah. and email it to you. If they can't, they either don't want to deal with you, or they know it's so bad that they're not going to send one. Yeah. So that's it. What's your, what's your, let's go, let's start here. What's your budget? Oh, yeah, Steve? that's a good question. What's, what's your budget for a kettle? You know what? I'm just trying to find the best deal that I can, and uh, I'm afraid now if I buy a seven and a half gallon yeah. kettle, uh, two weeks from now I'm going to go. Oh, I want to do ten gallon batch. Well, what's, that's, yeah, what, that's what's, a good the, what's the ideal batch that if you could brew any size batch you could do? What size would you do? I think it would be ten. Yeah, okay. Go 10. So, so keep that in mind when you're doing this trend. You know, transition. Yeah. It doesn't cost yeah. much more. Like when we sell nines and ten or in 14 gallon kettles and 28 gallon kettles, you'll be like, well, the price and you, especially if you ever get to a system level, the price really isn't much different. Right. That's because the initial setup, the welding, all that stuff's the same. But if you save yourself the, the 20 or 40 bucks for the small one, you're going to spend it later when you buy the big one. You're going to double it. You're going to double it. But yeah. I mean, I'm like, of. Yeah, yeah, like a, a nine gallon kettle, like right off the shelf, brand new is $120. Okay. 14 gallons, $140. Well, $20 difference. Sure. I mean, that allows you to do quite a bit more. Although, if, if you're going to buy used, uh, from another home brewer, you might run across a home brewer that's moving up from five sure. to And take to advantage 10 or of that. 10 to yeah. 20. And you can get a pretty pretty sweet deal from a lot of homebrewers. And, and so always, check that first. Always know that if you have a full volume boil kettle, 
you're always going to be able to get rid of it. I mean, really, there's always that group of people moving up from one level to another. Yeah. Getting rid of a three or a five gallon kettle, nearly impossible. impossible. Yeah. But getting rid of yeah, something above six and a half gallons is usually doable. And by the way, we haven't mentioned this. If, if you're not a forum user, this is one of the great things about using any one of the forums because all of them have a classified section where homebrewers who are upgrading, uh, they'll, they'll very often put their system on the classified saying, Hey, look, I'm just looking to get rid of it. I need to make 20 bucks or something so I can brew another batch. And they'll they'll sell you their equipment right on there. So any forum does it. B3's cool, the brew board, our forum. You can always find classifieds on there, too. And that's a good way to get the ones Jamil's talking about for the for the homebrewers who are about to upgrade themselves. So, all right, cool. Okay, guys. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right. Take care, man. Cheers. Good luck with that. Hope you find yourself a nice kettle. What's up, Daniel? One listener in chat room would like to know if there's any specific reason why you shouldn't get a kettle that is bigger than what you actually want to brew. You know, why can you not get a 10-gallon kettle if you still only brew 7 gallons? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's most people don't no. want to pay the expense of doing well, that. Well, then, yep. you know, there is some, some limit to that where if you end up with a 2-inch layer of word across the bottom, sure, sure. you're not going to be able to get, you know, immersion chiller or whatever in there or, you know. There, the deal some, is you want a it. certain height to width ratio. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, and you want, I, 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 I was explained by George Fix a long time ago that you want a square in your boil, if possible, equal height, equal width. And that's tough to get, but that would be the world's perfect, um, boil kettle. Okay. But if you have a real wide and shallow one, then you're going to have a much bigger evaporation rate. If okay. you have a real tall and skinny one, the boil's never going to actually make it to the top and you're not going to get a real even thing. But if you're talking a five gallon batch and a 10 gallon or even a 15 or higher up to, I'd say about 30 gallons, you're fine. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. If you get a great deal on a 28 gallon kettle. Yeah. And you're brewing fives. <laughs> Mashing might be wrong, but your boil will be fine. And what a hell of a boil it's going to be yeah. on top of you, At that point, <laughs> just buy more ingredients for <laughs> yeah. a bigger batch. That's right. Buy some more carboys, some plastic buckets, whatever you got to do. Okay. In this all-grain process, we mentioned it earlier, so I just want to go over it briefly. A lot of people think you need a pump to go all-grain. Can we dispel that myth, please? Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, the greatest thing in the world is one thing never fails. Gravity. Well, no bad news. But after that, <laughs> gravity. <laughs> gravity never fails. Pumps run off electricity. They yeah. can fail. They're great for saving of space. And that's why we build systems around pumps above a certain size. You know, five gallon or even a 10 works great on gravity, but some people don't have a ceiling that can handle the height of a 10 gallon gravity system. You get into the, the lower height, then you can do you could fit it anywhere. Plus, if you have a pump, now you can do more with it. You can do recirculations. Right. You can do temperature adjustments in your mash. You can go to a counterflow. They're you great. can do a whirlpool in the boil. They're awesome from that. Do you need one to go no. all grain? Yeah. Not at all. No, but it, when you're getting that big, it also gets dangerous moving yeah. hot water. Sure. Up to your sawhorse or whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. If it's already from up your there. rafters on pulley block and tackle. pulley block and yeah. tackle. It gets a little dodgy doing that one. So uh, if you've got, you can pump it up there, it's great. Then gravity brings it back down, that's great too. Um, But uh, I did gravity brews when I was doing five-gallon buckets. Yeah. Well, and also also realize that uh, when you get to this this level of equipment, these pieces of equipment will last you a lifetime. Okay. They're they're pretty hard to to 
to to break and uh you know the kettles alone they'll if if it wears out on you you're doing something wrong <laughs> gotcha yeah or you're brewing a lot <laughs> yeah well i've been through a, a lot thing. yeah I, yeah I, I was gonna I, say i couldn't break a march pump i yeah. mean i poured water in it i you know did all sorts of horrible things to them i still couldn't break them so meal is still our best example when people say what's your warranty on a brew system <laughs> like if you can outbrew him yeah i'll re- <laughs> i'll pay for the whole damn thing <laughs> did you ever have that pump do a little suction it wasn't necessarily intended to do you know what i'm saying <laughs> a little sucky sucky <laughs> And it, see, and it the, still works through that. The, this is, was that the, those are not self-priming pumps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> Jamil had to help in the own side. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, you're on the Somehow. air with the Brewcasters. What's out. happening, brother? What's going on, Justin? Uh, we're just hanging out, drinking beer. Um, I hear that. I'm just hanging out, too. Good. What can we Listen, do? Listen, you guys' conversation is getting a little too serious. Okay. So I thought I'd break it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, I do enough. apologize about I, that. Yeah, I always appreciate <clears> that. Well, what I was thinking is that the song that you guys played of Dr. Scott's with the banjo stuff was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank and you I very much. Oh, we might have a winner here. All right. Well, and and it's been a long time since I called in to sing. Okay. So you're going to sing oh. us a song? Yeah, I'm going to try to. boy, Rich. All right. But uh, listen, this is going to be uh, it's a tune called Lazy Bones by Hoagie Carmichael. All right. And uh, it's four verses. And then uh, I'm on a regular old landline. I could I tried to Skype in, but it didn't work out real well. All right, no worries. So uh, I'm gonna have to move the phone away from my mouth. So I'm not gonna hear what you guys are talking about. So you ready? All right, we're ready. Do it. Okay, a little entertainment go. break from Rich here. Let's do it. Lazy bones sleeping in the sun. How you gonna get your day's work done? Never get your day's work done. Sleeping in the noonday sun Lazy bones Sleeping in the shade How you gonna get your cornmeal made Never get your cornmeal made Sleeping in the noonday shade When the tatters need spraying I'll bet you keep praying the bugs fall off the vine. And when you go fishing, I bet you keep wishing the fish won't rabbit your line. Lazy bones moping through the day, never gonna make a dime that way. Never make a dime that way. Never hear a word I see. <laughs> I like how Rich added like uh, ten years to his voice yeah. <laughs> by singing "Lazy Bones." Nice work, Rich. That was that was a Hogan Carmichael. It's been covered by a million hey, people. Hey, Rich, have you ever heard Leon Redbone do that one? That was that was the inspiration. That oh, was the Leon. Redbone. I love Leon Redbone doing that one. That's awesome. So you guys ought to be floating down the Mississippi. Oh, right yeah, now, baby. <laughs> so I was floating down the Barren Fork in my pontoon today, and I was thinking, you know, Lazy Bones. Beautiful. Lazy Bones. Thank you for the entertainment break, Rich. I appreciate it, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll catch Later, you soon. Bro. See ya.
<laughs> That's very cool. He does. He like when you talk to him, he sounds, uh, you know, uh, his normal age. And then as soon as you add that song to it, he sounds like he's like seventy. <laughs> he like adds it right on to it. All right. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a real quick break and then come back and wrap things up. What do you guys think about that? We're about done in the process, right? Yep. I we're think, baked. Uh, if you got any uh, other stories, you want to call us up eight 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 four zero one beer. Happy to take any other uh, helpful hints from anybody. Bub's chiming in right now before we go. Bub, what's up, man? Make it quick. First of all, I demand hot nuts. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You're, 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 I'll play your hot nuts. Your cheeks nut. are smoking for hot nuts. Let me see if you I can, me, if I can find it. There. Okay. Uh, and second of all, uh, not to go back, like, way the hell back in the conversation, but, and you're going to you're gonna totally make fun of me. Coors of, of Light. Yeah. Coors Light has 16-ounce pet bottles with screw-top caps in the... Uh, of cooler pack or whatever, you just dump ice in it. Yeah, it's the cheapest way to get Coors Light. Not that that's really saying much, but we did. <laughs> yeah, you seem to know that. Does it get much cheaper? Right. And uh, it is a great way to to bottle if you want to bottle. So just uh, cool. Uh, little- Hint and I demand hot nuts. A great tip. All right, let me see if I can throw hot nuts in here for you. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it, man. No problem, Mike. All right, so let me see. I'll, I'll work on on hot nuts, of course, because uh, hey, if Bob asks, Bob shall receive. Right? Everybody likes a little hot nuts. Uh, late in the show here, we're going to wrap things up when we come back. And uh, any questions you have, get them in now. Eight 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 four zero one beer. It's the Brewcaster Sunday Live Show. We'll be right back. Teach you how to brew cheap. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. being thrown at me in the studio. Oh, it's because the end that came out of is not really appropriate for in the closed studio. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get to wrapping this thing up and do some rock and roll. I think you guys broke it down into a couple things about uh, how to do this. Yes, uh, we did. How, to, how, to, how to be a frugal brewer. You guys want to go through that and we'll get out of here? Okay, so your your priorities are uh, worked I, out. I'm moving up in uh, making everything better. Right, so when you start out, the, the most important thing, full wort boil. Yeah, that's the next move up. So a bigger kettle. Yeah. Uh, moving up from that. Uh, and, and again, a cheaper kettle is fine, but full word boil. Cheaper yeah. kettle, full word. If you can figure out a way to cool it down quick, awesome. Right. So the, so the next thing is, uh. Mashing after that. No, full word boil. <laughs> we went into, uh. <laughs> We covered this five minutes ago. It's all good now. You talked we, about brewing. No, no, no. no. We did what we discussed during the break. <laughs> you guys have been drinking, haven't you? We went into temperature control of temperature your fermentation. Control of fermentation. fermentation. Jesus, I'm Keep. working with amateurs here. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you a minute ago? <laughs> drinking. Hey, so uh, temperature control of your fermentations. Probably second most important. Keeping it steady is key. And around an appropriate temperature. Right. If it's up, it's down, or it's too hot all the time, whatever, it's it's not going to make the best beer you're ever going to have. We gave you a few cheap ways to do that. So your third most important thing is probably being able to chill your work down rapidly. Is yeah. what we came with, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, because and with you, that, it's you know copper chiller coils or you know the bath doesn't really do that great a job. Maybe you're buying, and if you can get an order into more beer real quick, you can buy them cheaper from them than you can make them yourself right now. Yep. Yeah, copper uh, is going to always be your cheapest, no matter how high copper goes. It's not gasoline. Yeah. Let's face it; it's not going to keep rising. It's not going to. Yeah, it well, just happened to double recently, it's and so probably not going to go back down. I don't know for a while. Yeah. So, sure. but uh, I think what'd you say Tuesday the price is going up. That's my goal, but I might have to work on it tonight if you guys keep <laughs> so. lugging away. It. No, uh, Tuesday <laughs> order those uh, chillers. <laughs> so, so you can uh, order from now until midnight. No, I'd say oh, five p.m. Pacific time. If if you tomorrow. can on Tuesday morning. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. If, if you can get Pacific. Uh, cheap cheap copper tubing um, without doing anything illegal. <laughs> Again, um, nice, nice yeah, you call. can you can make your own with a garden hose and some fittings, and and that works pretty good. Uh, or an immersion chiller. One of the best little great. clever ideas I saw was a guy with a keg. Now I disagreed with the keg, but yet his out he had a twenty five foot wort chiller in there, which is for most people for a ten gallon batch grossly undersized. He was this three ace tubing, twenty five feet. But what he did on the outflowing water, if you've ever flat felt the outgoing water on a wort chiller, it's usually pretty cool after about 10 minutes. Yeah. It's really not getting, because of the laminar flow, it's not getting much cooling effect going on. He made a ring system around the keg, cooling it from the outside, too. So it was spraying the cold water that was coming out of the wort chiller. Hmm. So double, like the immersion chiller inside, and yeah. it cost them almost nothing to have that aim onto the outside. I thought that's genius. That's I a mean, great idea. Utilizing that extra energy. And the same water, too. All right, so that chilling the wort rapidly, and then uh, we felt after that would be going from extract and specialty yep. grains to, to all grain. All grain. Yep. 
And, and a lot of these things tie in together because if you're going to get a bigger kettle for full wort boil, yep. you're, you're, already, you're already there for all grain because you can't do partial boils with all grain. You just right. can't. And then, I mean, after that, you think about the logical steps. I mean, oxygenation in your wort. Yep. Uh, Huge yeast starters. I'm not talking regular ones. Well, I might even throw oxygenation in there at all. Grain. Uh, personally, I think it's more important than all grain. Yeah, so that you mentioned it. Yeah, yeast starters or just oxygenation. Yeah, you know. I think just uh, any yeast starter. Period. Whether you if can you're oxygenate. doing dry yeast, uh, you know, you don't need the starters. But yeah. well, but if you're doing larger batches and you yeah. want to use liquid yeast, yeah, I mean, a pretty good cost savings is building up your own yeast right. bank, repitching. Yeah, you know, keep it sanitary. Yep, but uh, always keep you know, and then and there, <laughs> and 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 one of the reasons that you would buy something like a B three uh, system, or you would go with uh, you know some equipment the Northern Brewer sells or your local homebrew shop sells, is that your you know uh, uh, thermometers and pumps and uh, recirculation and uh, temperature controlled conicals and refrigerators and all this stuff. That uh, Doc and I have uh, invested in over the years. Over, yeah. it, 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 the the value is it allows you more precise control over your process, and more precise control over your process allows you to repeat what you're doing. And being able to repeat what you're doing, you can make uh, fine changes in your recipe, fine changes in your process, and you're able to tell what it is, and you're able to make you know the uh, extra special, spectacular, flawless beer. Now, with without all that stuff, can you make good beer? Yes, absolutely. You could make some excellent beer. You might have a little more variability right. batch to batch, and it's uh, you know a little harder con- to control what you're doing when you're going really frugal. But you can make some great beer. It'll be wonderful. It'll be extra drinkable, no problem. But again, uh, there is some value to that that extra equipment if you can afford it and. Uh, you can have a lot of fun with it, and you can have a much better control of your process. But you can you can always build up to that extra equipment. Uh, yeah. Granted, uh, we have that. Uh, when we plant a brew, we plant it down to the the T. If it doesn't come out right, it's our fault, not something that luck had right. anything to do with it. It's not uh, the bucket slipped and didn't well, quite line no, up right. Or, or oh, this wasn't there, that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. We we planned it down to. Or you didn't know what the temperature was. Right. Well, well, listen to what you've heard tonight, too. I mean, the word efficiency never really even came up tonight. Exactly. Temp control came up many, many times. I mean, that's what really makes key elements to great beer. Excellent point. Like, don't worry about your efficiency. I mean, you'll hear a manifold versus false bottom versus a whatever. If you get 45% efficiency, now, granted, that's kind of low. But if you got that, but you got it every single time, great for you. Consistency. You know, consistency is way more important. Well, you you can plan on 45%, and then you will get that beer every time. If you're all over the board, I get 65, I get 55, I get 85. We're not going to say any names with that guy from Lunch Meat. Yeah. He is the king of hitting his efficiency. Is that right? Oh, opposite thereof. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I've heard him, I've heard him swearing many nights, so. Yeah. God damn it. He blamed, <laughs> going, it, he blamed it on me once. Well, his, impe- <laughs> his, his Imperial Porter, which is a great beer, by the way. If yeah. you've never brewed his recipe for the Imperial Porter, Awesome, but it was set out to be a regular porter. It really wasn't desired to be this imperial porter. (laughs) He just finished with like three gallons. Gotcha. It happens. Yep. But you you got you got a plan for the future. You know, you just want to be cheap right now. Yeah. Cheap 
kind of goes on to the future. Yeah. You don't want to have to redo things later on. Oh, I got to throw that away to to buy something else. Yeah. So frugal actually goes into well, where am I going to use this later? Right. And if you're going to buy, oh, I only do five gallons now. Well, as Chris said, what's your ideal thing? Well, I, sometimes I want to brew ten. Go you, can al- you can always brew five in your tent. Yep. So go ahead and spend the extra twenty, thirty bucks. Uh, find find the, what you got to do and and brew the the you know buy the ten gallons. Just, just be careful of that one. I get a lot of guys who call in want the biggest system we sell, and it's like buying a you know an Escalade when really it's going to be you driving around by yourself all the time. Right. Yeah. There is a point which you want to. He's say talking that. about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bling bling. But now yeah. I got uh, now I got Justin to drink my beer, so it's okay. And to drive around with you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Either way. Hey, you know. You, if it's if your system's too big, get a brew partner. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I did definitely uh, after the frugal show uh, take away definitely what Doc just said was that uh, yes, be frugal. Yes, find the cheapest way to do it. But certainly go ahead and plan ahead and and try to figure out where you're going to be because it actually goes along with the same uh, lines of being frugal. So if it is a little more expensive for you to figure out how to make a frugal ten gallon system than it is for you to make a frugal five gallon system, but you know that that's where you want to be anyway. You're still being frugal by spending the extra cash yeah. on the ten, ten gallon. Ten gallon system's probably going to yeah. cost you, on average, I'd say fifty bucks more. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe two hundred if you really dial a lot of things in. So w- then way the plan ahead. Waste is not frugal. Yeah. So having to replace a piece of equipment because it, it's yep. inadequate doesn't do you any good. Yeah, but I'm saying like the materials. Right. When you get into a yeah. seven gallon, eight gallon brew kettle or a fourteen, fifteen gallon brew kettle, very price little. difference is very little. Yeah. Same yeah. with the mass. Same with the I public. still. I I still use things that I used ten years ago, right? Because I I thought ahead, I planned ahead. The bong I, I, thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. that. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Which actually brings me back and my to one scale. Of, uh, I, I still <laughs> have my scale. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew you'd use it for this. I, you know, but I was looking at that thing today. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Triple beams. Okay. <laughs> which which goes back to one of the very first things Chris Graham said that he doesn't recommend you buying one of those kits that's that's under a hundred dollars because yes you can get started brewing that uh, but it doesn't have everything that you need and certainly not everything you're going to want. Just be careful. Just you know? know what you're getting into. Well, More beer has some kits there. that that are good and yep. are good quality and you're gonna you're gonna pay some money for them but. You're you're getting a discount on on all the items together, and it's it's a it's a pretty good deal. And if you're fair. if you you know it, it's it's a good good price and good well, good kit, and you can yeah. go ahead and do that. I even sell kits under a hundred dollars. I'm just saying, be wary that it's not a complete kit. Right. We we were trying to get into that. You know, if you're really pinching pennies, you know, here's yep. how you go about it. Exactly. Danielle, who gave us this this comment right here? What are you doing? Um, yeah, well, do you have to pee over there? Or? No, I'm not. Danielle's, the, Danielle's doing the pee-pee dance. She's, Danielle says she's hot. I think uh. Boob or some other listener was saying, why would you even brew such a big batch? What kind of retard even asks a question like not that? Not everybody is an alcoholic like you or people. Yeah, but everybody's <laughs> thirsty. No. A lot of people do it just to save time. Sure. Uh, His point is, why would you brew 20 gallons I of the same beer and you have to drink G. it over and over and over? You could do yeast uh, experience? And you know what? I told Totally agree. I, I, I do twenty-gallon batches all the time. Yeah. You do. Do you four, drink as much as Justin does? Four, four no, yeast drinks. no, I have a lot of friends, unlike Justin. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I drink so much. I know when I, 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 have, I have. No, storage. you don't. You don't, you don't want. No, I brew twenty-gallon batches, and then a lot of times I'll split the yeast, and I'll have two totally different beers. Yeah. And I don't brew certain beers because I don't want to have twenty gallons of that. Huh. Uh, is is a bug in there? 
See, I don't know why you guys are going in all these complex of, descriptions. Yeah. The reason you, drew, you brew 20 gallons of beer is because it's 20 there? gallons of beer, for fuck's sake. Ask Boog if he, if he got my package yet, or if well, he, if what he about you and your package? Whoa, and I'm Boog. not going to ask that. Um, or that you, it's it's that's a, illegal it's to a, me. It's, a, it's the Santa package. Oh dear! If that, uh, that you, sounds like one of those that are going to get, get it tomorrow. Dirty Sanchez, the, the Santa yeah, package. The Santa package. <laughs> yeah. Just close your eyes Did and you get, open your mouth. Get, get my Santa package here. But, uh, it's it's that coming down the chimney. Tomorrow, if you didn't get it today. And what? Or yesterday. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, okay. Uh, Danny, I got you on the line. What's happening, brother? Oh, yeah. I'm still here. Right. Oh, yeah. What can I do for you? I, I think we've we've lost track of the economics of the whole thing. Okay. France is going to argue microeconomics with me, but I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> it's deep, and it's time to get the truth out. When you're brewing, you're you're not doing something else, right? Well, you're drinking. Well, you're not in the boat. You're not playing golf. Correct. Not, whatever other expensive hobby it is that you'd be doing. I, I gotta differ with you on that one. When you spend twenty bucks to brew a batch of beer, you're not spending fifty bucks on greens fees or gas for the boat or whatever it is that you skip doing to do your beer. Correct. So and every time I go to the strip club, I should say no. I'm gonna brew beer. Yes. <laughs> well, let's not get crazy. Well, if you well, get, the, get you the strippers to come to your house while you're brewing, there's optional expenses and there's critical expenses. Yes. So let's not go overboard here. This okay. hobby got two cases of beer in your hands that you didn't have to buy. Yes. So there's another fifty. Yeah. So I figure I'm twenty. I'm eighty bucks ahead. Every. <laughs> beer I make, I have to brew more and more and more. Somehow my wife isn't going to buy this uh, <laughs> financial No, but I think here. I see your point here. Like, without even describing how uh, to be a more frugal brewer, it's just, just by brewing in itself is being frugal, because you're, right. you're you're making beer and you're Dying saving cash. It's, it's entertainment yes. expenses right there. Just by brewing, you're saving so much money. Correct. You're making so much money for your household <laughs> yes. that you can't not brew. It's irresponsible <laughs> of you it is. Can I elect you for president? Yes. yes. <laughs> you are an irresponsible family member if you're not... Bre- Danielle, even... Come on, you can agree with this one, Danielle. How much beer was being bought before we started brewing our own? So, so Danny makes an excellent point. Just by the act of brewing itself, you're saving yourself tons of cash. Yeah, but... If you're didn't a beer she drinker. go buy beer today? Yeah, but that's uh, once in a while. Compared no, to what we used not. to have to buy is very different. Well, that's true. See? That's true. All right, so that's all I'm saying. What are you got to argue about that I for? I don't argue with that at all. I just don't want you to brew 20 gallons of the same beer. Why? Because you it's not that great. No, but it's 20. <laughs> That's the real answer right there. All right. Fair enough. That's fair a different enough. problem if we're talking about, you know, you got to get the beer good enough. Quality, sure. not quantity. Much of it, yeah, then you yeah. can, you just know, kidding. The queen of beer over here. <laughs> oh. The right. CO2 guy. In vini veritas. But the point is you got to keep brewing. Agree. Yep. Agreed, and that's saving your money uh, right there by just by doing that. Danny, thank you for the comment. I appreciate that. For wrong. My pleasure. Buenas noches. All right, take care, brother. There you go. Now it's getting late. I do need to uh, mention really quick, uh, don't forget, please, the Southern California homebrew competition that uh, the Brewing Network is involved in. Your deadline is this Friday, the 21st. You need to get in your entries. Uh, Doc's going to enter. Jamil's going to enter. Uh, I'm going to enter. Daniela's going to enter. And uh, all of you Brewing Network uh, folks out there, all you BNers, uh, we've we've let you know about this for, for a couple of months now. We really want you to enter your beers. We, wanna, we want you to uh, get the encouragement out of entering a competition, get the results. 
results from a judge, get some feedback. Daniela and I have never entered a competition never. before. This is the first one that we're going to do. Every entry that you do does help the Brewing Network, uh, so we appreciate that as well. But it's going to help you out uh, even more than it's going to help us, I guarantee. So please enter. On top of that, if your beer does so happen to be uh, amazing, which apparently mine is not... Daniela. <laughs> but uh, if your beer is really good, uh, we would love to see a bunch of Brewing Network Award uh, winners yes. at, at the end. And I think we're going to do uh, live on the Sunday show, uh, announce a bunch of the winners there. And I would love to hear that the homebrew club they came from over and over again was the Brewing Network. I think that'd be real sweet. So please enter. It's hopheads.com. You can get a dollar off coupon on our homepage, which is going to save you money on the entrance fee. And look, at y'all love to listen to uh, the Pope Jamil, Pope has said over and over, enter a competition, if nothing else, but to get the feedback about your beer that is honest, and isn't your next door neighbor coming over and saying, mmm, yeah, that's good, and that's all you get out of it. You're going to get a lot more out of the competition. So hophets.com, get the get the uh, coupon from our main page, and please join. It's this Friday's your deadline. Okay, Justin, so I can't help but noticing you're wearing the face of the guy who learns he's not that good in bed. <laughs> I mean, really, right now you're wearing that yeah, face. Yeah. Like, I just figured you just it out. got dissed well, uh, about think, your beer. I think she told him that uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's just, actually, uh, that wasn't as, that wasn't as painful as finding out <laughs> that my beer sucks. He already knew the, the farmer. You know yeah. what? That was fine. He's gonna try harder at his beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. My beer may improve. <laughs> but that's gonna be about it, right? Alright. Thanks, everybody. And callers, you guys were great today. Everybody calling in and contributing to the Frugal Show. Um, again, we made the announcement. Uh, we're going to be giving away a conical fermenter courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer here real soon. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll give you all the details. Uh, Doc, real quick, what's the tasting you went to before you even got here? You um, were doing some cool I was stuff. up in Napa. It's about an hour from here. It was at Copia in Napa, which is a really nice place that they put together to uh, kind of represent wine and cooking and things. And it had Vinny. Uh, Vinny was doing, uh, Belgian wine, the Belgian beer tasting, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, we, we tasted like nine beers. Three of them were his Pliny's, and, uh, the other ones were all his Belgians. Yeah. He, he had everybody from newbies up, there's a lot of home brewers there. I got to hang out with, uh, Carlo and his friends, uh, Rick and nah, the other guy. The other guy. <laughs> He's feeling real nah. good right about it. Yeah, I, I knew, I, yeah. I'm the other guy. <laughs> no, Love it. anyway, anyway, yeah. uh, nice guys. But uh, we all uh, had a really good time there, and and I talked to Vinny about coming back on the show for the third time. Yeah, and he says he, he really wants to come back on because uh, hop season's coming in. Sure, and he wants to talk about uh, wet hopping beers. Okay, so uh, we'll do it. Cool. Yeah. I'll call him next week. So it, it was Rick and Steve. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yes, <laughs> but uh, he, <laughs> sorry, he, he wants to really talk about because uh, it, it's hop season. Harvest season coming in and, sure. and doing wet hopping beers. Okay, and he was mm, pretty adamant about uh, giving you a call and, and making sure he gets back in here. So uh, let's do a wet hop show. That's cool. Yeah, it'd okay, be, it'd be a good thing. Uh, that actually reminds me. Uh, I know that the events page is empty right now. Uh, we are working on scheduling the entire rest of the year. I got a couple of cool things coming up for you. We've got a, a tasting beer show coming up, which is going to be a whole thing surrounding that. Uh, I've got another uh, organic beer show coming up. I've got. Um, 
I don't know, just a couple of things. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm getting them all organized before posting them. We're gonna we're gonna put it all up there. We're gonna do a Queen of Beer show. I know that's coming up. That's gonna be really cool. Uh, we're gonna do a lot of new JP. palette things. Our taste, yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're gonna do a JP show. Uh, we are gonna do a whole new palette tasting series, which uh, we've we've sort of suspended our tastings in lieu of what we're working on to make happen. So so hang in there and check out our events page. We're working on that right now. Uh, Jamil was with me today on the FM show and wouldn't have happened without him as well as today's show Chris Graham and Jamil both uh, were, were really instrumental in making today's show happen so check out the archive for the FM show I'll put it up as soon as I get it from free FM and Jamil made his uh FM debut today, Jamil. Thanks yeah. for being here. Hey, oh, no yes. problem, man, Sean. It Big was time. fun. And it was fun. And also we had Aaron uh, Diorsi from Beach LA was on the show with us. So I'll be putting that archive up real soon. And, Good show. Uh, Chris Graham, as always, uh, thanks very much for coming in. Uh, uh, you obviously uh, really kind of took the helm here today, and we appreciate that. Some great mm-hmm. tips for uh, Bruin Frugal. Thank you. We appreciate He's it. He's all about frugal. Next time, now that uh, Chris has done a couple of really good shows with us and, and contributed some good information, so uh, I predict that next time we ask Chris to come in, it's just going to be to sit around and get drunk. Perfect. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, because you've done some good work for us lately, so we're going to give you a nice relaxing show. You can come in and hang Cruising out. Cruising show. We'll bring in a, a good brewer as our guest that day so that there's tons of like free and tasty beer, and you can just hang out and, and drink with us. Excellent. Uh, of course, you don't want to miss the Jamil show tomorrow morning, right, Jamil? Yep, uh, we're going with uh, American Brown Ales tomorrow. Beautiful, good, good beer. I've got uh, a, a serious gold uh, medal second round uh, recipe that uh, is not mine. Oh, okay, Ooh. from somebody else Ooh. even. Yes, All from right. the king yeah. of American Brown Ales. All right, oh, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow to make sure you catch that. Uh, I think I know who that king is, and uh, you're going to want to tune in and, and get that uh, tomorrow. I actually think one of the uh, the the first really good beers I brewed, perhaps the only uh, really good beer I brewed, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to read, was that. a nice American Brown Ale. If you do it right, you can really have it yourself a nice beer. So uh, look keep, forward to that. Keep kidding yourself that it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a B three kit so the recipe at least was oh that was nice. a great beer, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was fun no it did it came out good even john came over and said no that's a that's the best beer you've ever brewed <laughs> which i guess doesn't mean oh, it's good does it it what just it means it's the best <laughs> beer you ever brewed. best brew you oh. ever brewed. are you hungry now justin I'm shall starving. i cook some food for you yeah you should do that all right <laughs> Feeling bad, I like it. Right, very cool. I'm <laughs> not going go, to go out with our regular song because we got the new song. I'm so stoked about. So I'm going to just shut up and play that for us. I want to hear that here. again. Is that cool? We're going to do yeah. that. Uh, thanks nice. again to everybody. Uh, don't forget to check out our sponsors, especially from the NHC. They are still on our links page, and if you go there and check them out, uh, they're going to appreciate it. And we're going to appreciate it, and they're going to you're going to show them that uh, we actually have uh, a couple people out there tuning in. Oh, the show. one thing I want to add is I. I uh, had lunch at uh, Downtown Joe's. Yeah. And I, I emailed Colin last night, and I didn't hear back from him. And I pull in, sit at the bar, get a beer, order some food. Yeah. And is Colin here? Oh, he just left. Uh, he has been going out the door when you were coming that's, in. That's uh, a famous word there. Yeah. But uh, Colin's uh, actually a dad now. Yeah. Is that right? See, yeah. that, was the, that was the rumor, huh? He just became one uh, about a month ago. Oh, that a boy. So congrats to him. Yeah, congratulations. You all know Colin Kaminsky. He did a great water show for us, a couple others. Dr. Evil. He's doing the uh, How Do We Taste Beer shows. I think that's coming up August 27th. And Jamil's cool. going to, I think, come in and do that as long as the date's free. And uh, we're going to do a great uh, uh, show about how to approach tasting beers, not just uh, to enjoy the beer, but how to evaluate a beer yourself. And we're going to do a whole show about kind of how to do that. Colin's been uh, real cool about doing that stuff. So. Cool. Oh. Uh, get you drunk. Justin. <laughs> you know, if I could, I'd turn down your mic. <laughs> <laughs> 
it should be sort of a democracy in here where everybody has everybody else's mute yeah. button. Yeah, you hear, hear nothing. <laughs> you hear absolutely nothing. <laughs> we all just mute each other, right? I like the Simpsons where they can shock the each zap. Other. Yeah, <laughs> shock each other. That actually would be cool if we could just shock each I other. I would do that. I was thinking uh, during the show, just real quick, I, I was doing this and thought about it. Speaking of frugal, the, the, our studio in, in some ways is, is not so frugal and in other ways is very frugal. For example, somehow, sometimes how Daniela and I communicate when we need to make sure we know who's on the phone and what's happening, we actually just chuck coasters at each other. <laughs> like we have to knock each other in the head with items from the studio in order to figure out what's, what we need to do next. That's frugal for you folks and we're proud of it. <laughs> it <Yeah>. works. <laughs> it does I think work. you like the abuse. <laughs> well, that's always oh, fun well, too, isn't know. it? Sure. All right, play the damn song. The new Brewing Network song, uh, courtesy of Push, Eject, and Sven. Uh, Some great uh, and fun listeners and members of our forum uh, produced this for us and for you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you uh, next. (laughs) Do I have to take that? No. That's ringing. I got to take it. What are you talking about? (laughs) Caller, what's up, man? Real quick. Hey, it's Push. There he is. We're just about to play your song, brother. Are you serious? Dude, what a great hey, job the you se- did. The second time. We played it already tonight. It's freaking... already played it twice. We're so stoked about it. It's an awesome tune, man. I'll tell you what, it ain't done yet, boys. See, now that's what I said. I said he told me it's a work in progress. I'm not sure if I'm even supposed to play it, but I'm so happy about it. i got to play it. So right on. It's our outro today. I'm not even playing Pale Ale. Oh, I'll play Pale Ale after it, but it's not oh, our... Yeah, you- uh, Give respect to the pale I have to, and that's our theme. But uh, we're going to play yours first to go out here. I can't wait to... If this is just a work in prog- progress push, it's awesome. I can't wait to hear the finished product. It's got, it, You know, it's got to have loofah in it. Yeah. There's a bunch of people. Are you going to make a video? <laughs> no. Yeah. Have you seen me? <laughs> you know what, though? How awesome would it be if there was a, a, a video to that? Come on. I'll, some I'll leave that to you guys. All right, let's talk about that. We might be able to make that happen. Boob even called in. Boob called in for two reasons. He called in to give you props about it. He said uh, that uh, you've you've sort of pushed uh, Fitty G off of his rap pedestal. And the other part that he said that he was real pissed off that you didn't put him in the song. He's in it. If you li- listen closely, there's a line that says, and fucking boobs being rude. Oh, all right. Okay, so listen a little closer, boob, and, and I guess you are in the tune. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Can we right, go, boys. Push? Is that it? Did you call for something else? You know what? I just walked in the door. I've missed the entire show, and I'm sober. Oh, oh, that's two oh. points against you. Yeah. I know, Goodbye. man. I'm racking them up. Hey, you're lucky Dang. you sent the song to make up for it, so uh, awesome. no worries. All right, awesome, brother. Hey, brother. It really was awesome. We uh, appreciate it. I'm going to play it right now. Thanks, man. All right, take care, boys. And we'll see you. Now, push eject from uh, a desert boy just like myself. He knows. Oh, shit, I forgot to ask him about the ice store. <laughs> I'll ask him next time around. I know he knows about the ice store. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Uh, tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. for the Jameel Show. You're not going to want to miss it. American Brown Ale. Sunday night, 5 o'clock rolls around. What's that sound? The voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the abacast string? God damn, it's almost time. Why don't you work? Fucking day at 502. I read through. Ass hat iTunes. I hope Justin made the free FM commute. I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't crack, motherfucker, when you do your risk in 02. I'll hail the fucking J and Z. Do like we told you. Do what he say. Well, okay, at least mostly. And hit that fucking world. Who buy the most? We got the dome and I won't bitch. More than a little bitch. Why? I love that sweet shit that likes like that arrow. Damn, my knees will not move the fucking booth being rude. Boom, that goes to blow off you and fuck this whole chat room. I want out, Justin Chef. That goes my chocolate stout. And I never want to hear the word run high. Skip about out. I give up. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when G pushes me off the screen. Jamil, JP, 
Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my hands screaming, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. Pale ale is a friend of mine, and I sure like good barley wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude, boy, the one of real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love it? Homebrew, can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have me, well, I have the one right now. Love of that home brew can't get enough of it. Home brew blows my mind. 